Welcome to the Lost Lowdown podcast number ten, the big one zero, with your host Claude, that's me, and Justin, that's me. So today we are starting our season two retrospective, and uh, with this retrospective, since season three is starting in less than two weeks, um, we've decided to do sort of a less informal. Or should say more informal. Um, Less formal. (laughs) Less formal, more informal uh, podcast of season two. We're going to get through them quickly. We're going to try to do eight episodes per podcast, which puts us at three podcasts for the season two retrospective. As many of you know, we have just finished our season one retrospective. So now we're going to try to get through season two quickly, just in sort of in a general way, talk about the big things. Um, from having just recently gone through season one again, uh, and then we want to do this so that we can gear up for season three, so everyone can be ready uh, for the new mysteries and challenges and romances that our Lost Aways are going to face. So, also, this uh, podcast will mark the first time we try to do a quote-unquote live podcast, or should I say a commentary cast, as other podcasters out there have done. Uh, with episode 8, Collision, you can listen along with this. We'll give you a cue for you to fire up your DVD. And uh, we will podcast about that episode as we as you listen along. So, let's start here. Episode 1, Man of Science, Man of Faith. Hmm, great title. I wonder who's who. <laughs> oh, I, think Charlie, yeah. I think Charlie's Man of Science... Oh God! And I think Kate is man of faith because mm. you know Kate looks a little manish. I don't know. Yeah. So let's start with reading the illustrious, always interesting, official synopses from the DVD set. Yes, we have a new a new batch of them that came with the new DVD set. Yes. And. Uh very exciting. So everyone at home, get out your season two DVD set, booklet, and read along with us, and let's laugh at how inaccurate uh, they synopsize the episodes. All right, here we go. Episode one, Man of Science, Man of Faith. The opening of the hatch leads to a disagreement between Jack and Locke. While searching for Walt's dog, Shannon has a frightening vision. Locke and Kate defy Jack and return to the hatch. Jack follows them and makes a shocking discovery. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it is a shocking discovery, but it's a little more than that. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't that wasn't that bad, actually. Oh, it gets worse. I've heard I've heard much worse. They, yeah. The worst is when they say stuff that I never even thought about the. Yeah. (laughs) In this episode, Saeed tries to find the best position for his tent. It's like okay, well, I guess that I don't know. So, oh, so like I said, like we said earlier, um, we didn't take a lot of notes for these podcasts. We just want to talk about them generally, and more in terms of the uh, the show overall, and not not necessarily be to be really episode specific. Um, so I've got we've got a couple things for each episode, but we really want to talk about the big overall mysteries and stuff uh, as we go along recapping season two. So, in the, the future, stuff that'll hopefully be relevant for season three. Exactly. Sorry, in the future, we will go back, hopefully, go back through and do uh, a true season two retrospective 
uh, episode specific uh, and, and, and yeah. detailed like we did for season one. But right now, folks, don't be alarmed. We're going to go briskly and we're going to be general and talk about uh, little details that we found out. But, but you know, we won't, we won't harbor over the little details like we love to do. Right. Yeah, you may have noticed when we talk about specific episodes, we can spend a lot of time on very trivial matters. So, uh, and, and it's fun to do, and I definitely want to do it in the future, but basically if we're going to talk about what we need to talk about before Season 3, we got to just kind of, you know, brush over that stuff really quickly, or maybe not at all, and just kind of go through the, the actual important thing. Definitely, and hopefully you guys are watching season two along with us. Um, the DVD set just came out, so if you don't have it, go grab it. Um, very interesting stuff on there. But as you know from watching, from seeing how season two evolves or develops, uh, some of this stuff in the beginning of season two uh, doesn't actually uh, gel with what we find out at the <laughs> end of season two. So it'll Indeed. be interesting as we point some of those things out. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in here, uh, episode one. Uh, I'll just start with a couple little things that I didn't really Please. notice uh, the first time I watched these episodes. Um, little things that, you know, from having seen the whole season and everything, and, and watching season one again, you, you sort of catch. So, right. the beginning, uh, we find uh, Sarah, who is in a car accident. She hits uh, another car, uh, and Jack has to decide who to save, and mm-hmm. he decides to save her. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we all know, he, they ended up getting married. Um, but one of the things, if you're paying close attention, and you will find out later, but if you're paying close attention in this episode, the man who gets hit, his name is Rutherford. Right? So right. who else is on the island named Rutherford? Mm-hmm. A tall blonde, maybe? Who everyone thinks she's useless, but she's really not. So get it straight, Okay. So basically, if you're paying close attention, you'll you'll find that the man that Sarah hits is uh, Shannon's father, Boone's stepfather, and of course that is sort of spelled out more explicitly uh, in Shannon's flashback episode, I believe, abandoned. Right. Um, but anyway, I thought it was interesting that the little detail was there. They obviously, and one of the things that I, I really found, you know, watching season one and season two again is that they really, you know, pre-plan episodes in advance, you know. If you, when you watch, um, I would say the first, like, first, you know, uh, five or six episodes of season two, there's details that they set up that pay off later, especially around the other 48 days and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, Little bitty things that we'll talk about. Um, But anyway, um, I also questioned uh, the scene when Jack is running up the steps. I forgot what, what do they call that? Do you remember? Oh, uh, a, oh, it was like a tour, tour de stade. Tour de force, I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things where you run up all the stairs in a stadium, which seems very cool and interesting if you can do yeah. it. Yeah. It's all about I, stamina. They, can you really do that? Do they let you in stadiums? You know, that was my question is, how do you have access to that stadium? I would imagine that, if anything, it was a school stadium, like a university maybe, or maybe even mm. like a high school I can't imagine, uh, and it didn't look like uh, a sort of pro- professional national like baseball or football or any professional sport team stadium. I would imagine that would be some sort of local local type deal, you know, the high school stadium or something like that. It's actually, um, 
I think it's actually like a college football stadium. Yeah, I would buy, yeah, any university or college I would buy, but not like a, uh, you know, professional sports team stadium. Because uh, they don't let you in there when they're not open. Yeah, they the gates don't. are locked. Yeah, I mean, you can't get in. Forget about it. Anyway, um, when he meets Desmond for the first time, uh, you know, he says, uh, he tells Jack that he's going to fix her, right? Oh. oh wait, no. He says well, he says, "What if you did fix her?" Right. You know, right. and it's weird because in this in, in in the way the scene plays out, I always thought that Jack had already found out that the operation didn't go well, and and he had sort of given up and resigned the fact that he failed. But then Desmond Desmond seems to know that it's not over because he's like, "Well, what if you did?" And then later we find that he did. So I thought that was sort of weird because, you know, the way the scene plays off, it seems like it's done, it's over with, he gave it his best shot, and it's, you know, there's nothing that more, more could be done. But then Desmond says, well, what if you did fix her? You know, even though Jack just said I didn't. So I right. thought it was interesting that, uh, that, Desmond, that Desmond sort of said that, what if you did fix her? And, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know if he, you know, I wrote in my notes, did, did he have something to do with that, that, that maybe his... Um, idea that that jack fixed her have anything to do with the fact that she actually did you know was able to walk again or something like that i don't know there's some weird stuff going on with desmond and i think uh we're going to get some more with him but uh i don't know this is a little thing what do you got for this episode yeah that was a weird thing to say because he specifically says like i told her i'd fix her and i couldn't i failed yeah but then desmond said but what if you what or he said what he either says what if you didn't fail or what if you fixed her yeah, no. He well, according he's, according to this, he says right. Just one thing. What if he did fix her? Yeah, it's okay. Like, that's a weird way to respond to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like a lawyer saying, "I just lost the case," and someone says, "Well, what if you didn't lose the case?" Yeah, and it's like, well, what why would you say that? I just told you I lost it. What are you supposed to say to that? Uh, it's yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. I, I mean, Desmond doesn't. I mean, he can't have the power to. To reverse a surgery. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't really mean that. Yeah. I just wonder if. if <clears throat> I mean, I, I guess I don't know what I'm. What I'm trying to say, but just the fact that he sort of had doubt that Jack failed, and then of course he didn't. You know, he didn't fail. I'm right. just trying to find some connection there. I don't know if he was just being positive, or what, uh, or if he knew. You know. Because it really is sort of a miracle, like Jack said, like everyone said, you know, that, that she was actually, you know, able to walk again. Especially, it's funny because, you know, he goes in and he, and he does this surgery and usually a doctor will know whether or not, either, they, either they're like, okay, we failed, I didn't repair what I was able to repair, or, right. or I did my job, now we're going to have to wait to see if it works, you know. Right. Or the outcome of the surgery is that it works, that like everything should be fine. You know, yeah. but he says he failed. He didn't say, you know, I did my best and we're going to have to wait and see. He says I failed. Like, I wasn't right. able to do it. Yet, she was able to walk. So right. it seems like a, a sort of a clear-cut miracle, if I can you know, yeah. say that. Um, I agree. So you got to wonder what, what the miracle was about. How did it happen? Uh, did it have anything to do with the fact that, you know, Locke lost his legs, you know? Um, or the ability to use his legs, I should say. Um, so I don't know what that's about, but, um, I just thought that was interesting that Desmond questioned whether or not Jack failed and that he didn't fail. Right. <clears throat> right. I mean, I always wondered when I first watched this, if Jack, like, knew 
if if he you know I mean he seems to know that he failed yeah. and so it's just like was he was he just wrong and like he you know it seemed to yeah. me like it it seems like in the episode it seems like either he really did fix her and he just like was being pessimistic or something or he really didn't fix her and it really is just a, an actual miracle where yeah. it had nothing to do with his his skills it was just it was just a you know just... And then, and then you gotta wonder, you know, if it was a miracle, what for? Like, what? I mean, I don't know if miracles have to have a purpose, but what did it lead to? I mean, besides, you know, the big thing is that they got married. Um, yeah. You know, what did the fact that she was able to walk again, you know, in the long run, what did it lead to? What did it benefit anybody? You know? Um, yeah. It just sort of really sort of wreaked havoc on his life. He, you know, got yeah. in a situation where he you know, proposed to a woman or, you know, married a woman he didn't really want to marry. It was in a relationship he, I guess he sort of grew to love, uh, but then she ended up, you know, cheating on him and leaving him. Yeah. You know, so it was almost, almost would have been better off if he didn't fix her, you know, in terms of the emotional stress that came from it, you know. Um, for him, for yeah, him. probably. For him. For her, no. For her, no. I mean, for her, she's happy and she's dancing and she's great. I think she'd rather have a divorce than... Than no, than legs. no legs. Well, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, I guess not. All right, yeah. All right, so let's go to the next thing. What do you got? Okay. What do I got? Oh, boy. Give me what you uh, got for a poke chop. Uh, God, I don't really have a lot. Uh, That's cool. This episode. Um, yeah. Do you uh you wanna do your thing? What's my yeah. thing? I'm done. You're, you're done. <laughs> I'm done, buddy. Yeah, like oh, like boy. you know we don't have, we're we we're moving oh! through this quickly, so don't worry. Sorry. Yeah, I'm just I I have to admit I really don't have notes and and I'm I'm barely recalling this episode. Okay, I remember something I wanted to bring up. Um, I think it's weird how at the beginning, you know, Jack is like, Jack's like. We're not going down there. Yeah. But not just like, I'm not going down there, but Locke, you're not going down yeah. there. Yeah. I think it's weird that he's like telling him not to go. I mean, I don't see Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on in the, in, in so far in these few episodes with people, because I have a note about somebody else doing that, telling a grown person what they can and cannot do. I thought yeah. that was really strange. I mean, I understand it from Jack's perspective. He doesn't know what's down there. He... I think Jack at this point, you know, he's 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 on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Like Boone just died. I think he's still a little not yeah. in in his right mind from that, and you know, blink, loss of blood and all that. That was just a few days ago, and uh, and the fact the others are supposedly coming. He's you know he's the man in charge, as it were, and he's trying to you know protect these people, his flock, and and he's basically telling Locke, you know, you're not going down there because you know I don't want to go. There's no reason for us to go down there. And, you know. Like, they had that discussion before when they went to get the dynamite. You know, Locke right. Lock made a comment about wanting to go down there to see what was down there, but Jack was like, "Well, no, we're going down there because we need a shelter, not for any other reason." You know, right? And the only reason they really, you know, Jack allowed sort of allowed the dynamite expedition was because you know they needed a shelter, and luckily for Locke, um, you know, there was a reason for Jack to. To want to get in there, you know, because if Jack didn't want to get in there, then the whole Diamond Expedition expedition really wouldn't have happened, and they would have right. never gotten in there. Um, but I see what you mean, right. yeah. The fact that he's like, "You're not going down there," no, you're not. And um, yeah, I mean, if he was like, "I'm not going to go down there," 
I gotta go. I mean, I don't see yeah. why Locke had to go back. I mean, it's like Jack, you can tell him. You can go tell the people at the camp whatever we opened it or whatever he wanted to tell them. And I can. I guess what he's thinking is, you know, I well, I mean, I think at this point he's still pissed off at Locke about yeah. the Boone situation. I mean, he was he's been annoyed with Locke ever since that. The whole the whole expedition there was there was all sorts of exchanges and like I guess at this point uh, you know they're they're sort of setting up that that conflict that occurs throughout the season between them definitely and, and so like I think on some level he just doesn't want Locke to get what he wants he just wants to like make him wait even yeah though, he want he know. basically I think Jack is saying you know we've got other priorities than than to go on and have fun trying to get down this hatch you know. Right. And I think he's like, we need to go back. We need to go back with the others. Let them know what's going on, and and you know, start standing guard because the others are coming. Right. Um, so, and I think yeah. like when Kate goes down there, you know, I think then he's thinking, okay, great. Now we've got now we've got Kate and Locke down there, and he's thinking now, you know, now maybe Kate's gonna die, and then and then he'll be mad at Locke for that because he'll blame Locke somehow for Kate wanting to go down there. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like he's just he just wants to blame anything he can on Locke, and he just can't can't stand for Locke to get what he wants. And so yeah, it's just but it just it just struck me as weird because I'm not used to in the show like people saying like you can't do this. You're not? Have you have you watched the show? Usually, I know. Usually, whoever has the gun is saying that. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Maybe it happens more often than I think. But yeah. Anyway, okay. That's uh. Oh, oh. You know what else I want to mention? The the fact that Shannon sees Walt. Yes. Sees him twice uh, over the next couple episodes. Yeah. Well, even three times. Oh, that last he, time. Yeah, the last time. Yeah, forgot three times. Yeah. She sees a, she sees her, him here on uh, this episode. In this episode, though, before she sees him, uh, before she sees him, um, yes, she hears the whispers. Yes, right. Yes. The, the the others whisper. We got a lot to talk about that. So, and that's weird. And the other time, like, he appears in the tent, and he just sort of appears. He just sort of appears, yeah. the first time, he's wet. The second time in the tent, he's wet. The third time, he's not wet. You sure? And Saeed sees him, too. You sure he's not wet the third time? I didn't think he was wet. He didn't look wet to me. Uh, I thought he was wet all three times. I can't be sure the third time, but I thought he was wet all three times. He looked he looked dry to me the third time, but okay, all right. The third time, the others were around at least somewhat. That was why Shannon got shot in the first place. It didn't seem like they were around in the tent, though. There weren't any whispers involved around that time. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about that, but I just wanted to bring it. Like, I don't understand a lot of stuff about why Walt's appearing. Um, period. Yeah, I don't understand why Walt's appearing to Shannon specifically. Um, I don't understand what he's trying to do with this. Um, you know, having seen the whole season, I mean, I still have no idea what what that's about. Um, I mean, I don't, I just want to quickly say he's definitely wet because it's because it's raining. <laughs> that third time, 
it's like really pouring down rain, so he's he's wet regardless. No, but the weird thing is, it's not raining like right before the shooting. Like like it starts raining almost immediately before the shooting. If you, so I think, I think when they see him, it's not raining yet. No, it's rain. I'm I'm watching it. It's raining when they see him. Really? Yeah. Actually, if you oh. if you notice, because I, I I didn't know it was going to happen, but if you notice, like right when Shannon is sort of going into the jungle and Saeed's trying to stop her, it's really sort of dark and like you can. T- and I thought to myself, oh, it's about to rain. Like it's about thirty three minutes into the episode, I'm like, wow, it looks like it's about to rain. And then later it rains. I was like, oh wow, they, you know, they sort of did that on purpose because it actually yeah. rains a lot later. But uh, right. no, it's definitely raining uh, when they see him, and he's definitely wet regardless because it is raining. So wow. My now, of it has now if he was name. dry during that, that would have been interesting. That would have been very interesting if, if somehow he was miraculously dry when everybody else is wet because it's raining. That would have been cool. Right. Yeah, well, no, I thought, like, it wasn't raining yet. Like, it just started raining. Right. I mean, she gets shot, like, 45 seconds after he she sees the I know, you know, I know. That's the thing, though. I thought it started raining, like, that quickly after... <laughs> No, it, it's already raining. Okay. Are you are you looking at the DVD? Yes, I am. Chance? Okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> I wanted to think maybe they edited it or something. Okay. Um. All right. So so yeah. So there's all those details, but besides that, like specifically why Shannon and yeah, I I thought that the you know you that you know. Walt appears. Okay, why Walt's appearing to Shannon? I don't know. I I think it has some. I I thought it may have something to do with the fact that he gave her um, Vincent. You know, maybe he yeah. he has some connection to her or something. I don't really know. Um, maybe I think it's really. I think part of a big thing is the fact that you know they're writing Shannon off the show. Mm-hmm. They need something, and you know, and it, it's very. I think if anybody, it's good to have her go through that. Because uh, yeah. she's gonna die soon, um, but but then of course Saeed sees him. But did does Saeed even believe it? I don't know. He's too logical. I don't even think he believes what he saw. Um, yeah, I know that was weird. It, it seems like they've had that a few times where people see stuff and then the other person sees it, and you know when when you have two people seeing it, it's like okay, it's not a hallucination. No, but. But it does seem as though Saeed is sort of forgotten, or yeah, or either that, or he just didn't. Yeah, he just thought he thought they were both hallucinating. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. But I'm trying to figure out what the whole whispering thing is now. I, I the couple several times through these episodes when we've heard the uh, in season two when we've heard the whispers, whispers. I cut the captions on to see what the uh, the subtitles to see what they say about the whispers. Yeah, and it, and on screen it says disembodied voices, which I thought was very interesting. Hmm. It doesn't say you know whispering or whispers. Um, it says dis two separate times. I did this in two separate episodes, and it said disembodied voices. Okay. So I'm wondering if if now I don't know who's responsible for doing the captioning. I don't know you know where where that comes from, but yeah, uh, I'm just wondering if. You know, we had theorized that the whispers were sort of telecommunication uh, from the, I mean, uh, telepathic communication. Yeah. Uh, I guess telecommunication works, too. Um, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Uh, telepathic communication between the others. 
Um, but I'm also wondering if they have some ability to, you know, um, what is it called? Be outside of their body, you know, sort of exp- sort of see things and be places where their body isn't, which is, of course, related to the remote viewing uh, that people have associated with the show in terms of Walt's appearances specifically. Right. Um, so I think something like that's going on where where maybe the others um, – but see, there's sometimes when you hear the whispering and, and, you know, and then you don't see the others. And then sometimes you hear the whispering like towards the end of season two where they actually show up. Right. Um, so I don't know if those occasions are always the same, but, you know, maybe sometimes when you just hear the whispers, it means that the others are sort of viewing that area next to who's ever hearing the whispers, you know. Um I sort of thought that when Walt was appearing, he was basically appearing telepathically to Shannon, and that sort of explained the whispering. Um, that it wasn't necessarily the others that, that we heard whispering, but it was sort of that 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 the whispering sort of denoted uh, telepathic communication. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like the others were specifically whispering, but it was the fact that Walt was communicating with her telepathically that that's why we were hearing it. And then, that, and then he shows up. But then again, why her? Why not Michael? Why not somebody else? Maybe maybe we'll find out why her. I don't know. Maybe there's some specific specific uh, reason why it was her. Um, yeah. Well, just, just because it seems... I mean, the weird thing about it to me also is just considering the timeline. Of course, I don't know exactly what the timeline is, but this is... This is appears to be very shortly after he was taken. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a day or two, if at the most. Oh no, I think it was. I think they had been gone four days at one point. They had been gone. The raft was out for four days, but the, Walt was taken. Walt was taken that night, right? Now, yeah, that's the thing. I assumed in the season one finale that when they showed Walt being taken and they showed them, you know, blowing up the. The hatch door, or whatever. I assume those were simultaneous. The way they sort of they were, yeah. I think they were simultaneous, or approximately simultaneous. In which case, like they go back that night, and when they go back, that's when she, you know, hears it. So it, I mean, it's that same night. Oh, okay. As as when they blew up the hatch door, that she has that vision. So I mean, we're talking about Walt's been taken, you know. No more than however many hours it's been since they blew up the thing. Yeah, I mean it's all approximate because we don't get a we don't get a clock that tells us when things are. But um, um, I don't know. Maybe he just he had that sort of ability all along, and since this is a you know dire situation, he enacts that. Or I, I don't. Maybe it wasn't even Walt. I mean, maybe maybe that was the others playing tricks, you know, or something. Or, yeah. or maybe the one time that we see Walt without the whispers, it really is Walt or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I I don't think we'll. I mean, spec. This is the kind of thing where speculation won't even help because you just don't have enough to go on. Right. I mean, when I first watched this, I assumed that was leading somewhere. No. Like, you know, Walt's uh, off. Uh, he's you know off off the island now, and I. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know what he was doing. I think I want- at the beginning of season two, when we season three, sorry. When we go to the other's camp, wherever their real home is, I think we're going to find out more about what they were doing to the children and what they were doing to Walt specifically. And yeah. I think we'll be able to plug that into what was going on with his appearances. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully we can figure that out. And if it was him on the computer with Michael. Oh, yeah. Th- those are the two things I really need to know personally. 
All right. Uh, I think I think that's it for me for this episode. And I was just speculating maybe, um, well, well that didn't make any sense. I was going to say maybe maybe Walt was trying to warn Shannon that the others were going to come after her. Maybe they decided to take her or something. And But that doesn't really make any sense, but I don't know. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense with the evidence we have, but I just thought, I Right, know. right. So, episode two. Oh. Adrift. Sawyer and oh. Sawyer and Michael on the high seas. Yeah. Um it was uh this is a pretty decent episode. I I gotta say one of the best Sawyer lines ever is what are you gonna do? Splash me? Oh You gotta love that. Oh man Why yes, don't mind if I do Don't mind if I do, please. Splash, splash, splash. <laughs> Alright. <sighs> episode two, adrift. Sawyer and Michael find themselves stuck in the middle of the ocean on what is left of their raft with no sign of Walt or Jen. Claire confronts Charlie about a discovery she made along with his belongings. Ooh, I wonder what that is. Locke and Kate face the man in the hatch and discover the significance of the numbers. Ba- really? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that's what yeah. I didn't know that's what we discovered. Yeah, that's that's really phrased. Okay. Yeah, that's so this I mean is oh boy. If that's where the numbers end, the significance ends there, then that's pretty crappy. Yeah, right. yeah. Back in the ocean, Michael and Sawyer put aside their differences long enough to reach <laughs> land when more trouble okay. where more trouble awaits. Now I just thought about that. What if um What if the number okay, I don't really believe this. What if the numbers were being broadcast because so that um like whoever's in the swan hatch or whoever needs to know on the island always knows the numbers or there's no question about the numbers or, you know, there's, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's why the numbers were being broadcast or it was for someone on the island to pick it up or something like that, maybe. For for what reason? So that they could input it into the, uh, to the computer. Oh. You know, I maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the numbers change, I don't think it's this, but maybe the numbers change. You know, at a, every number of years or months or whatever, and so, I mean, yeah, I mean, because remember, actually, if I think about it, in the, in the, uh, in the first orientation film, uh, he doesn't he doesn't tell you what the numbers are. He just says input the numbers, right? So maybe uh, maybe the numbers maybe the numbers change every research cycle or every you know whatever. And so these numbers were being, you know, were being broadcast because those were the numbers that were going to be input into the computer by that research team in, in the in the Swan Hatch. And so maybe when they start a new cycle, you know, a new cycle of the, these experiments, they change the numbers and they broadcast those numbers. And maybe the maybe the people who are in the experiment are, to, are told, you know, because there's no place in the hatch for the numbers to to find the numbers, really, right? Well, it is written on the hatch. Now, that's the other thing. That's that's the that's the hole in this theory is that those numbers are etched on the hatch. Yeah, but written, by written I meant etched. Yeah, but but barring that, um, I think I think that theory is sort of interesting because that explains why the numbers were being broadcast, and it explains something else you just asked. Um, something else it explains. I forgot the whole reason for our going on this tangent. What did you What did you say about the numbers? Um, I don't remember. 
But I, don't I think it explains a couple things. If if the reason numbers were being broadcast is so that the people in the hatch knew what they were and knew what to input, um, I have to interject okay. here. Um, it, it's hard for me to even entertain this because I have seen this. Uh oh. This lost experience video uh-huh. where they where they tell you not only what the numbers are but also why they were being broadcast. Oh, I forgot you you saw that thing. Yeah, and so that's ruining my whole thing. Well, but uh, that's not necessarily the real answer, though. That's true, but I kind of believe it is. Oh, damn. Yeah, I mean, hey, hey, gonna, I just want to know: is it better than my half-ass theory? I I th- <laughs> I'm gonna say that it is. Yeah. Because I think it's a little more interesting. Yeah. Um, although, like I said in the last podcast, I'm a little disappointed as far as I want the numbers to be more than that. Yeah. But they. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like it better than your theory. Well, my theory wasn't very well formulated. I just came up with it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know. Anyway, that's cool. Then, yeah. then uh, I guess I should go. Should I watch? I shouldn't watch that thing, right? You know, I mean, it's... Yeah, I don't want to. Let's not... Let's... I, I'm going to say no, but, you know, yeah. I, I I think probably not. Not unless you just... Yeah. It's a, it's a little depressing. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how much they use it on the show. If they don't use it on the show at all, you know, maybe they can go back and do something else. Yeah. And, and then I'll be happy. But if they actually stick to that... Um, so... Know. Here's a couple of things that I point I wanted to point out about this episode. Okay. Um, the boat that uh, uh, the others have that that Tom and them use to kidnap Walt, uh, I think it was Sawyer who surmised that it has a range of about a hundred miles. So <laughs> um, when they give the boat to Michael, um, hope assumingly wherever they're going is going to be within a hundred miles. Of the place. Uh, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I remember that line. Um, yeah, and it made me think, like, wow, they're using that boat to leave. I hope they don't have to go far. That's the thing. And I'm wondering if if, if they even ha- – I mean, if he set him on a course that he knew will, like, bring him back to the island or something. Or if he's really going to let them go. I guess we'll have to find out and see. Uh, if that course he told them to take is really going to get them out of there. Yeah, I think it will, but that's the thing. I don't think we're going to find out about Michael for a long time. You think so? Yeah, I think, they, I think they're going to let us wonder about that for a very long time. Probably. I'm guessing at least season four before we even I think, know anything I think at the more. end of season four, they're going to find a statue of Walt's face that's like 300 years old. Oh God! Yeah, and then they're gonna nice. have they're gonna have a flashback. Walt's flashback when he was king of the island in a, in a past <laughs> life. He was the oh. the young island king, and then it's gonna be like, oh, that makes total sense. <laughs> oh, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, I'm not a writer on the show, so go get me a banana now. <laughs> I'm king of this island. Okay. So the other thing I wanted to point out was Desmond asks. You know, when he's in the hatch and all the guys are there, and it's all the excitement of this, the scene that we see like 15 times. Oh, God. Gotta we can love never that. Get out of it. Every angle. Um, he, Desmond asks if anyone is, was sick. 
now. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, Desmond finds out at the end of season two that there is no sickness. Right. At least that's what we thought he found out. At least that's what we thought he found out, yes. And, uh, yeah, not only does he ask that, but he's still taking the medicine. He's still, he's definitely taking the medicine. Now, you gotta wonder what that's about. That means that when Kelvin basically, when he sees Kelvin disrobing out of the, <laughs> out of the quarantine a uniform thing, uh, and basically, doesn't Kelvin tell him that there, that there was, there's no sickness? Well, I don't know if he ever said that specifically. Hmm. Um, I think they might have just let let his actions do the talking. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, de- where just just showing him doing that, and then having him and Desmond leave, and they're not getting sick. I I feel like that. I feel like that was the. Because uh, I well, I think he says something like, "I had to do it to so you would stay there and you know replace me or mm-hmm. whatever." But then, but then he's like, "You want to come with me?" That whole thing. Was yeah, crazy. I forgot about that. <laughs> you uh, need to stay here and push the button just in case if it's real. But hey, that's okay. You want to come with me? Yeah, yeah. He's he's late at night talking about like how the button does this and it does that and blah blah blah. And then he's like, "Hey, come with me." Who knows if it does anything? Yeah. Like he didn't remember that he just said what what he thought it did. And oh, that's what he has to go. Screw be. the button, man. Who knows if it's real? And then yeah. Desmond's like, that's not what you said when you're going on and on about dams and electromagnetics and fail-safes. And he goes, well, I was drunk. Yeah, <laughs> that great. That was an excuse. I lied to you because I needed a sucker to save the world after I left. But want to come with me? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. You needed him to save the world, which means the button does do something. But come with me. Who knows if it does anything? Yeah. Like, you, oh, God. Anyway. Um, there's so many problems, but yeah, it, is anybody sick? That's, you know, that's one of the things, and I guess maybe, oh God, I mean, the whole sickness is, 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 is a topic worthy of discussion because, yeah. okay, we got Danielle talking about it, right? That's her, True. that's her excuse why she had to kill her team. Correct. Right, she claims the others were the carriers. Right. Now... We also have the quarantine that's written on the inside of the swan hatch and the arrow hatch. They both right. say quarantine on the inside. Ah, okay. uh, yes, right. Good to um, know. And, and you got to wonder why it's written on the inside of the arrow, because from Goodwin's assessment, it, it's a storage facility. And it, right. And, and it, didn't, it didn't look like it was a, a habitable environment. You know, it wasn't set up like the Swan Hatch for any amenities. Right. It did sort of look like a place you would just store stuff. But then why, who would you be telling the quarantine if, if there's really no one supposed to be in there? And why build a hatch and give it a name if it's just a storage facility? I don't, I don't even see I can, why. I can understand. I can understand why you know why they would give it a name. It's a it's a station. It's a it's just a storage station. I can eh, I can buy. I just that. feel like the ones that have names should do something, you know. Yeah, and that should be just like a you know just the storage facility number one or whatever. Well, and maybe you know? maybe it wasn't a storage facility. Maybe it was something else, and that's just what it yeah. seemed to be. Maybe they they you know gutted it out or something, and so that's why it looked really bare. And but. Um, I- I took Goodwin at his word because he's another. And well, then of course I asked myself: had had Goodwin actually ever seen this hatch? Has he seen any hatches? You know, I think he has. I think he has too. <laughs> um, but I don't know if he specifically saw that hatch. 
Um, and, but then again, if he did, or either way, he could just be lying. Like, oh, this looks like a storage facility. Never mind that. Yeah. Never mind that. That like uh, printout on the wall that tells you what this is for. <laughs> Let me just take that so you don't see it. This is a storage facility. So he, yeah. he could have been lying. Most likely he, he, he was lying. But um, he did lie a lot. I mean, the medical hatch, when it was abandoned, looked pretty bare, too. You know, you yeah. really couldn't tell what it was for, you know, except for yeah. the fact that the, the logo, you know, was the medical thing. Well, and it looked, but it did look more functional just in that, like, the way the hallway looked and the doors. Yeah. Like, it just, this thing just looks. Like really run down. And it looked and really like... small too. Yeah. Now it's... let's wait. I guess we should wait till a couple episodes to talk about that. Or do you want to talk about that now? Because I got a couple questions about that hatch and what they found. Yeah, because we really don't get there until a couple episodes later. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we'll. Uh, I think I wrote it down. So we'll we'll come back to that. So anyway, yeah. the sickness. Should Desmond even be asking about that? He he should know. Okay. So oh. Rousseau, yeah, right. Rousseau mentioned it. She says mm-hmm. the others are the carriers. Um, yeah. No one that we know of has gotten sick. Right. Uh, Kelvin told Desmond that, you know, there was a sickness. You can't go outside. And, you know, he was having right. him take the vaccine. Ke- uh, Desmond saw Kelvin go outside without his mask on, without his suit on. So, which should mean that he was lying. And, it, right. and you, you, I don't remember the line, but you said he, that Kelvin said as much that I just needed you to stay in there. Yeah. Did he actually? He actually said that. I thought so. Okay. Well, I know. I think we theorized that at one point, but anyway, yeah. at least that's what, maybe he didn't say it. But, at, le- at least that's the. I mean, at the very least, when you put quarantine on the inside of a hatch or any sort of thing, you know, you could surmise that you want to keep somebody inside. Oh yeah. Um, now, the funny thing is, you would think that press, having to press the button every 108 minutes would be incentive enough to stay in the hatch. But I guess they're like, well, just in case they want to leave, you know, right. we got this sickness thing. Well, if there's two of them there, then one of them can leave, you know. And there's, yeah. I think there's supposed to be more than one person. One person isn't supposed to do Well, why, why not just lock them in there? Why not just tell them that, you know... If 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 you if the hatch is breached, you know, then oh it's gonna, you know, I mean, come on. Well, because they gotta go get supplies from the supply. Oh, drops. I forgot about the supply drops. Yeah. Remember that whole fucking ordeal? Oh god, I can't wait about, to get that back to that episode. Maybe the blast doors came down because because of the supply god. drop. Oh, remember that that was a whole ordeal with everyone speculating that yeah the blast door came down because uh, because you know it wants to keep the people inside and. In retrospect, like, it seems like it just doesn't matter at all. It doesn't. Like, eh, it was an accident. God, that was a whole thing. That was like, one of the best episodes ever. <laughs> how did the supply drop work? Yeah, it really was. God, really I can't was. wait to get back to that. Anyway, so... so I wanted to say about the Cygnus, you know, I've come around to believing that it's possible that it did exist. So folks at, at, folks at home who, who, who are keeping score... Uh, for the last oh nine podcasts, Justin has been one hundred percent certain that there was no sickness, and DJ Mister Monkey, uh, MD, will know that, uh, and some of you others will know that Justin, uh, part of our trivia contest, that he was one hundred percent certain there was no sickness. <laughs> but uh, things change, you know. Day becomes night, night becomes day, and Justin flip flops on his ideas. So uh, right now he is he's let he's letting room for for doubt there. 
I, I would like to justify it simply by saying it seems as though we have independent sources talking about a sickness. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that would happen if it didn't exist. True. That To me, that's, that's the best evidence for the fact that it did exist. Um, because Danielle, you know, I don't see her talking about it and you've got, you know, Kelvin talking about it and really... You have um, the others talking about it, at least when, you know, they took Claire. That was the whole thing. You know, we have to give the baby vaccine or it's going to get sick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they were talking about it, too. Now, you could say, well, the others came from Dharma. Dharma knows about the sickness, but that doesn't explain Danielle. Well, she claims, like, I, you know, our theory before was that she claims the others were the carriers. And I, you know, I sort of thought the only reason she she could say that is because she overheard them talking about it because apparently she can sort of understand the whisperings. Yeah. So she, she just associated the sickness with them because she heard them talking about it. You know, and like we said before, they could have, they could have very well said, you know, that we engineered this or we whatever and claim responsibility, and that's why she says they're the carriers. Um, so those things, right. could be, those things could be really easily connected together. Uh, but I agree, there are sort of separate sources, and it's come up quite a bit to be not true. But then again, it could certainly be not true. Um, yeah. There's no, you got to wonder why no one has gotten sick. We've never, we haven't seen anybody sick. Definitely, definitely. Like, before, ah. like, Danielle or anybody has, you know, she never got sick. Kelvin wasn't right. sick. Desmond wasn't, no one was sick. Right. And I, I'm actually of the opinion that, I'm, I'm still of the opinion that it does not exist now mm-hmm. the only thing i've come back on a little bit is to say that maybe at some point there really was a sickness mm-hmm. uh you know and then it's if somehow i mean i don't know how this would really happen but somehow it just it just isn't around anymore oh it migrated with the boar yeah oh God. <laughs> it went north with the boar because they uh since the new predator new, in whenever, the yeah a new predator came around <laughs> The There's most a... dangerous predator of all. Man. God. Uh, yeah, so, and, and not only that, like, I don't 100% believe that it, I don't even 100% believe that it did exist. I just, I guess I'm just, like, actually open to the possibility. Whereas before, you don't want to be wrong sure. when, when, when somebody on the island gets sick and we find out it's true. Yeah, I mean, that's not really it. It's yeah, just I that I've, I've seen theories where it seems plausible. Whatever. Anyway, I'm justifying something, and you knew what I meant anyway. Of course. Okay. Episode so. 3, orientation. Are you ready? <laughs> Wait, we didn't do a drift yet. <laughs> we, we did. We were talking. I'm done. Oh, you're done? All right. Let me. I know I got, oh, I got one more. I got this. one more thing now. <laughs> All right, go. Um, what was really interesting is that uh, it's funny how you forget stuff. You know, you watch one episode, and 20 episodes later, you forget what you saw. Um, in this episode, this is, of course, when they're still in the hatch, and we were playing that scene, and Kate Kate gets up in the ducks, right? And she crawls from the storage room to uh, basically to where the computer is, because that's where Jack is at gunpoint. Um, it takes her quite a long time to climb there, climb from, uh, f- to crawl from point A to point B. Yet, in the lockdown, when Henry does the exact same thing, <laughs> he does it in about five seconds. Mm-hmm. Ten at most. So I'm wondering what that was really about. Did they, I mean, he couldn't have climbed too much faster. I mean, she wasn't going neck, neck break speed, breakneck speed, mm-hmm. but... I just thought it was really funny that she climbed the exact same path as he did, and right. it took her a lot longer. 
Right. Um, so I don't know if that's just sort of a inconsistency in general or if that's supposed yeah. to mean something. I don't know. I but. think it's that. I, I do want to point out a couple of things. First of all, if you watch Man of Science, Man of Faith, when Jack comes in, if you listen closely, you can hear Kate calling to him. In the oh, background. yeah, you can. Yeah, but that, the music is a, going. That was a nice touch. Um, just... Having it, and you see lock shoes, like, like you said, they, they did a pretty good job. I love that, shoes. yeah. Like when Jack first comes in, you see these shoes, and you're like, okay, that's weird. And yeah. then later, you see when Locke comes down that his shoes were wet and they were sloshing, and so he took them off. Right. You know, they, they did a, they, a very good job at, at planning these episodes out in advance, and especially, like, like we said, around the other 48 days with all that stuff. They did a very good job. Right, right. Um, oh, so I wanted to say, um, this barely fits here, but, um, there's this theory going around oh, God. That, Hen- that Henry is Radzinski, uh-huh. and, you know, I don't know if I believe that or not, but there's also this theory going around that's sort of a, a corollary to that, that when, you know, uh, when Henry, like, crawled out, you know, and the lockdown happened, like, that he flipped on the, the, uh, the black lights that show the map. Oh, really? As like a reward to Locke for trusting him or something. Yeah, well, see, that's where the theory falls apart for me. As a reward to Locke for trusting him? No. Well, why would why would Henry want Locke to find the question mark unless... Well, first of all, can I just poke some... That's the thing. That's the thing, that he was leading him there, and that's why he wasn't surprised in the season finale, and he knew about the map, of course, because he started it, and blah, 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 blah. Um, because other people were pointing out when lockdowns happened later, the lights didn't come on. Uh, we pointed that out. I mean, we yeah. said we said as much. Um, what I'd like to what I'd like to wonder about that theory. It, it's an okay theory. I'd like to question why would the switch for the black light be in another room? Usually, light switches are in the same room that they're you know in, and and. If you're gonna, if you're Henry or Rosinski, or well, if you're Rosinski and you want to work on the door, does that mean you've got to go in the other room and cut the black light on first, and then and then initiate the hatch thing, and then crawl on? You know what I mean? Like the sequence of events is a little weird. Well, when he saw when we saw Kelvin doing it, he was he didn't have the light on. He was just working exactly. Behind, I guess exactly. And you would think that Rosinski would. And see, that's the other thing. If Henry is Rosinski, how did Henry know about the blacklight? Because he obviously never showed it to Kelvin, or Kelvin would have used it, right? I didn't assume that. Of course, he, how, why would, why, how could he... Okay, if... if why if, would he work on a map that he could never see? That makes no sense. He must have seen the No, lights. no, I think, this is what I think. I think if Rosinski started the map, Rosinski showed Kelvin where things were on the map, and, and, and they were both working blind. Kelvin, Kelvin picked up the same thing because why wouldn't Kelvin call in the black light when he's working on it with Desmond? You know, and if he and if it's because well, he, if it's because he didn't want to show let Desmond see the thing, here's the thing: if he, if 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 Desmond if Kelvin knew about the black light and the reason he didn't want to cut it on in that scene when he's working on the map is because he didn't want Desmond to see, then first of all, then that means he's not used to working on the map blind. So he wouldn't know what he's doing because he's not used to it. And it obviously looked like he was used to it. 
And the second thing is, why even work on the map at all? If, if you don't want to show Desmond, you know, what's on, what the map is about, you know, and that's why you don't want to cut on light, just work on it when Desmond's asleep or work on it when he's somewhere else, you know. You wouldn't go work on a map blind that you're used to working on with the blacklight. I just don't believe that. So I don't think, I don't think Calvin knew about the blacklight at all, or else I think he would have used it. Now, Rosinski may have known about the blacklight, but I still don't, I still don't think he did. Because uh, I think Kelvin would have known. I think that's silly. They wouldn't make a map that shows up in a blacklight specifically well, if they didn't know about it. Well, then I why mean, did they it just, use it? It just happened to be a blacklight there, and they made the perfect map to show up. Like, there's no way. That's well, why did they? Why did, why did they never use it? And why did? I mean, did he, I, I don't remember that episode well, but Desmond, I don't have a reason why he didn't use the light when he was working on it. That's that's something I can't explain, but to me the other the other way is too absurd. To me the other way is too absurd. Like there can be a reason why he didn't use the I light. I mean, they could have had a portable blacklight or something, but I don't know. But I'm just saying like why would he not Okay, then why did Desmond not even ask did Desmond even ask like you can't even see this light? Like I mean, you can't even see this map. Yeah, they did he didn't even ask. You know, <laughs> like that that was what's weird. I he mean, seemed I to know what it was, which made me think like he did show him at some point. Like I remember at the time I thought that he was trying to hide it from the cameras and the pearl or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want them to see it. But, that, but I mean the I, cameras I don't are all over that. cameras are all over the pearl, that's the thing. And I just that's the thing, okay, even if even if Okay, I, I agree. It doesn't make any sense to, to use these chemicals to create an invisible map if you're never going to see it. But why would he not work on it? And even if, even if Desmond knew about it, why why in that scene did he not cut on the blacklight then? See, I mean, that's that's the only thing I can't explain. But to me, it's too absurd that there's blacklights right there and your map is constructed that it perfectly I mean, shows it's, up it's already under abs- the blacklights. It's already absurd that there's blacklights in here anyway. Well, that part is absurd, yeah. You know? And it makes it even more absurd if they work on a map, they don't know the black lights are there, and it just has to show... Like, no way. That's just too ridiculous. The the thing as to why he was working on with the lights out, that could be, uh, you know, plot, some plot problem yeah. they, they messed up. It could be... There could be some weird reason that we're not thinking of that would be really silly or whatever, but to me, that's that hole is much less of a problem than the other... So, coin. The new okay. Where 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 he doesn't know. Okay, I still don't buy that. Well, I don't buy that he turned it on for lock, and I don't I don't want to buy that the switch to the blacklight is is in the computer room. Uh, That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and, And I mean, I mean, it doesn't make any sense because. If you if you lower the the door to work on it, then you can't turn it on. Yeah. Uh, the only way you'd be able to turn it on is if one person was in there and another person was outside. Which 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 makes me wonder. I like weren't they using wasn't uh, Kelvin using something to keep one, the computer room door open with something when they were working on the hatch, right? Yeah. Yeah. They had because one of the doors that comes down comes down on top of something. And right. then you can go back and forth underneath. So I guess that's how you could do that. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it sort of makes sense that, that Henry could have turned on the light because there was a delay in when the light came on. Um, right. But, okay, then why would Henry want to show that to Locke? You know, did he? Did Henry... 
I mean, I don't think Henry was clever enough to 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 sort of say, okay, I'll show him this, and then he'll go not yeah, he'll go not he'll go not want to find it. Yeah, you know, well, he'll go want to find it, but then give up, and then Echo will yeah. help him find it, <laughs> and then they'll they'll go about you know all the last yeah. part of season two. I don't buy that exactly as planned. Now maybe maybe Henry didn't know where the question mark hatch was, and maybe he said, okay, I'll show I'll show this guy, and maybe he. I mean, I don't buy that either. That he thought maybe no. Locke could find it. I think like with all his stuff about. Um, about telling Locke he didn't push the button and, you know, that it didn't do anything. I feel like he I feel like he was trying to lead Locke into not pressing it, but as far as showing in the map, like any th- there's no way he could think that that's going to result in him not not pushing the button. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't want Locke to push silly. the button, then why show him this thing that's that's way more intriguing and, and related to, you know, what's going on in the hatch? Right. You know? Yeah, I know. It do, it doesn't make any sense. I, I do feel like he didn't want him to push a button, but but How it doesn't... I, that theory, I don't even... It's just I think, it's something people are tossing around. I think I think most of what happened with the whole lockdown makes sense if you, if you, if you just take the black light and put it on its own thing and say, that was just so we could see it and Locke could see it. Yeah. It didn't have anything to do with anything else. Um, you know, I mean, like we said, you know, it, it, it makes sense that Rosinski and or Kelvin used it at some point so they could see the map that they were doing. Um, but I don't know. But that's the other thing. They could have, I don't buy it, but they could have been doing a map. Because he has to think, he had the map sort of, when he was working on it, he seemed like he had parts of it memorized. And so maybe he never really saw it, you know, but he had a, he had it memorized already, so he didn't need to see, you know, what it said. He knew what was already on there. And so it was just sort of a, um, a uh, sort of a, I don't know what it would be. You know what I mean? Am I making sense? Just a record for posterity just a, Yeah, or exactly. Something? Yeah, almost like the mural. Well, not really like the mural, but it's just like a record of what's going on, and he's just keeping track. But he, but he already had him. He at least he seemed to have it memorized when he was working on it. You know, I mean, if you're going to work on it blind, you got to have some parts of it memorized, else you're going to be painting over something else. You know that you've already painted. Right. Um. So I don't know. We'll come back. We'll come back to that whole thing when we get to lockdown. I'm sure it'll be. Yeah, we'll yeah. We're we're way off anything that's even remotely related uh, to these episodes. Well, but, you we're know. still luckily we're still in season two. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, but that stuff's good to talk about. Okay. So, um, what was your thing about Adrift? Oh, I'm done with Adrift. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. Oh, I thought you had a thing. I said it was with Kate, Kate's crawl in the, uh, in the, in the uh, ducks being the same as Henry's crawl. Oh. It's a pretty long crawl. I mean, just the distance itself is pretty long. Okay. Okay. And that, you know, Henry should have... Uh, Henry, you know, that should have been the same crawl, but I guess it was just a continuity thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they just, they wanted it to be slower here, and they wanted it to be faster later, and... If Henry was Rosinski, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not really against that, because I feel like we will, you know, I, when when Kelvin said Rosinski shot himself, I didn't believe him. Um, So, I think if he, if he ends Rosinski, it makes sense, he knows the numbers, he's part of Dharma, you know, like... It, it makes sense, so I'm, I won't. I won't be surprised if that's true. I think we will see Rosinski. 
Um, you know, we pretty yeah. much see every character people mention, so... Yeah, we have to at some point, except Hanzo and... Uh, well, uh, we'll see him last, and, a, and he, he'll be the real Henry Gale. Yeah. It was, a, it was a fake driver's license! Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that's too much. Um, <laughs> that's why they'll do it. Wow. I was coming to the island on a balloon, mm-hmm. and I... Well... Ran a, God. Richard Branson flies around the balloon, and he's rich, so why why wouldn't Hanzo do the same thing? Yeah, fair enough. I don't even know who that is. President of, CEO of Virgin Records, you know, the big oh. British guy with, who's really rich. Okay, I did know that. Never mind. Yeah, no problem. So I think it's mean. Richard Branson. I think that's his name. Yeah, probably. So are you ready to go to orientation, or you got some more on Adrift? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the thing is, like, Adrift is one of these episodes that just, like... Man, you gotta have it there. But. Oh, you gotta have it there. You gotta have some splashy, splashy. Yeah, but I don't know what it does. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I would bring up about this if we had time. Oh, we'll we'll come we'll come back to season two. We'll do our real our real retrospect, our in depth retrospective, I should say. Um, yeah. But in other terms, let's move on to episode three. Yeah. Oh, what one more before we leave? I just want to say how mad how. How angry or something it makes me that, like, they made us, they let us think that the tail people were others. I just, I just. Oh, you mean when they come storming on the beach? Yeah. And Echo, I mean, does Echo not look like another? I'm sorry, he's got, like, the tattered clothing and he's been a big guy. He's got a stick in his hand. Yeah. Like, uh, and like that, later when, uh, oh, you haven't seen that, never mind. That's going to be in our uh, collision episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about Grace. that later. Anyway, yes. um, episode three, orientation. I agree. It made me mad too. What well, did make me mad? But when you're watching it, it's very interesting, and it's like, oh wait, they're not others. They're the, the, you know, because well, what else are they gonna do? Like they come around the beach, and it goes like, hey, we're the survivors of Flight A15. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I know. that'd be crappy. I know it's better. It's just like like when you say others, I want to see some others. Yeah, well, blame Jen because he said it. Yeah, I know. I blame Jen. It's weird because I'm like, how does Jen even know about that? But because like he Son. seemed to be like completely out of the loop on everything. Well, he didn't even talk to Son until like he was about to leave. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm sure. Th- but I'm sure they. I mean, there was other stuff about the others going on. You know, for a while. So I'm sure Son mentioned that. You know, plus they. Like, they had, uh... Then they get attacked or something? Sometimes? But, like, before he knows about Sun speaking English, Sun shouldn't know any more than he does, so she shouldn't be telling him stuff. But at that point, Rousseau has already mentioned to Saeed that there's others, and every, and people know... You know, Locke gives that big speech, you know, we're not the only ones on the island. I mean, yeah. you know, so... Well, I know people know, but I'm saying, like, he shouldn't know, because she shouldn't know. She should know, because other people know. But but she's not. But according to him, she doesn't speak English. So but that's the thing. That's the thing. She can she can overhear things. Oh, I see what you're saying. She can't say I heard that. Yeah. Um, she can't tell him until until he knows she speaks English. And once he does that, he stops talking to her. So I feel like he just shouldn't know about the other. I think somehow they picked it up. Or son. Or son. Son may have said, you know. Um, you know, maybe there's, maybe we're not alone on this island, and she, she sort of said something to him. I mean, obviously he knows. I know. And I, and I just, you know, he's picking up English, and I think it's, I think it's safe to say that as much as as much as he around them talking, that he can sort of pick up on the, the gist of what's going on, and so. 
yeah, it's yeah. a it's a little bit of a stretch, but um, yeah, I know. I mean, I think they really just had it because they wanted him to say that because yeah. it's all very dramatic. So. You know what's also dramatic is episode three orientation. Episode three orientation. Yeah. Kate damages the hatch computer in a struggle with Desmond. Oh, I knew it was Kate's fault. Desmond tells Jack and Locke how he arrived at the island and shows them a film detailing the Dharma Initiative. Mm. Yeah. Michael, Sawyer, and Jen are imprisoned with a woman they recognize from the airport. No, they don't recognize her. Sorry, that really upset me. That's not true. Desmond flees the hatch. Oh, wait, who recognizes her? Michael, Jen, and Sawyer apparently recognize Anna Lucia from the airport. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't didn't know. I must have missed that scene. Wow, that did not happen. That did not happen. Anyway, wow. Desmond flees the hatch, leaving Jack. Wow! <laughs> Isn't that bla- that's blatantly wrong. That's astounding. They just lied. They just lied. Desmond flees the hatch, leaving Jack and Locke at odds. <laughs> <laughs> this is the official synopsis. Oh my god, they just made shit up. So, let me start up. Desmond flees the hatch, leaving Jack and Locke at odds. They're always at odds. Of course. Saeed races. <laughs> yeah. He didn't need to do anything yeah. to make that happen. Saeed races to fix the computer in time to enter the numbers and save the world. And I just gotta say, Saeed didn't do shit. Okay. No, he really did. Desmond fixed the computer. If you watched that episode, like Desmond yeah. fixed the computer, and then Saeed comes in and it's like, oh my god. And then like he's like, well, the problem's not the computer because he he replaced a motherboard, which I don't think he replaced. Because I didn't see him replace a motherboard. He didn't have. Yeah. He didn't really do that. And then, maybe in the seventies, motherboards were <laughs> were really were in jar. You could put them in a jar. Yeah. Uh, and, and then Saeed <laughs> says it's a power issue. And basically, the person who fixes it is Kate, because she redoes the breaker and the computer magically works. Saeed yeah. didn't actually do anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, but I love him anyway. Um, yeah. So let's yeah. talk about orientation. Uh, one Please. of the big things I want to talk about that we hear said a lot once once the whole hatch stuff starts. Uh, Locke and Hurley both several times in in these episodes say this isn't supposed to happen. This is not what's supposed to happen. Locke says it a lot in, in this episode uh, because yeah. he know, and I think it's because he knows he's on the wrong path. I mean, he doesn't know it intrinsically, but he understands like, okay, the audience was supposed to tell me was telling me to do this thing. He thought. And right. he thought, you know, then there was going to be some outcome. And the outcome isn't what he expected. He's like, okay, well, this isn't what was supposed to happen. I wasn't yeah. supposed to get in this hatch and this guy pressing a button and all this stuff. And, and this, you know, this is what we talked about before with Locke, with the hatch taking Locke off the course the island wanted him to be on. Right. And I think the fact that, uh, but then, I, then it, as you'll notice with the orientation film and everything, Locke starts to embrace it. You know, he wants to push the button. He really, he, you know, at first he's like, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. But then he's like, well, yeah. maybe it is. You know, maybe this is. And then Hurley says it quite a bit. You know, this isn't. Uh, you know, about things changing. He's that's what that was his big uh, phrase. You know, oh, right. everything's gonna change. Every, and everything does change when when they find the hatch. You know, things yeah. things become. You know, Sawyer becomes a good guy. People like him for a couple episodes. Yeah, sort of. You know, yeah, sort of. But um, so anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Locke, Locke saying this isn't what, what was supposed to happen, and then I think he has a scene where he's like, you know, what do you want me to do, or something. He's crying out to the island or something, or maybe that was in the first episode. I don't remember, but um, I'm done. What do you have? Are, are you talking about when he was like hammering on the hatch? No, the there was another thing. There was something else. 
uh, there, I thought there was another scene with him. Uh, hmm. Was he in the hatch when he said that? I don't remember. I thought there was another scene when he was uh, when he was wondering what he was supposed to be doing. But I don't remember now. Hmm. So what do you got for orientation? What do I have? Well, uh, I have the following. Um, so Desmond gives us an abbreviated version of his uh, of his story that we see in full detail in the season two finale. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I know you had yeah. a bone to pick with that. Yeah. So so what he says here. Um, it was three years ago. I was on a solo race around the world, and my boat crashed into the reef, and then Kelvin came. Okay, good so far. <laughs> Kelvin. Yeah, so far so good. Uh, I got a little question about the solar race. Um, I don't know what was solar about uh, his boat. No, solo. Oh, solo. Yeah. Oh, I thought he, I always thought he said solar. According to this, it's solo. Oh, okay. I thought you said solar, too. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, this is a transcript, so, you know, but they said so. Okay, I'll buy that. Anyway, um, okay, then uh, Locke says, Kelvin? And then Desmond says, Kelvin, he comes running out of the jungle. Hurry, hurry, come with me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the problems begin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you... If you watch uh, episode 29 and you see the uh, the actual version of the event... Episode what? Episode... I'm sorry. I said 29. Did you add four I'm, and five? What did you do? I'm thinking of Twin Peaks. The season two finale is episode Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what happened. So, um, okay. So, in episode... I don't even know what number it is. This finale of season two. 23 and 24. Um, thank you. Uh, we, we actually see this happen. What he's describing, supposedly describing. And uh, he was actually passed out on the beach. Yeah. He wasn't even conscious. And Desmond uh, Calvin drags him. <laughs> like, he doesn't say hurry, come with me. He drags him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in the suit. He doesn't even mention that. All right. So so that that doesn't quite line up. Right. Um, so. So. All right, the the rest of this, the rest of this, I guess, is okay. Uh, he brings me down here. The first thing he does, because there's beeping already, he types in the code. He pushes a button and it stops. What was what was all that about? I say, just saving the world. He says. Yeah, I I'd like to say that in, in his defense, I I think it's it, it's it's a minor difference that he says, you know, hurry, hurry, come with me. Is that he? He was sort of passed out, but I don't know if he was specifically like unconscious and not able to hear, you know. Uh, so you know, Desmond could have been like, you know, I mean, Kelvin could have been like, "Hurry, hurry, come with me!" As he picks him up and drags him into the jungle, you know. And he could have, you know, it's one of those things when like you're sort of passed out, but you're halfway conscious type thing. And so mm-hmm. he could have heard. He could have heard him say something to that effect, you know. Yeah. So I'll give. I a mean, little... if he really said it, like they, 
I mean, they should have showed it. It would have been it would have been better if it lined up. Well, but the way they were doing that part, you know, it was all from Desmond's perspective, yeah. and it was all crazy footage and like stuff like that. So. Yeah, well, I know that's what made me think he wasn't like you know. But that was the thing. He was semi-conscious because he saw him come out of the jungle, and he saw him being you know you see he saw himself being yeah. dragged. So he was semi-conscious. So okay, I could see Desmond like you know have you know very you know being like. What's going on? What are you doing? And then Desmond's like, "Come on, come on, we gotta go." You know, hurry. You know, right? Uh, but I mean, it's weird. He's dragging him. Like, uh, if he's dragging him, he's not gonna say hurry. Well, but but that's the thing. He says he brings me down here. I mean, he could have said he drugs. He drags me down here. But you know, minor point. But I agree. It's just one of those things that it played out a little bit differently than that at yeah. the end of the season. You know, like twenty twenty one episodes later, yeah. twenty twenty one episodes later. So. I agree it's a minor point. I just, like, when they when they talk about stuff and then they do it later, like, I just wish they'd go back and, like, it would have been such a simple matter to make it line up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I guess maybe, I guess maybe the problem is this time they didn't know, and when it came time to do it, they're like, well, we don't want him to be conscious. It's Yeah, nice. I think that that's probably part of it is, that, you know, they love to do that thing where someone unconscious falls somewhere and then they get picked yeah. up or, or rescued or whatever <laughs> and taken. But um, I think yeah. it could have been a situation where some writer in the writer's room was like, hey, but remember in season three, Kelvin t- uh, Desmond says, you know, the Kelvin said, hurry, hurry, come with me. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll just do it this way because it's more interesting. So yeah. I think that's probably very likely. And they'll be like, no one will notice. So what else you got for this thing? Because I'm done. I don't, I don't oh, know you know what I wanted to mention um, about Man of Science, Man of Faith? Uh, okay, uh, let's rewind real quick. Let me, jump into, let me jump into my time machine. This is what happens when I don't take notes. My, my brain is very scattered. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to say about that opening part where we see Desmond, like, messing around, you know, living life. In the yeah, house, oh, God, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, it's very good. Um, but it's weird how the hatch looks in that in It that doesn't scene. look the same. Yeah, like, like, it's like you can recognize the places because you know them after yeah. a while. It's like, oh, that's where Locke washes dishes. But, like, the sink is pristine. Like, it was a nice sink. It looks all nasty later. Well, what's, like, yeah. what's funny is that, you know, Desmond, like, hops out of bed and gets on a chair and rolls to the computer. And yeah. I didn't think the computer was that close to the to where they sleep. Right. You know, I didn't either. He just, like, hops and rolls, like, a short little roll, and he's there typing. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I don't know if I buy that. I think they may have made it bigger or something when they realized how much time they were going to be down there. Yeah. Yeah, the, the house looked different in different times. Yeah. Like, like, I remember in the season finale, like, that that room with the computer looked really different for some reason. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, but just, like, with the lights on, it looks, it pretty much just looks like a regular apartment. Yeah. Um, until there's that, you know... The, they blow up the door and then the dust comes down or whatever. Um, but it just made me wonder, like, why they never turned on the lights. What do you, you mean? Know? It seems like the lights make it a lot nicer in there. They do turn on the lights. What are you talking about? Really? It's not always it, dark like it was. Desmond, I think, turned off all the lights when Locke and them were coming down into the into the thing. That's why it was all dark and gloomy in these first... 
couple times we see the hatch. But I thought it was dark and gloomy for the rest of the season. Did they really turn on those lights again? It never it's looks relatively, like that again. It's relatively... I mean, it wasn't that bright when... It wasn't that bright when, when we see Desmond the first time. I don't mean bright. I mean just like clean like it just it just looks really yeah well nice. i don't know you know and like and it never looks like that again and it seems like it's it seems like the lights really like brighten up in there i just i feel like i feel like i never saw them use the lights again i remember the bathroom later on looking very clean i remember i mean i think parts look clean that corridor when you come down from where the hatch is like yeah. that was always that always looked nasty because it's yeah. just there's something leaking that they should fix yeah, uh, there's there's this leaky, and I think that that that's just for atmosphere, you know. Because uh, yeah. if he, if you know if Kate and Locke came down in this nice pristine hallway, like with carpet and like floral right. arrangements on the wall, that'd be very strange. That would that would be be pretty interesting. Yeah, actually. well, <laughs> would be but, weird. Uh, They'd have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I just like I, I'll have to see when we watch season two, but I. Uh, but I just I feel like they never they never made serious use of the of those lights in the walls that make it look like there's sunlight coming through. You know? Oh no, that no, I don't think they that light they, that light seemed to have different uh, different qualities to it because like the first time when we see it uh, when when it's just Desmond, you know, it looks like sunlight, and then when Locke goes down there, he's exploring and he you know, opens the thing, it just looks like a crappy fluorescent light. Yeah, uh, I think they sort of changed the quality of that. So yeah, I agree. I don't think you ever see that that uh, artificial sunlight ever looking as good as it did the first time. Because yeah. the first well, time this... they wanted you to be convinced that it was daylight. Yeah, and they used you know they used probably the specific daylight lights, and then they just switched on to crappy artificial fluorescent lights. Yeah. I guess that's the problem. Yeah. I just, I'm just like, it'd be so much nicer down there if they used, you know, if they had it I'm looking so, like it did, you know, initially. I'm so, so glad you're uh, concerned about their uh, well-being down there. Well, you know, I just want them to be comfortable. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what else is comfortable? Oh, God. Episode four. Episode four. Uh, you don't have anything else on this one? I'm done. I mean, you know, I feel like we got to talk about the orientation film someday, but... Uh... What's there to talk about? Yap, yap, yap. <laughs> They're always yapping. Um, I do love when Locke was like, we got to watch that again. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jack's like, no. And it's, oh, yeah, Jack's like, yeah, whatever. But, uh... uh um... Yes? <laughs> it, has, it has a mirror image. When when they go to the Pearl and they watch the orientation video there, and after it's over, Echo says, "Do you want to watch that again?" Yeah, and he's like, "No, I've seen enough." Yeah, I think he so, means yeah. I think he means that in more than one way. Yeah, he does. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's yeah, it's just a nice like whatever uh, things coming back and whatever. Quick question. The little yes. thing you watch that explains the numbers, because because um, oh boy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marvin Candle. He uh, sorry, Doctor Marvin Candle. Please. He um, he references the numbers as the code. He doesn't say the numbers. He says the code. True. So so does it? So the idea that they are specifically a code fit into what the theory is about what they are. Mm. I'm gonna say, not really. Okay. <laughs> 
not so, very comfortable. So it doesn't make any sense for him to really call it a code. Uh, it's okay that he calls it a code because, you know, it's a code for the computer. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to refer to it that way, but it doesn't shed any light or really gel that well with what yeah. the numbers appear to be in that okay. in that video. So, I mean, yeah. to me, code is a very specific thing. I mean, I guess it's a code, but I would, you know, I mean, I don't expect him to necessarily call it the numbers, but he could say, you know, enter the number sequence or enter the, nah, I guess code works, never mind. That's yeah, fine. I mean, I think, I mean, I think it is a code for the computer. It's a code, I guess. You know. It's also a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Causes trouble. Um, do you, what else to talk about the video? I mean, um. Yeah, maybe there's nothing to say anymore. Like, and we. Just I think it's all been said. Anything you but said like, about the video is all just, been said. It was just, it was such a, it was such a, like, I remember when I first saw this, um, when I first saw that episode, it was like, and that, and, and that started, like, the first thing I thought was, wow, like, it's come a really long way from, you know, finding boar and catching fish and, yeah. You know, worrying about all those, worrying about who's got the water and yeah. all those, like, really mundane things from season one. Like, I, I, it was at that point where, like, before that, everything I sort of accepted, and then it got to that, it's like, wow, this is coming. This was interesting. They, they, they seem to be able to up the show, you know, like, it was very interesting when, yeah, all they had to do was really care about where the boar was and... And, you know, what Smokey was about. And then all of a sudden, now it's about this hatch. And then hopefully in season three, it's going to be about the statue and what that whole thing is about. And they keep yeah. sort of upping what what the crux of the show is, which is really interesting. So Right, right. Uh, I do I did want to mention, I'm sure people have heard this or whatever, but, uh, you know, Can- Marvin Candle says you're going to be on the station at the Swan Station for the next 540 days, mm-hmm. which if you divide that by 108, you get five. So it is a mul- 540 is a multiple of 108. Oh, uh, look at that. I thought that was interesting. Good catch. Good catch. Well, they could have done four and had it tie into the numbers even more, but oh well. Well, that's the and thing. Well. I mean, uh, it's a multiple of four, too. It's, uh, you know, four times 135 is 540. I know, but if it were, you know. I mean, it's going to be a multiple of a lot of even numbers. Well, yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> yes, uh, I could tell you how many, but I won't. Please, um, <laughs> for the love of God, don't tell me how many. <laughs> oh, I really want to. Oh, I'm um, sure it's more than three and less than a million. Yes. Uh... <laughs> oh dear. So, uh, so we can move okay, on. Okay, I guess I guess that's it for this. Uh, for this episode. Yeah. Um, episode four, everybody hates Hugo, especially Claude. God. Oh. Hurley worries that his new job will make him the most unpopular man on the island, which is a very dire concern, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Sawyer Jin and Michael learn that their captors are actually survivors from the tail section of the plane. Claire finds the message bottle from the raft, making her and son fear the worst. Saeed's exploration of the hatch raises suspicions. What's that? What? Saeed's exploration of the hatch raises suspicions. <laughs> he was already suspicious. That's why he explored. Okay. 
And I just want to mention, I thought they said they recognized Dana Lucia from the airport. Like, why? But now... God. Wait, what are you talking about? That, that part where they say they realize they're, they're survivors from the plane crash. In the previous one, they said they recognized Dana Lucia. Yeah, well, it's, oh, well, even worse is that they said they recognized her from the airport, not from the airplane. Not from the airplane. Not from the airplane, okay. but from the airport. It was like, were you flying out of Sydney on that day? Because I saw you at the snack stand getting a Frappuccino. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. That's a blatant lie. Michael, Sawyer, and Jen did not recognize Anna Lucia. Because no. they, they never saw her. And that no. that's what was really interesting. Um, I hope we're not skipping ahead. I think it's in these episodes. The whole Goodwin thing. What episode is that? That's the other 48 days, isn't it? Goodwin, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll talk, we'll talk about that whole thing. I didn't Please. see you on the plane. I didn't see you on the plane. I, like, I know. You guys didn't see anybody on the plane. <laughs> Well, and that was weird when he was like, I was in the lavatory. Yeah, she's like, like for two hours. For the whole plane ride? That, <laughs> that makes me, th- you know, I, I think th- I think they were doing that, that misdirection thing with Nathan and, and really wanting us to think that he was the mole because his yeah. answer was, was like, where are you from? Canada. Nobody believes yeah. that. Nobody's from Canada. I know. Except I know. Evangeline Lilly. And and the fact that his name's Nathan and the other guy was Ethan, and it seemed like they were like... Because they both close. said they were from Canada, yeah, and they both seemed and so it's just like, hey, let's save yeah. this conversation for a little bit. Yeah, I know, sorry. I know, I started it, but let's save it. Okay. Um. Okay. Everybody hates Hugo. This is Hurley's BS, of course. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I didn't notice before is that, uh, and hopefully I'm not mistaken, but Hurley's boss, Randy, is the same guy who was Locke's boss in Locke's flashback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually found that out from the uh, from the connections feature on the, interesting. the season two DVD. You know, uh, for those of you out there who have season two, they have a Lost Connections interactive uh, little thing that's very interesting because I also found out that uh, one of the girls that Sawyer was with was the hostess of the Lotto show. Yeah. Yeah, Which is it's one of those details that, that you just you don't care about because it doesn't seem to matter. But yeah. it's really funny that they even put those two things together. Yeah, it is. It's that that's so small that like Yeah. I mean nobody I would have never thought to look at the, the woman reading the lottery things like Never ever, you know. <laughs> and think like, have I seen her before? Where have like, I seen her? Yeah. Um because she was barely in that one scene, too, like, she's, with she's, Sawyer. Exactly. She's barely anywhere. Like, it seems like one of those things where, like, she had, she had, I mean, I don't know if they specifically had that in mind, where, okay, well, the girl that was with Sawyer, we're going to have the lotto girl. Or if, like, you know, that actress auditioned for the part, and then they just said, hey, let's bring her back, or or if she just, yeah. like, auditioned again, and she was like, hey, this is a small role, nobody will notice me, and, you know, I don't know. But, um... And they just, yeah. Okay. So I thought that was weird. Uh, so that must mean that uh, this must have been after he was Locke's boss, right? Or was this before? What's the time frame here? Um, well, when he was Locke's boss, that was pretty close to yeah. when he went you know, to the island. Because you know he went to the walkabout from that job. Uh, so, and Hurley won the lottery, Hurley won the lottery fairly close to, so, it seems like they should be actually... I mean, Hurley won the lottery and then he, then he sort of, you know, that scene where he, he owns the box company, 
um, maybe maybe that maybe when he when he when when he bought the box company, like whoever was the new manager or something fired Randy or something, and Randy went to the chicken job. You know, but no, but Hurley worked at the chicken job before he won the lottery. Oh, so he 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 needs to go. He needs to go from the chicken job to the box job. It should have been in that order, which makes me think like Hurley hired him even though he hated him or something. That which would be really weird. Hurley hired who? Hurley hired uh, Randy, the guy we're talking about. Oh, at the box company. Yeah. Oh, but no, I don't think I don't think Hurley had any in, any any connection to his investments. I don't either, but it just seems odd that he got hired at his own. Well, that's company. one of the lost connections. I guess so. Oh god, um, they were connected in multiple ways. I hate that intro to the lost connections. The guys like. The stranger you pass on the street oh, might be the friend that you talk to on the phone. It's like, Carlton. Yeah, I know, but it's really crappy. I know. It's I really know. crappy. And you know what I really hate about it? You know, just to be annoying, he, he misuses, begs the question. He does. I hate I, when people do that. I heard when he said it, and I'm like, Justin's not going to like that. It doesn't yeah. beg the question. It raises the question. It man. raises the question. Exactly. Yeah, I know. You know I heard it. Begs it, the I, question does not mean raises the question. Yeah. Hey, for our listening audience, well, tell us tell us the difference between begs the question and raises the question. All right. Begs the question, begging the question is a specific logical fallacy. When you beg the question, it's when you are, you're, you're setting out to, to prove something, whatever it may be, and in the process of proving it, you actually assume what you are trying to prove. Mm-hmm. So it's this, it's this sort of circular, circular reasoning. That's called begging the question. I see. <laughs> All right. That specific thing. So, raises the question just means, you know... Something uh, happens which leads to a question. Yeah. people. When people hear begs the question, I think they think it means, like... It, it's, it's asking begging. for the question to be yeah. asked. Yeah. But, but the, the usage of begs and beg the question is not, not that. It's a different usage of beg that isn't in usage anymore. Now, so, can you give us an example of begging the question? Can I give you an example of begging the question? Uh, oh, boy. Um... Uh, let me think. I, I actually read one on Wikipedia today, and uh, I really didn't like it because I don't think it's, I don't think it's a good example. Um, I hear typing. <laughs> I'm hoping I can I can sort of save myself here and get a good one really quick. Um, oh, here we go. Here's one. Here's one. Uh, all right. God must exist. How do you know? Because the Bible says so. Why should I believe the Bible? Because the Bible was written by God. That's a really crappy one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, or here, uh, here, here's another one. If such actions were not illegal, then they would not be prohibited by the law. So, yeah, anyway. If they were not illegal, they would not be prohibited. Yeah. If they were not illegal, they would not be prohibited. <laughs> That's true. Right? I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, it's true because you're saying 
if if something, then that something. <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not actually. Uh, but it's not only actually... but it's only prohibited because basically it's only prohibited because it's prohibited. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's yeah. It's not saying anything. It's not saying anything. You're right. I get it. It's totally circular. Cool. So, yeah, anyway, Well, folks, that... you heard it here first. Now you can go out and spread the word about the difference between begging the question and raises the question. Um, you're only going to get those those facts from us, folks. Um, not right. only are we the lost lowdown, we are the uh, the grammar lowdown. <laughs> yes. I'm on a crusade. It's that uh, that and uh, immaculate conception. Those are, those are my... Uh... Yes. Pet peeves, I guess. I'd like to let everyone know that Y-O-U apostrophe R-E means you are. And Y-O-U-R <laughs> is a possessive, meaning your. They possess it. They're not the same, folks. Get it straight. Okay, let's get back to Lost. We're losing our audience here. Oh, uh, and while we're at it, what of doesn't work. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to explain it. <laughs> would O-F Don't. not... Please don't ever write a sentence that you say W-O-U-L-D and then O-F, because that's not a phrase. No. It's would have. Exactly. Would have, and the contraction form would be W-O-U-L-D apostrophe V-E. Yes. That's what you want to write when you write would of. Which, if you're saying it not articulately, sounds like would of. True. So that's the that's where the problem comes in, and exactly. the problem also comes in because Hurley quit his job because he was mad that his <laughs> boss caught him stealing, which I thought was really weird. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to segue back in. Here. But what's not a lower bound was Hurley's. <laughs> oh God! Just to bring it back to our first podcast. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought it was really. I thought it was really. Didn't, okay, we'll talk about that later. I thought it was really funny that Hurley decided to quit because Randy was pissed that he was stealing. He's like, I'm not going to yeah. stand for being uh, yelled at because I steal. I'm going to leave this job. Well, I got the impression that he quit because he won the lottery, and that just gave him an excuse. Well, true. I mean, that, that was the excuse, but, but it seemed like he would have, he was reluctant to cash because, you know, he didn't want things to change. Yeah, he was reluctant to cash in his winnings, uh, and I think he would have worked that job longer if he hadn't gotten fired. But of course, he was being berated, and he he realized, hey, I don't have, I don't have to take this. Yeah, but it was still part of the reason he quit was because he was stealing from his company. You know, right? <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like his boss came over, you know, and, in a in an office space fashion was like, hey, we're gonna need you to come in on Sunday. Like, you know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that kind of thing where he was just being a total ass. Right. He, he had cause to be fussing at him, so. And you know those reports that I said I needed by Friday? Yeah, I'm going to need them by today. I'm going to need you to press that button every 180 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, and I'm going to need you to not ask why. Um, yeah, he's not like he was in Locke's flashback where he was just like a total ass for he, no yeah, reason. he hated Locke. Like, Locke did nothing, and he's just like, you can't do anything. <laughs> you- <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what an ass! So yeah. Anyway, in this thing, it's like yeah, he, he is steal. I mean, you know, whatever. You know, in terms of the company, it's it's a pretty minor thing. But but still, at least he has like a legitimate complaint. With Locke, it was just like yeah, he he was just going after him for no reason. I do love. I'll just say it here. I do love when. Um, uh, oh, this is this episode. Sorry. <laughs> Look at me bringing up something on topic. 
Hey. When Hurley is Hurley's complaining that uh, he doesn't want to do the job of having to organize the food pantry, and mm-hmm. Locke was like, I had to do a lot yeah, of jobs I didn't uh, like. And it was, I love that line because we know that Locke had a lot of really crappy jobs in the past. Yeah. But it's also one of those lines that, Locke, I don't care if you did jobs you didn't like. I'm saying I don't want to do this one. Right. Like, that, that's, not a, that's not an argument. Like, I don't want to do this thing. Well, I did a lot of things I didn't want to do, so you should want to do your thing. Like, yeah. You know, it's like. It, yeah. And that goes, it, that goes back to. Uh, to what we were saying about, you know, people telling other grown-ups what they can and can't do. Locke told Hurley, you cannot not do this job. Right. Like, he's like, I'm sorry, Hurley, you're going to have to do it. I'm like, how is Locke going to make this, <laughs> make him do it, you know? And it, yeah. obviously, you know, it's just really a writing thing so that Hurley, you know, we see Hurley doesn't want to do it and he's sort of forced to do it. And, mm-hmm. then we, you know, so it can sort of play out. But, like, it's really, really crappy in, in real life because like there's no way Locke can make him do it what is he going to put him at gunpoint yeah you know yeah it's very silly it um it reminds me of my least favorite argument ever where you say but that isn't fair and they say life isn't fair yeah exactly <laughs> and then you're supposed to go I guess you're right well yeah life's not oh, fair okay. and this well, is life so yeah so yeah. this isn't fair shouldn't be okay I guess Everything it, shouldn't be fair then, because life isn't fair. Yeah, you go, oh, I forgot, life isn't fair. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Okay, let me go do this thing I didn't want to do. Oh, God, yeah. So anyway, I, no, you're right. That's a good, I forgot. I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me, uh, even though I was bothered by Jack, but it didn't occur to me that how weird it was that Locke had to. Oh, man, Locke was even worse. He's like, no, you're going to do it, buddy. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I have to convince people to push a button, and yeah, you know, so everybody's got their jobs, and it's like whatever, I love Kate. Man. Kate's like, at least we have jobs, right? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Okay. Um. So let's uh, let's move on here. Um. <laughs> I got a very small thing. Um, okay. You know, when Saeed is uh, exploring the hatch, which raises suspicions, um, <laughs> they have that scene where, you know, Jack comes in and Saeed has that piece of titanium. He's banging on the concrete wall trying to get through. Mm-hmm. And then Saeed basically says, hey, you know this thing I'm doing right now? Yeah, it's not going to work, but I got another idea. Right. And I'm just like, Saeed had already already knew it wasn't going to work, yet he was still banging on it when Jack came over. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's just, you know, it's just a TV thing. But yeah. it was just really funny because he had already, kn- it's not like he was banging and then was like, Jack was like, hey, how's it going? He's like, I don't know, man. I don't think this is going to work. And then they think of something else. He's like, right. yeah, this thing I've been doing for the last five minutes, it's not working. Uh, but I already got another yeah. idea we can try right now. <laughs> like, Yeah. He immediately says that the concrete is eight to ten feet thick. Yeah. Was he seriously going to try to hammer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm hammering, although I already know it's... And I don't know, how, how do you judge how thick a concrete wall is? Oh, don't even ask. I mean, only Saeed and probably Locke could do that. Yeah, Locke would. Oh, yeah, it must be 8 to 10 feet. That's what they That's, tend to use on... Uh, yeah, in my box company, I learned that. And, um, yeah. you know, in Mousetrap, we always used 8 to 10 oh, foot. Oh, God. Walls. 
But anyway, I just thought that was a really small thing, and uh, that yeah. was, it was really sort of funny. You think that's the kind of thing that would come up when you're shooting a scene, like you know, mm-hmm. you know, the actors are like, "Well, why is Saeed banging on this when he already knows that it's not going to work?" And I'm coming in mm-hmm. just so he can tell me. But anyway, um, one of the yeah. interesting things uh, that we apparently forgot because we this came up a lot when we've been talking about the show is mm-hmm. how they have power. And they explain how they have power because apparently there's a geothermal generator somewhere in the hatch. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So all they that, so that. all that theories about you know uh, <laughs> there should be an electric generator somewhere on the island, or maybe the, mm-hmm. the cable that Saeed and Hurley found was electricity and all that crazy stuff. Right. It's explained in one fell swoop when hey, there's a geothermal generator. Now, is that geothermal generator providing power to everything on the island? Now that is the next question. Is first, well, the first question is: Is that plausible? And I'm not, I'm not a geothermal dynamic specialist <laughs> engineer. What? <laughs> I know, I know it's on my business card, <laughs> but it's not true. I'm not. So I don't. This is not the podcast partner I signed up for. <laughs> I know everybody hates Claude now. Jeez, everyone <laughs> thought I was a geothermal dynamic engineer. Um, which is the title I just came up with. Um, I don't know that I don't know the plausibility of that. I feel like to to access geothermal energy from movies that I've seen, you got to have some sort of piping system and drilling system and all that that goes pretty damn deep into the earth. Yeah. Um, and I guess you know if they can pour concrete over everything eight to ten feet thick, then they've got the digging and drilling and engineering resources to 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 build that. So I mean, I'll, I don't believe I don't think he's lying, but. I'm just yeah. saying in terms of that being plausible, I don't know. But I'll, I'll take it as word. It explains why they have power. Um, yeah. Uh, so that is that. Now, okay, the second question is, is it providing power for all the hatches on the island and all that stuff? I would I would want to say yes and no. I mean, it would seem to me – I mean, I don't know how much power something like that can generate, but – it would seem that it would be more efficient to have one place that's generating all the power for the other ones because then you have to have, like, six or seven or how many stations there are. You have to have that many generators. Right. Um, and they, that seems like something complicated to do. And it also seems like something that needs constant regulation. <laughs> yeah, mean, that's what I was thinking. I don't know a lot about geothermal energy, but uh, it seems like something you would want to monitor and there's levels and just, like, any sort of electric or, or power generation... Um, you know, there's things you got to monitor and make sure it's it's running correctly. Right. And so I guess the idea is that that's either electronically controlled by some computer, which could they really have built that in the 70s, 80s when this station was built? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is maybe some other place on the island or off the island or somewhere is is there's someone monitoring that? I don't I don't really buy that either. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting to to discuss. I mean, I don't really know if it even matters anymore based on the season two finale, but I mean, I'm definitely curious as to what's behind all that concrete. Yeah. Um, well, Saeed... What... Go ahead. I was going to say, Saeed, Saeed says, well, the only time I heard of people pouring mm. concrete is Chernobyl, which I didn't really know what that meant. Um, I know Chernobyl was the, you know, nuclear thing. Um, But does that mean they were pouring concrete over areas that had been exposed to radiation? Is that what is that what he's saying? Like, like this thing is generating some sort of radiation, and that's what the concrete is blocking. You know, you think you would want to align it with lead, if anything, Uh, and maybe it is aligned with lead closer to the core. I don't know. 
And so I didn't really know what he meant by that. Like, at the Chernobyl site, did they pour concrete all over it, maybe, or something like that? I didn't really, I didn't really know what his reference meant. Yeah, I don't know uh, enough about Chernobyl. If anyone out there in our listening audience majored in Chernobyl in college, uh, <laughs> if you could email us at lostloadon oh, at com. Um, you know. I think they just recently added that at uh, South Carolina University. They did. So, they did. Uh, They've had it at Brigham Young for a while. Yeah. Well, of course. Well, I mean, that is the center of Chernobyl studies. Well, the Mormons the get everything. Northwest first. region. But yeah. Well, of course they do. They're mm-hmm. divinely inspired. Um, <laughs> They're immaculately concepted. Yes, that's right. <laughs> hmm. Which really begs the question. Yes, it certainly does. Uh, let's see. You know, I'm really trying to read Wikipedia about Chernobyl, but it's really long. Yeah, let's let's focus on uh, something else. Yeah, all right, all right. I just thought I'd uh, give it a shot. Let's all read the Wikipedia entry on Chernobyl together. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not lost. Uh, la- Ooh, don't don't diss other podcasts, Sorry, please. Podcasts. No, I wasn't dissing. I was okay. just saying that's what they do. We don't do that. Okay. Not that it's bad. We just don't do it. We don't do it. That's all and, I'm saying. And, you know, we do want to say that we do everything that's good. And since we're not doing that, that might mean that that's bad by the transferative, you know, properties of um, good and bad. <laughs> but anyway. Well, I, I think that begs the question. I think it, wow. <laughs> I'd like to point out that it's Locke's fault that, uh, that everyone hates Hurley or everyone would have hated Hurley. Because he told Charlie, because no one else knew about the food except for, you know, the people who originally found the hatch and, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Rose, who was brought into the fold. Yes, Rose, you've done well this far washing laundry. You deserve to be brought into the inner circle. I, Sorry. I feel bad for Rose. It seems like all she ever does is these awful chores. Yeah, like, well, she's old and chore. I don't know. It's she like she it. she can't ever do anything fun. She's just always like I think she likes it. And... I think she seems like the person that wants to feel useful. And cuz I you know, when she's washing all those clothes, I feel like I mean obviously those aren't all her clothes. So yeah, I feel like she sort really of, you know, be. like she's washing clothes for the community. I feel like she just wants to be useful. Um, you know, even later when they when they get more with the food supply job, she sort of sets up the pantry, and so I don't think she cares. Uh, when you're on an island like that, you know, last time I was stranded on desert island, I was looking for stuff to do, so I wish I had laundry to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think she's she's fine, but I, yeah, you know, you're right. She gets some boring stuff, but you know, boring stuff is better than nothing when you have nothing else to do. Yeah, I guess it so. passes the time, so. keeps it. You know, you, everyone can't read like Sawyer, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, um, my point was that um, Locke, you know, and, and what's really strange, because Locke never does this, is tell people stuff they... Someone asks a question and Locke actually gives the right answer. He never oh. does that. But uh, this time he wanted to be straight to Charlie, and so Charlie asks all these questions, and he tells him about the food. And then Charlie goes, in a very bitchy fact, I realize that Charlie is a bitch, man. Like... If if you don't give him what he wants, or if you don't like fit into his model of, of expectations, he just goes off, man. 
He just like yeah. goes off and you're pathetic and I thought we were friends and like he just mm-hmm. like totally does a 180 on Hurley. Hurley's like, yeah, man, I can't tell. And he's like, oh, I thought we were friends. Oh, blah, blah. you know, just totally berates him, makes him feel bad, which is why I don't like Charlie. One of the many reasons. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's it's really stems from Locke's fault that Charlie found out about it, which in terms other people found out about it. Um, so Hurley, you know. <laughs> In typical Hurley fashion, decides to remedy the situation and blow it up. Uh, right. Because usually when I have a problem, I get dynamite to blow it up. <laughs> I forgot that he did that. Yeah, was... it was it was pretty. I love that look in his eye though, because when, when I was I forgot he did it too. When he's and when we're watching when I was watching this episode again, he you know Locke was like, "You just got to do the job, Hurley. You got to do it." And Hurley looks. They have a close up, and he's like, "Okay, I'll do it." And then I th- and I thought I thought that he was basically that was his incentive to go uh, give the food out. He's like, okay, well if I gotta be in charge of the food, I'll just give it out to everyone. But no, mm-hmm. his first thought is to blow it up. <laughs> yeah, that's so ridiculous. Yeah, which... I mean, it's it's just a, it's even more of a colossal waste than that uh, than that scene in Dave where you know him and Libby like pour out all the food he was he, yeah. he had stashed. And and not only is it a colossal waste, I mean he's 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 letting off dynamite in the hat. Yeah. Now to his credit, you know, it is all lined with concrete and that door seems pretty sturdy. I think it would have withheld the blast quite well, but you know, I think it was one stick of dynamite. But still, you know, who knows what it were how thick the the walls in that room are, who knows what yeah. happened, but it, it it obviously was really stupid, but to his defense, if I can defend him a little bit, I was really sort of thinking about, you know, when he was ranting about, you know, ooh, if I give Charlie peanut butter, you know, then Steve's going to want the chips, and how come right. Kate didn't get any chips, and how come Kate gets the shampoo, and, yeah. and if you think about oh. it... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're going to say how much you hate Kate for taking the shampoo? Yeah, she... I, she I two, things, to... two things she did, man. First, she took the shampoo, which is like... He's like, Kate, you can't... Oh, thanks, Charlie. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, just nice. One, it's just one bottle, you know. Yeah. And then later, you know, she's the first bitch to hop in the shower when everyone's mm-hmm. been dirty for 40-something days. Yep. And and Jack's like, oh, you took a shower, you know. She's like, I had to see if it worked. Yeah, right, you knew it worked. Yeah. You cut it on and saw that it worked. Anyway, that, that was pretty bitchy, but hey, women are bitches. Just kidding, yeah. ladies, just kidding. I, I just, I hated her for not, she wasn't even, she didn't even, he could have said anything. She was just going to go take it. Yeah, like, like, hey, Kate, that's actually battery acid. Thanks, Hurley, gotta go. She, she didn't even, like, pretend to to respect any sort of authority he might have had. Yeah. Like, She's using her charms, man. She just, yeah, exactly. But, she's just going to charm her way into the, and I just, well, I she's Canadian, they're charming. Yeah. It's, mm. uh, it's the nasal quality. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I love Canadians. They're so northern. Um, I did want to say, okay, my point was, I was thinking about what Harley was saying, and how would you ration out that kind of food? Because it, it's more than just, okay, we've got six bags of chips, you know. It's more about the quantity, not just the items themselves, you know. Right. I mean, with small things like the candy bar, maybe you can do, like, more of, okay, you know, we'll split the candy bars up. But with chips, when you've got, like, you know, 25, 30, 50 chips in a bag... How do you how do you ration that sort of thing out? You know, if there yeah. is only like three bags of chips, okay, everyone's probably going to want some chips, and mm-hmm. it's like how do you, how do you ration that out? You really can't. Like every you won't be able to please everybody. Even if okay, Steve gets the chips, 
and you know, and Charlie gets the peanut butter, and you know, Rose gets the you know waffles. But it's like, okay, but Rose wants some chips too, and you know, right. you know, and then it's like it's it would be a very hard task, and I think a, a sort of more rational person than Hurley would have found a better way, you know, fill out the list, and it would have been sort of a first come first serve type thing, like. Okay, guys, we've got this much food to give out this th- today. You know, who wants what type thing? Yeah, but that would have been a yeah, very that would be track. ideal. Like, find out who wants what, and then figure out what the most equitable yeah. way is to distribute. But then, it. but then, and then Hurley goes, "Well, there's only there's only enough food to feed one person three meals a day for three oh. months," which is the one. It goes on the list of the, one of the worst arguments ever because it's like, yeah, that might be true, but if it can feed forty people for two weeks, then that's still good. Yeah, you know, like that doesn't. It, that's not an argument, Hurley. That that it's it's. I mean, obviously it is going to run out, but why not enjoy it while it's there? You know. Yeah. But then, of course, we get that scene when he sort of gives food out to everybody, and we are, you know, sort of made to think that he gave all the food out. Yeah. Uh, but we'll soon come to find out he really didn't give all the food out, and it doesn't really matter anyway because we get another supply drop right later on. Rendering this entire episode uh, pointless. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was really funny that, um, you know, they have that nice little montage of Hurley giving out all the food, what Mm -hmm. I like to call everyone loves Hugo montage. And, uh, you know, he gives Charlie the peanut butter and Charlie's just smiling all bright. And I'm like, Charlie, you should be that happy. He's giving out food to everybody. Like, you know... I can understand you being thrilled that he gave you what you wanted, but, like, he's giving it out to everybody, man. Like, you're not special, you know. thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that he got what he wanted. Yeah, nobody likes Charlie. Because he was such a bitch earlier. He was a like, bitch, he man. It. Yeah. What was that? I don't remember which episode it was, but when he... Oh, it was when he was talking to Locke, and he was like, you know, I would have gone on the... Uh, the Diamond Expedition, if somebody would have asked me, you know, all bitchy. And then he was like, you know, I, I got Claire's baby back. And I'm like, well, you really didn't. Like, Saeed was the one who led you to where the smoke yeah. was. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have been able to get there, you know. Yeah, if it's, it wasn't for him, you'd be dead with your head bleeding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and But, you know, that's the, that's the kind of thing that I actually like that he said because it fits with his character because it's really not true. It's an exaggeration of what really happened. And that fits with his character. He just sort of yeah. says what he needs to say at the time. Right. So a writing standpoint, I'm glad he said it, but in reality it's just like, yeah, you're a bastard. Yeah. I think he actually referred to it as like the A-Team mission or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. It, it seemed like, uh, it seemed like, you know, it seemed like the kind of language that like the writers would use. Yeah, exactly. You know? Okay, this is our A team doing this, and then we'll have our B team doing that. And then it made me think of the season two finale. The A team is going off with Michael, well, and they end up captured I, by the others. Can I stop you right there? Okay, yeah. I think by A team he means the TV show A team. Really? Yeah. Oh. Be- because. I thought he just meant like A team is in like the no I think the he, most I think it's important a, team it's a pop culture reference um, oh because I don't think in his well it would be weird for Charlie to to think in terms of different teams doing things because he's in the middle of all this action and it would be weird to think for him to think that getting Claire's baby back was less important than the dynamite 
Um, just from his perspective, I mean, he might think that other people think that, but mm-hmm. I don't think he would use that phrase. I really think by A Team, he's it's a pop culture reference to the TV show A Team. So why were they okay? Okay, yeah, I guess you're. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I interpreted it differently. Anyway, yeah, it's easy to do. Easy to do. Uh, yeah. Um, so it is. So it is. So, you know what's not the A-Team? Uh, episode number five, and found. Well, I wasn't done with four. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I tried. Um, I didn't, I, I, I was wondering, and during that whole montage, you pretty much see everybody out on the beach getting food, uh, eating food, uh, and I'm wondering who's pushing the button. <laughs> and I didn't, now, I don't remember seeing Locke. So maybe mm-hmm. he's back there pushing the button. But I just thought it was funny that sort of everybody's busy eating. No one's pushing yeah. the button. And then, and then we I love that thing where everybody's having fun and it's all nice and it's, and it's peaceful. Things can't be better. And then you pan over to Sun who's desperately clamoring to bury that bottle, bury the secrets. And I'm thinking, oh, Sun, more secrets. Haven't you had enough secrets in your life, <laughs> you know? Like, stop uh, with all this secrecy. I mean, that's why you're on the island, because you keep secrets. Isn't that right, son? You're being punished yeah. for the secrets oh, that you keep. But it's complicated. Oh, it's always complicated. <laughs> but, son, everything's complicated. Okay, <laughs> uh, I, I guess we'll talk about the bottle thing when it comes back up. But, uh, yeah, the bottle thing had a couple of funny things I want to point out. Yeah. So, um, ugh. They they said that there was 23 survivors on the tail section, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a number. Mm-hmm. Now, how many original uh, fuselage people were there? Was it 42? I think it was 44. I think it was 44, okay. It, but does that include, like, the marshal who died and stuff like that? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't I don't remember. know what the count was, yeah. was from. Um, anyway, you know, I... I don't know how much you kept kept track of, and we'll we'll get to this later when we get to the 48 days, but I wanted to see if their math with the tail section people was right, because there was five people left when our guys find them, and which leaves 18 from the original 23. Only five? Well, Anna Lucia, Echo, Libby, Uh the stewardess lady, forgot her name. Cindy. Cindy, and Bernard. Those are the only five people left. When, by the time, you know, uh, Michael and Jen get there, Michael, Jen, and Sawyer get there. Which means the others took... Uh, 18 people. 18 which, people. Which, um, which I don't know, the, I, the math didn't add up to me because I believe they said the oh. first night they took three, but really they only took two. Nathan died, so you can cross him off. Yeah, Nathan died, okay. Now, I hope the 23 isn't counting good one. Uh, yeah, it really shouldn't. It might, um, since... I yeah, don't, we shouldn't. don't know how they counted. Yeah. Because well, they might have counted when they thought Goodwin was one of them and never thought to change the exactly. number. Exactly. So, so that could be down to 16. They said, then they said they took three the first night, which they really didn't. They only took two because okay. Echo, they tried to take Echo, but he beat him. And failed. And yeah. failed. So that's two off of that, which which would make the lowest number possible 14. Mm-hmm. And then they said um, they took nine later, I believe it was. I believe okay. it was is nine. That, which episode is that? 
Dino? Ooh. I was hoping I could find it. Um... I think it's this episode. Maybe not. No, 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 no. I don't think it's this episode. I think it's. I think it's another one. This is. This is when they say twenty-three. Ah, I found it. Um, it's. Uh, it's uh, a. Abandoned. Yeah. Okay. The next one. Shannon's right? episode. The first night they oh. came. The first night they that we got here, they took three of us. Mm-hmm. They really nothing, did. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing happened for two weeks. Then they came back. They took nine more. Yeah. So that's. So at the. I mean. Because the only reason I'm certain that they didn't take three is because when Anna Lucia is questioning Goodwin about what happened, uh, why you know why they tried to take those three people the first night, Goodwin said, "Well, they tried to take Echo and the the the, the strongest people basically," and yeah. and he said Echo and the two other guys. So mm-hmm. that's that's the three. So they didn't take Echo. So it's really only two that they took. Yeah. Uh, would you think they would get something like that right? You know that she would say, "Well, the first night they took two of us." Right. You know. I agree. I agree. They really she really should have those numbers right. Unless I'm mistaken, um, unless 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 Goodwin said Echo two and two other guys and then mentioned a fourth guy, but I don't think he did. Oh, I guess I could look at that too. Let's yeah. see. Here. You wanna you wanna wait till we get there or Oh, okay, okay. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm using the the transcripts are my notes, so uh, Nice. I'm I'm constantly looking at them. So, uh, okay. All right. Um, that's good. I mean, I never would have oh, thought... Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Math, but... I'm sorry. I just looked it up since we're talking about it. Goodwin does say, the first night they took the strong of us, I qui- our quiet friend, uh, three other guys. So there was oh. three taken. There was three okay. taken the first night. They tried to take four total. Okay. I thought he said two other it's guys. Still, it still doesn't add up. There's like five people unaccounted for, I think, right? Uh, let's see... So there was sixteen. There's sixteen if you count with Nathan dying. Okay, there's eighteen people, right? Out of the twenty-three minus five is eighteen. Uh, with Nathan dying, that's seventeen. With Goodwin being part of the original twenty-three, that's sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the three people taken the first night, that's thirteen. So it yeah. looks like we're one off. Oh, or then well then they. I'm what do you sorry. mean one off? I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Uh, and then they said nine more, so that's what uh, four. That's four. Yeah. So they're four. So they're four people off. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're not counting the two children as I don't know why they wouldn't as know. people. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyway, they seem to be four off. Um, I don't know how to count for those four people. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well, one of the guys died. The guy with the leg. I oh, think, yeah, you're right. That he, guy died. He died. So that's that's three people. Did yeah. anybody else die? I think they did. You think you think those people just died? I think some other people might have died. So they didn't all get taken? They just, like, died? Yeah. Okay. I'll buy the three people. I'll stick with that died. theory. Yeah, it, it fits. Yeah. Yeah, it's close enough. I mean, if it were like ten people, I'd be like, okay, yeah. that's a little silly, but it's close enough. Sure, why not? I forgot about the guy that died. That was weird. They spent all that time and then he just died. 
What do you mean spend all that time? Well, it wasn't a lot of time, I guess. They just fixed his leg, and then he... They had that scene where Libby fixed his leg, and I that whole scene, I'm just like, Libby, you're not a doctor. I don't yeah, know what she's, you're doing. Well, she spent that year in medical school, so... So she claims. I yeah, don't know. I don't know, man. I guess that was before she met Dave and got married to him, stole his money, and then killed him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God. Um, okay, so we're going to go to episode five. got to breeze through this, man. We still got to... We... We got like, yeah, we're going too slow. We're going way too slow. We're gonna we're gonna have to skip some stuff. All right, so we're gonna go to episode five here. Um, dot 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 and found. Before we move on, I have one more thing. Oh jeez. That I that I've just recalled uh, about adrift, which I know adrift. Jeez. But uh, yeah, I just want to throw this out there. Um, I don't know if it's relevant or if it's just another yet another example of the writer sort of repeating themselves. But in Michael's flashback in that episode, you know, where he sort of fights to keep Walt or whatever, uh, the the lawyer in in the meeting he has with uh, you know his his with Walt's mom's lawyers, they ask him a bunch of questions about Walt. Like, oh, you know, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, like what his birthday is, what his favorite food is, or I don't remember exactly what the questions are. But anyway, they're like just specific questions about his his you know, him. Just yeah, little little things that that you would know about him if you were around. And then and then she says something like you know, well, for someone who wants to retain his paternal rights, you don't seem to know much about him. Yeah, I hate that. I thought the same thing. It's the same thing that they did in what was it, Three Minutes with Miss Yeah. Blue? Like, she was like, you know, you don't know anything about him, so how could you love him? You know, like... Right. And it's like, you know, love does not equal what you know about the the person. You know, he's going to love this kid sim- for, first for the simple fact that that's his kid. You know, right. like he's going to have that innate bond with him. And then, of course, you know, Walt's mother... Well, at this point, he's not dead, but... You know, in three minutes she's dead. You know, so he's got that connection because he wants to protect him and all that stuff. Right. But, it, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, it wasn't his fault that, and I felt like he had a really bad lawyer. Like, it wasn't his fault that she. Oh, he did. She took him. You know, all took Wall all across the. You know, and convinced him. You know, Michael's better if he's with me. He's better if he's with me. And he's just like, okay, you can go to Amsterdam. Okay, you can go to Italy. Okay, you know, blah blah blah. And to the point that it was like, okay, well, I don't want you to be the father anymore legally. You know. And, Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was a very similar thing that the bitchy, uh, the bitchy lawyer that the mom had was like, "Oh, you don't know what his favorite ice cream is, do you? Huh? Well, then you <laughs> you wouldn't make a good father." <laughs> right. Well, besides it just being an invalid argument, it's weird that it's it's basically the same scene he has yeah. with Miss Clue. Like, yeah. are you saying I, that lady is Miss Clue? Well, no. Oh. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like. They're they're doing the same thing to him, and yeah. like it just seems odd to me. Yeah, and it, uh, I think it would have been I would I oh my god it would have been so great if when this when it happens the second time with Miss Clue if he was ready for that if he had remembered that someone used the same argument you know the lawyer lady used the same yeah. argument on him and he was sort of defeated in a drift if he would have had a really good comeback in right. three minutes that would have been really cool. That would have been really yeah. nice if he was like, you know, Miss Clue, you know, what, you know, Walt's shoe size, you know, knowing Walt's shoe size doesn't mean I love him anymore, you know, like, right. that just doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, that would have been a nice outcome. Uh, that would have been cool. Happen. It made me wonder if there was some connection. I mean, I really don't think so, but it just seems like an odd... I guess it's just an odd coincidence. It seems like the only... It seems like that's their only way in those situations to sort of make Michael feel like he shouldn't have Walt or, or something like that. Like that, The only thing they can do is say, well, you weren't there, so you don't know these things, so therefore you don't need him or you don't yeah. love him. And it seems like that's their only real argument. Because I think that is their only real... I mean, what else can you... How else do you argue that you don't love your kid or, right. or you don't know anything about your... You know, that, I mean, I guess that's the only real thing you can do. So. Yeah. That's, that's, his, that's his weak spot, I guess. Just the fact that he's never been around. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I just that's it. That's it. That's I think episode five, and found one of these nice episodes where they use the title "Lost" and then the show title to have a nice little cliche phrase. It's so clever. It's so clever. And by clever, I mean the opposite of clever. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the synopsis. Get ready for fun, guys. Son yes. is devastated when she loses her wedding ring. Well, who wouldn't be? Mm. Causing the survivors to band together to search for it. <laughs> all of them? <laughs> Did she really? She apparently, wow. she apparently got all 40-something lost away to help her look for it. <laughs> wow. God, these things are horrible. Okay. While wow. helping the Tailies gather food, Michael runs off in search of Walt. Jen and Mr. Echo set off to find Michael, only to encounter the others. Mm. What a sort of inaccurate statement that is. I guess they encounter the others, but... They do encounter the others. What, yeah. what do you think is inaccurate? Well, encountering the others is like when they come, you know, when, you know, when, uh, like, later when uh, they, they, they come head-to-head with them, you know, when you first see Tom, or the second time you see Tom. Hunting party. Hunting party, yeah. I mean, that's, that's encountering the others, too. Um, that's why I said it's a little inaccurate. What, 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 do you, what would you call what happened? Um, only to have an encounter with the others, maybe. Or maybe, or, or Jen and Mr. Echo set off to find Michael, uh, and, like are narrowly discovered by the, you know, or something like that. You know, I, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. It's a little little imprecise, I think. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so this episode, uh, you know, Sun is, um, this is obviously Sun and Jen's BS. And um, I really, I, you know, it's funny. Like, the first part, you know, Sun loses her wedding, 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 sorry, wedding ring. <laughs> God, I feel like Sun. Yeah. Um, oh, that was mean. And, um, it's so, you know, I don't know, you know, you know how we are. We don't really care about the romance and all the, like, heartfelt emotion, you know, of loss. Like, sorry, people who care about that stuff. It's just, that's not what's most intriguing. So when she's all up in arms about, you know, her wedding, wedding wing, (laughs) what's going on? Wedding ring. You can't say it anymore. I used to be, I don't have problems doing that stuff. Wedding ring. Uh, I think it's all the whiskey I've been drinking. Sorry. Uh, uh, I gotta get ready for the podcast party time. Oh, okay. Well, um, it's the only way they're fun. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, she's all crying about this, and I'm thinking, oh god, this is the best you guys can do is have us have her look for her wedding ring. Like, give us something a little bit more interesting than that. But whatever. Uh, but what I did want to say was I really liked. Um, is that is it this episode? With uh, <laughs> oh boy. 
Tell with, me what uh, you like. With, with, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Jen, Jen's about to go for his big job interview at the hotel, and he's uh-huh. he's with his roommate, I guess, Ty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that scene. I really like the the camaraderie they had and the sort of, you know, like just Jen, bachelor Jen with his roommate and just sort yeah. of fun and young. I really, I just really like how the scene played out and I like, I like just their interaction was really cool. And I was like, I could watch more of this, you know, like, I don't know, watch them go out in the town or something or, <laughs> I don't know, I really, I just really like yeah. that scene with them just, just sort of being... With Jin being totally different than he than he is on the than no, yeah. know, normal, it, he was know? very different. He was, was just weird fun and so like, like you know, yeah. He was just yeah loose. It's a very good term. He was just very loose and like, you know. And then his roommate and uh, all that stuff. Anyway, some of the some of the stuff they were talking about was really crazy, but yeah, I know. Uh, I, I was did reading we, a Destiny book today. I did like the Destiny book. That was really interesting. Um. So, but yeah. I, and I guess in terms of the Destiny book, if his friend Ty wouldn't have told him that you know love is orange or whatever, uh, then when he saw the lady in the orange, he wouldn't have turned around to sort of look at her longer. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. he, she probably would have caught his eye anyway. But he, you know, turned around and stared at her a little bit and think, mm-hmm. oh, orange or orange, <laughs> which is yeah, which, I know, which it's, is apparently Korean for orange. It's apparently not much different. Yeah. Uh, um, which makes Maybe me they think, didn't have that color. I don't yeah, know. which makes me think they didn't have that color in Korea. <laughs> and it's one is like iPod or something. It's just like it yeah. doesn't really change much. Anyway, um, so I guess if he if, if if Ty didn't tell him that, he would have sort of turned around like the lady, and you know, only to turn around and hit Sun. Which it's right. funny they both weren't watching where they were going. Yeah, how she ran into him, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's a really small thing I didn't need to mention. She pulled um, a Sawyer because she should. He was turned around at least. Like yeah. she should have seen someone right in front of him. For, but, ugh. you know, I have to say, just from a critical standpoint, uh, I actually, as far as Sun and Jin flashbacks, this one to me was one of the better ones. Oh, of course. Um, because uh, I, especially Jin's half of it. Do you know? I you know why it was better? I can tell you why? right. I guess the one reason why it's better. Can you guess? Uh. Because Sun and Jin weren't in it together. Oh! <laughs> they were separate flashbacks, you know? It wasn't about them, yeah. the, the two of them. It was about them separately. So it was a little bit yeah. more interesting. Maybe that was the key. But yeah. I just, like, the scene where he goes in for the interview and the guy's like, I thought I smelled fish on you. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> I like. I really like. And then he's like, "Don't let people like you in." And then like, yeah, and the he guy sn- comes yeah, up. he snips that he snatches the tag off the tie and like yeah. Oh god, yeah, the tag off the tie. That was such. Oh my god, what an ass. Yeah, he was awesome. He, he him and Randy would would get along well. Oh, if it wasn't for the language barrier, but they you know assholes probably speak the same language. So yeah, I know. Like God, I couldn't believe he did that because he knows why he did that. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know what? You're gonna have to pay for this, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it was. I think part of it was like it would have been worse if he snatched it off and then didn't give him the job. But I think Jen could probably, have, you know, he could obviously afford it more since he got the job. Yeah, yeah, that's. But true. I think that that's was, true. you know, I think that was part of it was, you know, he's probably gonna need that nice tie to wear to work or something. I don't know, but yeah, he had a uniform. Yeah, I know, but it's just, I don't know. 
And I just, I, I like that scene. I like how how horribly embarrassing it is to be a fisherman. I can barely relate to that. But it's uh, a definitely a class system, you know. It's definitely a yeah. class. And if you you grew up in the villages and and you you know that's the thing. He first off, he said, "What village are you from?" He already knew, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. He said, "You're obviously not from the city." <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think it's. I think it probably has to do with like a you know a how they speak thing too. He could yeah. probably tell. Yeah. Just like if someone was from the South, you can tell. Okay, you're not from, you know, New York City, buddy. You're from, you know, Georgia. But uh, one of the things I want to, you know, I like to catch little details this time around. And I did a freeze frame on Jen's uh, resume. And there's a couple things that are written in English uh, and, and of course, in just regular numbers. Uh, Jen was born in 74. This is old stuff. Anybody who was into season two when it was around already knows this stuff. This is totally old hat, but... I didn't. I didn't catch this the first time around. Maybe some of our listeners haven't. He's so basically he would be. Um, let's see. He was born in '74, so that'd make him what 32 right now. Um, currently, is that right? Is my math right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he actually has an email address listed on his thing <laughs> that I, I did a little googling, and apparently people were, people were trying to email it, and well, the email address all you see. It's uh, Jin Su. I think it's Jin Su 74 at Yahoo. Now, what mm. you don't get is the, the end of the domain. You don't know if it's .com or, as some people surmise, he's Korean. He would have a Yahoo Korean uh, account. Oh. I think it was com.kr. Oh, okay. um, so people, yeah. I think people tried to email the various you know, permutations of that, uh, and I don't think anyone ever got a real response. Um, and uh, but what was interesting was the account was created in like he he's got a profile. So if you go to profiles.yahoo.com/jinsu74, you'll get this profile, and everything's pretty much in Korean. And um, but what's interesting, I, I I don't remember the date exactly, but I think it was '99. Uh, the account was created before the show came on, but. And I, I oh, forgot the details. Sorry, guys. But one of the guys who has something to do with Lost or used to have something to do with Lost is now at Yahoo or something. So some someone random person on the internet surmised that that maybe they uh, you know got this account for the creators to use or something like that or or you, you know basically what I mean this account already existed either it already existed and you know the guy who's at Yahoo who used to be with Lost or whatever. You know, let the creators use this account, and he they sort of close the account or whatever. Because if you email it, you don't get you get like a error type response, um, or it's a situation where um, I don't remember what I was saying. What was the first thing I said? Uh, <laughs> Here's you're, the you're test. Trying ex- you're trying to explain. You're trying to explain the scenarios under which this account was created before the show. Yeah, came either on. yeah, either it was already there and they let them use it. Oh, that's right. Either it was already created a while ago, you know, before the show, and they he, they sort of let the creators take it over and use it, or just sort of close it for them to use, or um, it was created after the show, or you know, when the show was created. But they just went and technically rolled the date back, you know, with their, you know, because they can do that if they're Yahoo. Mm-hmm. So it was one of the two. Anyway, that's not a big deal. I don't know why we're talking about it, but I thought it was interesting with uh, Jen's email address. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even remember that we got a shot of that. So yeah, I, yeah, there's a shot. 
it, it went it went over my head. But I, yeah, that's something. Anytime they have a document, like you, I guess you have to look. I know uh, in that episode with uh, with Locke, where he has that detective look, uh, you know, look at uh, investigate his his mom. Uh-huh. There's you know there's some documents shown there. One of them's you know from Santa Rosa, so people know that she was there at one point and. You know, that was just another kind of little, like, document thing that yeah. kind of passes by quick. And so, they like to do that. So, for uh... amusement and uh, entertainment. What, uh... Hmm, hmm, hmm. Where do you want to go from here? Uh... <laughs> well, do you, do you have any, uh... I got some stuff. Because I, I think you, you've got... You, you should go. Okay. Let's talk about the others not leaving tracks. Because Please. Echo says they don't leave no tracks, buddy. Um, <laughs> wow, he's southern. <laughs> yeah, he's southern and said some extra stuff I didn't hear in the episode. Um, <laughs> this is my question, okay? First of all, there's been a lot of incongruities about the others and leaving tracks, okay? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. You know, who knows when they're going to do it. It's all a random occurrence, apparently. Yeah. And, yeah. Some Sometimes sometimes they leave tracks. Sometimes they don't leave tracks. And other times they leave, like, a hard-to-follow trail. Yeah. <sighs> so, so uh, here's the thing. I I can understand if the others, like... Okay, let's just take this case when, when you know, obviously... Um, Jen and Mr. Echo are going to look for Michael because he's run off to go find Walt... Uh, and they want to, you know, grab him before he gets killed or in trouble or whatever. So they're, they're, they're chasing him, and then all of a sudden Echo realizes the others are near, so they hide in this underbrush or whatever. And they see, you know, a group of others go by, along with a, what looks like at least one or, you know, at least one kid, but I think there was a couple kids, it seemed like. And, and first of all, I want to say, they were making all kinds of noise. They were, I heard, like, branches, you know, little branches breaking and, like, things breaking on the ground when they were stepping on it. Because they're stepping on it. Mm-hmm. It was sort of eerily quiet when they were walking by. But you could hear them. I mean, I could hear them breaking stuff. And I'm like, well, is that not a, does that not count as a trail when they're breaking, you know, stuff on the ground? Uh, that's usually what trails are, you know. And, yeah. um, but that aside, you know... I don't understand how they don't leave footprints or, or a trail because, I mean, I can understand if maybe the, 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 the adults don't do it because they've been trained to not do it. But how do, how do you make it where kids don't do it? How do you make it where those kids know what to do or what not to do to leave a trail or to not leave a trail? Well, especially if they've just been taken. Exactly. They've just been taken. Like, like did they, did they, do you take them? And then, and first of all, why are they even tracking kids across the jungle you would think yeah, they would keep the kids in, they, were supposed to be they would doing. yeah keep the kids in one spot or wherever they're supposed to be you know like it seems to me that that was just a shot so we could see the bear and then sort of like remember it mm-hmm. from or remember it later when we see it again and you know when the kid's still around i feel like that's i feel like that was just one of those oh wow kind of things where it doesn't really make any sense that they're traveling around with the kids. At least yeah, especially doesn't. since the idea that we get is that they obviously don't dress like that all the time. They obviously aren't doing that all the time. Right. And you would think they would have the kids wherever the kids are being tested or kept or whatever. And why would you need yeah. to track them across the jungle? Uh, that did, it didn't make a lot of sense. It just make any sense that, that the kids wouldn't leave footprints either. You know, I just are tracks yeah, either. Yeah, exactly. So. 
I just wanted to point that out because it was weird. Um, you know, I don't know if they're sp- if we're supposed to think they're trained not to do it, or they don't do it because they're mystical in some way, or or they have these powers that enable them to not do it. You know, they got some explaining to do with that. Hopefully, we'll we'll get that if they if they care. I I, I want to believe they're supernatural, but I don't. I, I I think I think the explanation is probably just they're supposed to be train not to leave is that what it you know, is or to leave as little trail as possible and uh and so that translates to they don't leave track but you know literally that can't be true because you can't unless they are extremely supernatural but to me if they're if they're supernatural enough that the ground doesn't <laughs> register them walking on they're, it they're, like, they're they're going against the laws of physics yeah, I feel like Henry Gale should have been able to escape, and uh, you know, well, Ethan all we can so say is that if he did escape, he wouldn't have left tracks. I think that's the only conclusion we can make. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. There's some. I think it's. I think that's one of the biggest incongruencies of the show is really the others in general, but specifically the track thing. Yeah. Um, okay. The other yeah, th- it's it's one of those on again, off again things. They they seem to use it when they want to, and forget about it when they don't want to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Different writers, I guess. Um, yeah. The other thing I want to because like oh sorry, you're still, I'm you're sorry. still talking just, about it. I'm ready to move on, I, but come on. What you I'm got? sorry. I'm sorry. I this is this is going ahead. Um, like like say when they first find Henry Gale, like he's another right. So when he's walking, I mean you get to see him walk a little bit, like. If they look at the ground, are they really not? Gonna I think see if tracks? I think when he's walking like that, he wouldn't be using whatever techniques is he would use in, in, in okay. another. Yeah, there would be sort of no need to. Right. Okay. Okay. I, so it's so it's not something that happens all the time. It's something they have to make an effort to do. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I would imagine. I mean, if if it's a trained skill, then they can do it when they want to, and then not when they don't. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing I want to point out that I thought was just mildly funny is that apparently no one, it's funny. Like if, if I mentioned, okay, say we're on the island, right? We were in a plane mm-hmm. crash, you know, we're one of the losties. And when the raft set out, you know, we knew that they had a bottle with the messages in it. So if, if, if I came to you, you know, a couple days later and I mentioned a bottle, you would, you would probably know right off what bottle I meant, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. So it was just funny. Here's this little line. This is when, you know, uh, was, who is it? Claire found the bottle, right? And comes to Sun. And this is the scene mm. where Sun is telling Kate. She goes, you know, uh, I'm sick of everyone saying he's all right. He's not all right. Claire found the bottle. Cut to Kate, looking stunned, looking puzzled. The one with the messages inside. Cut to Kate, still not getting it. The one from the raft. And then Kate goes, where is it? You know? It's this weird thing where... It's like, you should only have to say, Claire found the bottle, and then the one with the messages, but Kate still didn't get it, and then she goes, the one from the raft, and then it like dawns on her what she's talking about, and they do the exact same thing in the next episode um, with, um, with Shannon and Saeed, like Shannon, Shannon tells Saeed, we found the bottle, and then Saeed goes, the bottle with the messages that they brought with them? And I'm just like, it's, why are they so specific about this? And I guess it's for the audience's sake, I'm, yep, I'm assuming. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, that you have to be that specific. Like, if, if Shannon says we found the bottle, Saeed should know what he's ta- what she's talking about. But he goes, the one with the messages that they brought with him? 
I don't know. I just thought that was really, really way too specific. It's like, you know, it's like that TV show Ghost Rider, you know, where they they would they would spell things out, like literally spell things out sometimes just so the kids yeah. could understand. And yeah. it's and it's funny that they're doing this in the show because you think you can give people the benefit of the doubt that they that they would remember the bottle, you know, mm-hmm. from the thing. No, they don't. You know, I was just reading the other day a post um, by Greg Nations on the fuselage. Um, Greg with two G's because it's not Gregory. Exactly. About this topic, uh, not not that specifically, but they were basically asking about them sort of sort of over-explaining things that are obvious if you if you watch the show. Mm-hmm. And he said he said that they that they try to strike a balance because they know most people that watch the show aren't like hardcore fans and aren't sort of going to remember everything from I mean I know I forget stuff that happened yeah. I'm I consider myself a pretty big fan but every now and then I forgot you know whatever happened in season 1 and then they refer to it again and he said like they they throw in little treats for people who did see the early episodes but certain things they they want the audience everybody to get they they will sort of explain they say so the people who are hardcore fans kind of have to sit through this you know just so it can yeah. be more accessible. Well, it gives us on the podcast about anyway. Uh, yeah. What next? So I just I think it sound it sounds really silly and unrealistic, and I think it really is just it really is just them trying to bring in, trying to make sure more audience members, audience members who maybe didn't even see that episode, will will know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess so. I, so yeah. I, I don't. I don't like it either. I wish they could just say that, but you know. Uh, okay. Here's the other thing. When when Jen and Jen and Echo catch up with Michael, um, mm-hmm. you know he doesn't want to go, obviously. And then you know Michael's explaining they took my son. You know they took they took him right out of my hands. Right out of my hands. I'm not going back without him. And then Jen comes up and says, "You find Walt, Michael." And then which to me meant. You go find. I, we understand. You go find Walt. We're gonna go back with the other tailies, you know. But then, of course, Michael comes back with them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and it says here in the transcript, then the intention when when yeah. Jen says you find Walt, Michael, that it says in the little parentheses here. The intention here is you will find Walt, but you need to come with us now. And I just thought that was really weird for him to say you, f-, you know, because obviously, if anyone, I guess, a native English speaker says you find Walt. You know, it means you go find him now, <laughs> you know? Right. You know, and I just, um, I thought they could have done that a little bit better, you know? Well, what, no native English speaker would phrase it that way. Well, exactly. But, I mean, you think they could have put a will in there, you will find Walt, or... or if, he, if, he, if he was able to handle that tense, I would be pretty surprised. I, I think... I think him phrasing it that way is pretty realistic, actually. Really? I'm surprised he can say that much. Yeah, because it's pretty common. Like, people, people that I've encountered who aren't, who aren't native, native English speakers, and particularly from Asian countries, like, their, their, you know, their verb system is very different. It's not like Latin or whatever, which sort, it's sort of similar to what we do. It's totally different, and so the way they want to phrase things is the way they do phrase them. And so, you know... I, it, it comes out sounding strange, but I think I think this is well. He could he could just say that's fine. I agree. He could just say you find Walt, uh, and then say then say come us now. Like just right. just make it clear what the intention is because 
to me, it just seemed like it seemed disjointed that he that he seems to be telling him, you know, you go find Walt, you know, because he come, you know, Michael just said, I am not going back without him, and then Jen comes. Up, I mean, obviously, I guess Jen didn't really understand what that meant, but you know, yeah. that's the thing. Like Michael says, I'm not coming back without him, and then Jen basically seems to say, you go find him, but then Michael comes with him, so it seems like okay, this is weird. You know, I guess if if Michael didn't say, I'm not going back without him. Then I think it would be a little easier to understand what Jen meant, you know, because you, you're putting two opposite things together, and with yeah. and with what Jen said not being exactly, you know, accurate, right? You know? So I just thought that was weird. I guess it's just a. Uh, I'm just sort of surprised they did that too. Uh, I think they, you know, especially you know what you just said about them trying to get everybody on the same page. Um, you think yeah, they, I know. They could they could have made that a little bit more clear. I mean, it's a very very minor point, but. I think yeah. they could have made that a little bit more clear. Put in an extra word or put in another small sentence to make that clear what Jin really meant. But um, I don't know how he. I, 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 yeah, I don't know how he knows the what find means or the English word for. I find. know. To me, to me, it's even a stretch that he could say you find wall. Yeah, like that that's that's a real like it's weird. Jen is like unless he, he, but I can understand he's hearing Michael say I gotta find wall. I gotta find wall. You know, yeah, he's hearing find and wall a lot, so he just yeah. puts it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Michael does say it a lot. Yeah. Um. Although. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, that's all I got for this episode, buddy. We I know we got to sort of get through these fairly quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. We got three more episodes to get through, and uh, not a lot of time. Right. Yeah. No. I'm. That's fine. I'm ready to move on. Oh, you don't have anything else about this episode? I don't. Cool. So, really episode six, abandoned. <clears throat> this was the best episode ever. Except for all the other episodes uh, that they have on the show. I've said that before. I know. I know. Yeah, I remember saying that. This um, one was really not the worst episode. An intimate an intimate evening between Saeed and Shannon is interrupted by a brief sighting of Walt. Claire worries about her parenting skills and tells Locke some troubling information about Charlie. <sighs> there it is, again, being very in- imprecise. Anna Lucia and Mr. Echo lead their party on a trek to unite with the rest of the survivors just as Shannon heads into the jungle to look for Walt. Their paths cross, leading to a tragedy. Mm, I knew they were going to say tragedy. Well, what else would it be? It's Shannon! Shannon Rutherford! (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Rutherford? Um, Shannon Gerard. No. Anyway, uh, what did you think about this episode? What did I think? Yeah, um, wasn't it boring as hell? <laughs> yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was I okay. mean, I, I think I think Walt appearing is really weird, and uh, this is to me this is more just more it like he appeared once, and it's like all right. Maybe they just threw that in there, but he appears twice in this episode, and the second time Saeed sees him, and uh, they never did anything with that, and it's really disconcerting, because it's, I mean, are we just going to have to sit here and, like, just, you know, are we supposed to just say, oh, he just appeared, and, you know, 
Oh, well, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the thing, you know, I think people have translated what Walt has said. Uh, uh, I'm just reading here, because apparently it's really, it's just been backwards pretty much. Yeah. Uh, apparently when when she sees him, which I guess is the second time, right? Because when when she sees him in the tent, that's the second time. Right. Um, after the post-coital. Um, yes. Um... Apparently he says they're coming and they're close, uh, which is not exactly true, right? Because <laughs> they don't actually come. Uh, the what others. does he mean by they? The, well, Maybe the other the tail section. Why would he tell Shannon that? <laughs> and why would he be scared? He seemed to be scared. He was saying that he's not well. I mean, she can't understand him because he's speaking backwards, so his his information is useless anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. That's why, that's why, since he says it backwards, I consider those lines not, not a part of the show. What? Not um, a part of the show? Yeah. I, I consider it not relevant what he says. The writers took the time. You mean you mean because it's such a small thing, or not a small thing, but like it's, you know, like the shark with the Dharma logo. You think like that doesn't mean anything either? No. What what I'm trying to say is, I'm not saying it didn't happen. Of course. I'm I'm saying that it's not a part of the show in the sense that it doesn't matter what he said. He he, in the context of the show, he just he just said some some weird garbled thing and it doesn't matter what he said i think yeah i would agree to the point that it doesn't necessarily matter what he said so much as how he said it and the situation regarding that you know the fact that he sort of appeared there yeah is the most important thing not specifically what he said i would agree that, with that yeah that's all i'm trying to say okay I mean, yeah like the fact that he appeared and the way he was behaving and the fact that he's wet uh I think those are all sort of relevant. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll buy that. Yeah, it's just because I think if they... I mean, I think they expected that people would figure out what he's saying and all that, but I think if it were really important what he was saying, we would be able to understand him. Well, I, I feel like it also could be the case that they, they put it backwards, you know, so that it would be hard for people to understand, but nevertheless, it might it might be important, or it might come... I mean, obviously, it doesn't seem like it's come to anything, but... Um, I think just because it's backwards doesn't mean it's not important. Um, because they, they put little clues in there that, you know... See that? But that's the thing. They they do go to the trouble. If it, if it is really important, they will yeah. make it clear. They'll make it like, clear. In the long run, they'll make it clear, though. So that's right. the thing. It might not have come to anything yet. Right. Um, they've still got I mean, time. Presumably, you know, as we said many times, somehow we'll understand more about what was going on with Walt once we go behind the scenes with the others and uh and maybe maybe that trip will somehow illuminate his appearances yeah um i i i really can't imagine how but uh that's that's all i can hope for because it's just so bizarre i mean it's 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 this this is like purely supernatural like the stuff with the others whispering and all that, you can you can explain that away all you want, but this is just too ridiculous to not be supernatural. Yeah. You know? So, I just... Go ahead. Oh, well, no, go ahead. You're, you're talking. 
No, no, no. I was, I was, I was out of steam. Oh. Go ahead. Um, I guess that's why I sensed that. Um, I was just going to say, I think what ruins it for me, as far as it being 100% supernatural, even though I think it is, is the third time Shannon sees him and she chases after him and he, and he sort of runs away. You know, I felt like if it was really supernatural, he would have just sort of disappeared or something. Or, or, I mean, even if we didn't, you know, I don't even think we needed to necessarily see him disappear. But the fact that he, like, we saw him physically run away just sort of takes it out, takes the steam out of that for me. Because if it was really supernatural, he could just disappear or stay there and he's really not there. And, you know, he's, you know, she could pass her hand through him or something like that, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be crappy. Um, I just, I, but, well, but, I just don't okay. like the fact that he ran away. I just don't like I, that. I actually like that, but I, I think the third time he appears is different from the first two. In what way? Um, He seems to be really there the third time. <laughs> Whereas the first two times, there's no way he was there. Well, see, that's the literally. thing. I think, I think the fact that he ran away helps to make it seem like he was really there. Yeah, I agree. You know, and... That's what takes it out of me for for the for all three occurrences to be being supernatural. What about the first two? Well, the first I, two seem supernatural because he just appeared out of nowhere and then disappeared. Well, you exactly. Didn't, you, didn't, so, you didn't see him run away. Right. So what what I'm saying is I'm willing to buy that the third one wasn't wasn't supernatural, but I think the first two. I don't been. think there's any way he would have got out of the other's custody, physically. I don't think there's any way. That he was really there. First of all, how would he find the camp? Okay, by hold, on, hold on, hold on. Now I'm really confused. I thought you were saying, oh boy. So, so you you were you were saying the third appearance wasn't supernatural, but you're saying he's also not really there. So. No, no, I'm saying the third appearance ruins it for me having all three being supernatural because the third one seems like he was really there because he physically ran away. I'm saying I really wish they would have had. Either cut away from him, and he's you know when we cut back, he's not there or something. I don't like the fact that he ran away, you know, because it it takes it out. It doesn't make it seem like it, that specific occurrence was supernatural. But I I don't think that. Okay, I guess I, I'm trying to make this clear. I I think it was supernatural specifically because I don't think he was really there. Because I don't think there's any way he. First of all, he would have got out of the other's custody, and secondly, I don't think he could have found his way by himself. From where the others' camp is, wherever they were holding him, to the lost, uh, the, the the lost away's camp. I don't think there's any way a little boy could find his way uh, by well, himself. And and specifically, you know, that specifically, like you know, even if he did escape, they would have known very quickly. Not you know that he escaped. Plus, you know, they would have known how to get there faster than he would. So I don't know. I just don't think that. He, he really w- would have been able to escape. So I don't really think he was there, but what I'm saying is it's an inconsistency. You know, it sort of takes it out because he did physically run away, which makes it seem like he was really there. So hopefully that... Hopefully I cleared... I clarified what I meant. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying now? Well, yeah, but I don't... Uh, I, I, I guess. Um, I don't but, think... But aside yeah. from your criticism or whatever, I'm just getting at... You agree at least you agree the first two are supernatural, right? Or clearly supernatural. I believe the first two clearly seem supernatural. Okay. I believe the second one seems mostly supernatural. I mean, I'm sorry, the third one seems mostly supernatural. I I agree. If he didn't, if we didn't see him physically run away, then I think it would be wholly supernatural. But but I mean, all I was saying was 
that that it's it, that it's a supernatural occurrence, and it only needs to happen one time. For the other time that that you don't like as much, like forget about that. Just you know, just when he appears in the tent, for instance, like it's it's. I guess I guess you can fit it in with uh, Locke's dad appearing, uh, or or some of the whose dad some appearing. Of the, Jack's dad? Jack, Jack's dad appearing. Uh, wow, am I going to do a Jack Locke thing like you do Walton Locke? Walton Locke? I just can't. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, Jack's dad appearing and, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know, the well, horse maybe. Jack's or... dad isn't dead. I mean. <laughs> what? Walt isn't dead. <laughs> okay. I understand he's not dead, but but... I, I just mean that I just mean that they're both like supernatural appearances okay. of someone who shouldn't have been there. I mean, there there's differences. It's not the same situation. Yeah. But well, like, I think they're 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 wholly different, and I think I think you know we've seen other people who should be dead on the you know appear on the island versus what Walt. I think what Walt is doing is different. You know, the fact that he was wet, I think, is important. The fact that he was talking backwards is important. You know, Jack's dad didn't do any of that stuff. So I think I think they're specifically different uh, situations. I'm not saying they're the same thing. Yeah. What I'm saying okay, is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Finish your point. What I'm saying is there's what I'm saying is they're both supernatural occurrences. Yes. And so so I guess what I was saying is maybe it just fits in cuz I what I, my original point was supposed to be like this is this is a crazy supernatural occurrence that I think explaining by science would be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, which by that I mean like real, actual science, yeah, not some sort of weird crackpot theory. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, because it seems like the others, the others are like, you know, they seem a little supernatural sometimes, but when you really get close to them, they seem pretty not supernatural. Yeah. You know, but this specific they're thing, uh, they're future natural, right? <laughs> I don't like that one that much, but they're future natural. <laughs> that sounds really yeah. Gross. Uh, wait, it's soup. It's fooper. Fooper natural. Oh, sorry. What did I say? Future. Future. I don't know. <laughs> That's fooper, what I said. Really na- yeah, fooper natural. That's fooper. even fooper natural's worse. <laughs> fooper natural. Ugh. Yuck. Yuck! I don't know. I guess. I guess I, I'm. I'm kind of losing my own point. But yeah, I, I guess the idea is. I. I wonder if it just fits in with all the dreams and visions and stuff that other people have had. And it's just like it's just a weird thing that happened on the island, and it's not. It. It's not going to be explained literally. Well, see, I think. I think some of the other supernatural things, as far as like Jack's dad, I think can be explained by Smokey. You know, I think I think Smokey fits in with what's going on with that stuff. Okay. Uh, I don't think uh, when we saw Walt that that was Smokey. You know, or anything. I agree. It like that, that didn't make it. And I think Walt had a very specific purpose. Jack's dad. You know, the the the, the, the that uh, he saw him once in the distance, and I think the second time he actually sort of followed him. Yeah. And then you know, but it was like a very specific thing that was happening. It seemed like Walt was trying to communicate with Shannon for a very specific reason. And it didn't seem like that was happening with Jack and his dad. Like, his dad was just sort of there. And then he's, yeah. then he's not there anymore. We haven't seen anything from him since. So I feel, like, I feel like Walt was doing something specific, trying to communicate with Shannon for whatever reason, you know, to tell her they're coming or whatever. 
you know, uh, I believe one of the, the other times she says he, I don't have a transcript here, but I believe he's, I read that he said something about not opening the hatch or don't go into the hatch. I believe that's what I read one time. Yeah, yeah. No, the first time he appears in Man of Science, Man of Faith, he says, if I remember correctly, uh, don't push the button. The button is bad. That's what he says. That's what he says. See, he's coming for very specific reasons, which makes me think, you know, he's on the island somewhere. He's got this ability to project himself somehow, and he's coming for, you know, a very specific reason. Um, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, yeah. Um, what do you mean? Not pushing the button. Bad advice at this point. I think it's good advice. You know how much trouble they would have been saved if they, if they didn't push the button or didn't go into the hatch? And the world destroyed itself? I guess so. I guess that would have saved a lot of trouble. Well, obviously the world didn't sort of destroy itself, so... Because of the failsafe, but they don't know about the failsafe. Did you see, did you see the end of season two? Yeah, but it was that was the failsafe. They didn't let if they, at this point if they didn't push the button, they wouldn't know about the failsafe, and the magnet would have just kept getting stronger and is, stronger. Well, who? Is, but is that really true? I mean, first of all, let's put a little bit of, of science, common science sense in here. Something I just made up. Uh, there's no such thing as infinite energy, so you know, I, I just I really don't believe the magnet would have got stronger. It doesn't stronger. have to be infinite to destroy a world. True, true, but I just don't believe that this magnet would get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and destroy the world. I mean, that just doesn't... I will never buy that unless they unless somebody says it in the show and we see it for real. Like, I will never matter, buy it. If it doesn't matter, then what was the big fuss about? If it's harmless, then what's the big fuss about? I'm just saying, I don't, I, I don't know. The failsafe could be, could be part of I the mean, whole thing that's going doing on. doing stuff, right? It was, mean, it, was definitely, it. it was definitely charging up. It was definitely attracting things. But it's just like the it's just like the countdown. It's like, oh no, we got to press it at one oh eight or else. But then you had a little leeway there when when the when the hieroglyphics came up, you know. Yeah, it was charging up, and it seemed like it was really going to do something. But who's to say that five minutes later it wouldn't have just dissipated? You know, like if that's what happened, why even have a failsafe? I'm hey, there's so many things going on. I can't explain everything. I don't really. I mean. It, they went back and forth between is it real, is it a psychological experiment, is it real, is it not? And I'm just saying there could be another level there to where if they don't push the button, you get the hieroglyphics, and then if you still don't press the button, you know, it starts charging up. And if, if don't, and if you know about the failsafe and then you don't do the failsafe, you know, who's to say that it won't just end? And it won't say, congratulations, you've passed the Dharma Swan test. You know, like you didn't believe us at any step along the way, and even in the end, when it looks like all hell was breaking loose, you still didn't, you know, do the fail save. It crashed the plane. It crashed the plane. I mean, that's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. I will totally buy that. I will totally buy that. I mean, it's really my natural skepticism. I mean, I really should just believe what the show has has sort of proven this far, and just believe that you know it really would have destroyed the world. But I just, I, I don't want to wholeheartedly believe that. I, I think there's too much going on okay. to, to just say well, that. So, right. if, so if, I, if I'll I agree, I'll agree that that's, that it is bad advice, I guess, because if, from what we've seen, it, the world would have been destroyed. But I don't know. I feel like Walt, Walt sort of knew the truth when he said that, but maybe he didn't. So I don't know. Well, okay. Even if the world wouldn't have been destroyed, like, let's say... They didn't press the button, and what happened in the season two finale happened. I mean, 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm bad about that. Sorry. Where, uh, you know, where, you know, metal stuff starts flying, and then eventually the magnet's so strong it destroys the computer, the counter, all of the equipment, uh, and everything, you know, basically everything in the hatch it could destroy. Like, you could at least, could you at least buy that based on what we saw? That it could have destroyed everything in the hatch? Yeah. Yeah, here's this, this is the thing I was going to question. Like, it destroyed a plane that was however many thousands of miles up in the air. Um, you know, it brought that plane <laughs> down. But it didn't affect anything else in the island. Like, none of the magnetic stuff, none of the, you know, the, the part, the their little huts and stuff they build out of parts of the fuselage, none of the yeah. watches that they're wearing, none of that stuff was affected, yet it I, brought the plane down. I'd also like to mention that when Desmond didn't push it, that was when the plane came down, but... During that time, it didn't hurt the computer equipment. It didn't destroy the clock. Yeah. It, it wasn't as bad as when Locke didn't push it. And yet, it did bring a plane down. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe the magnetic energy is sort of, you know, pointed upwards or something. I don't know. But yeah. um, I, I'm just saying there's a little bit room in there. I'm still, I'm still on the fence. I mean, how many times did they go back and forth with Is Henry and Other? You know, and they went as many times as that with is the is the button real or not? And, and I think there's still a little bit of room to say it, it it seems to be real, but would it really have destroyed the world? Dharma could have been wrong. I mean, yeah, they they put the failsafe in there or whatever, but they could have been wrong about how big of an effect it would have had. So that's all. That's all my. That, that's all my point is. If that were true, that would that'd be extremely disappointing. Um, but. I think I think it's one of those things, just like with Henry Gale being another, where after Saeed came back and said, you know, I dug up the grave and blah blah blah, everybody was rushing around to say, oh well, he's still not another. You see, the the guy there was blah 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 and blah. You know, yeah. You if you want to, you can wiggle your way out of it. But I think what's in the show points to that, and furthermore, um, you know, what the creators are saying points to that. True, so, I, I I totally buy it. I totally buy it. But my, I'm just, I'm just skeptical about. And it's like, who, who's the yeah. one who said it was going to destroy the world? Who said it? I mean, Rosinski told Calvin, who told Desmond, who told everybody else. I mean, that's all much. we, that's all we've got to go on is pretty someone much. said it's going to destroy the world. You know, no, no, no sort of scientific, you know, proof has been shown that it that that it has that much power and that True. much energy. You know, uh, and I just don't, and that's the thing, the amount of energy it would take to literally destroy the world in, in the way of a magnet so strong that, you know, I think the, I think the circumference of the earth is 24,000 miles, uh, and it's like, you know, something, you know, on the other side of the earth, 12,000 miles away, a magnet so strong that it would pull that towards it, the amount of energy that it that it would need is just, it's astronomical, and I know it's a TV show, so I really shouldn't put too much. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say, like, I don't think it's realistic. Uh, but, but I, I feel they, like in the context of the show, that's supposed to be true. True. I just think you have to ground when you when you talk about something. I don't know. I think you have to ground it somewhere, you know. And, and when you're dealing with forces of nature, I think you have to you have to draw the line somewhere, you know. But it's a TV show. I shouldn't really. I shouldn't really do that, but I think you got. Yeah, I don't think I. I think maybe good writers believe that, but I don't think all writers do. And so, so you you say I'm a good writer. Well, (laughs) I like that. I'm gonna let's let's just agree that that's true and move on. (laughs) 
I guess I did. Uh, and I'm not saying they're not good writers or whatever. And I agree, it's not 100% concrete. It just, it just seems, it just seems intuitively true. And like everything the creators have said has sort of confirmed it. And and if you sort of learn to read uh, between lines with them, can, they what? Can I just say JJ also says season two was the best finale ever. <laughs> I mean, right. they say stuff just to say stuff sometimes. All right, but I will point out like. You know, when, when Damon dropped that thing about Henry being another, that was true. And he, on the season two DVD, is describing, uh, he describes this this magnet as being, you know, something that uh, that is that is sort of extremely powerful. And that the hatch is this sort of pathetic attempt to control it. And so, if you, I mean, if... I just think I just think it's it's not an unreasonable. Uh, I agree. I agree. And for the record, I'll buy it. I just the skeptic in me is just saying that <laughs> yeah, it I shouldn't understand. be true, but it's a TV show. What can I do? I have to say, I think it's good that you're that skeptical because I think I think most people will will just buy what they what they want you to believe, and mm-hmm. then and then they'll deceive you, and they do that a lot. Yeah. And I'm the first person to fall for that stuff, so. I mean, it's good that you're doing that, you know, whatever. I, I still, obviously, I always think I'm right, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, but I will whatever. agree, I will agree that, you know, I haven't seen that thing where Damon was talking, but I will agree that that's where the show is leading us, and that's the conclusion they want us to have, and it <clears> seems <throat> like the reasonable conclusion based on what we've seen, so I'll agree that that's probably true, but I'm just saying it, it shouldn't be true, but, uh, that's, that's okay. neither here nor there. Um, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. So, so um, back to abandoned. Back to uh, abandoned. Thanks for the when that's going to tangent, guys. Uh, yeah, that was that had nothing to do with abandoned. Uh, I don't really how, remember how we got on that. Uh, I think well, it was, it was because of Walt's Walt. appearances. Yeah. Okay. That, that was, so my yeah. only point about that was I just wish, from a show creation standpoint, that they would not have let us see Walt run away, unless, you know. They were trying to say that third appearance he was really there. That's all. Oh, I can... oh that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna mention something about that. I don't. I don't think that he like snuck out and like showed up. The others were around during that time, so I feel like he was. If he was there, I feel like he was with the others. Like Alex is with the others sometimes. You know, he that, was that... with the. Why would he be with the others though? Like they they brought him. They brought him. Why? So he could escape. They 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 brought him to try to make Anna Lucia shoot Shannon. I I really don't know, but that would be my explanation for why he was there. But, Not that he escaped. But even if he was there, he he escaped their custody. You know what I mean? Even if he was there, they wouldn't let him just run off in the jungle by himself. You know, there would be some as important as he seems to be to them. There would be somebody watching him, unless. Unless they engendered this whole thing, which doesn't, which I don't think they did. It doesn't really make any sense, you know, like how they could know that she was going to shoot him and all this stuff. And I don't really think the others were physically there. You know, sometimes you hear the whisperings and they they show up, and sometimes you hear the whispers and they don't show up. You know, and and I think that was one of the times when they weren't physically around. We heard well, the whispers for whatever, and we could have heard the whispers because Walt was around or Walt. The, the re- Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm done. Sorry, uh, I didn't. I didn't mean to. Remember. The reason I say they're really there is because they took Cindy like immediately before this. They did, and and that goes to my next point. Why take Cindy now? 
I have no idea. They they didn't take her in the beginning. They didn't take her all the many times. But then all of a sudden, you know, they just. I mean, I think they only took Cindy to have Anna Lucia be up in arms about what's going on, so she could shoot Shannon. I yeah. think Cindy's disappearance is totally a show thing, um, and because yeah. it, it makes no sense that they would wait that long to take her. Obviously, she's not a good person or whatever reason. They didn't want her the first forty-eight mm-hmm. days. They could have taken her, right? You know, um, right. Yeah, it was really it was the when she got taken was really weird too. It's like Cindy's there, Cindy's there, yeah, Cindy's there, and then the next shot yeah. she's not there. And, no... and we've never seen a situation like that where the others sort of come out of nowhere and take somebody. I mean, obviously yeah. when they you know when we saw them take the lo- the the, the tailies that night, you know, we saw them come into the camp. Yeah, we saw them take, and it was pretty obvious when they were taking people. Right. You know, I mean, you could hear screams and muffles and like you know people yeah. being taken. But when Cindy disappears, it's absolutely out of Sin- nowhere, you know. Yeah. Well, same story with Walt and Claire. I mean, when they were taken, it was clear who was taking them and, yeah. you know, what was going on. It's never been that weird thing where they just disappear yeah. out of nowhere. That, that that thing was weird. It makes me think they just, that actress was just going to leave or whatever. Because it just seems like such a crappy, like... Unless Cindy was another... Writing device. Yeah, I know. Lots of people believe that. She was a flight attendant. I don't think she's another. I don't hey, buy any other was on the plane. Maybe she was smoky. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Cindy died in a cla- crash and she's smoky. Um, I, uh, anyway, that was supposed to be my, that was supposed to be my defense for why the others were really there. I see. I agree. I agree. It seems like they were there because they did take her. So I'll buy that. Um, um, but, but why they? they I don't. Out, I don't buy so. that they would have Walt with them. I just don't understand why they would. Yeah, do that. they were traveling with those other kids, and though. that doesn't make any sense either. <laughs> well, I agree, but <laughs> I, he shouldn't be with them. I'm just saying, like, that's how I would explain it if I had to. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want that to be true, but because it doesn't, it really doesn't make any sense, but. But I, I do I do like the running away just because it, it makes it sort of ambiguous. Uh, oh, I, you would. Yeah. I know. So the other thing I wanted to mention was a weird incongruency. Uh, is that a word? I keep using that today. I hope it's That's a word. Right. I'll um, take it. <laughs> um, you know, right after Cindy gets, ta- get, gets taken, um, Aunt Lucia's like, okay, we got to go find her. And Echo says, no, if we split up, we're going to give them what they want. Which I assume means, <laughs> I don't really know what he meant by that, but I assume that means if we split up, they're going to be able to take us easier, uh, right? Is that the correct assumption that we're supposed to have? Um, I really didn't think that's what he meant. Well, uh, what did you think he meant? I, I guess I took that comment like, um, I took that comment like when people say, you know, well, if we don't go to Starbucks and get coffee, then the terrorists win. You know, that's what they want. They want us to, they want to disrupt our lives or whatever. Like, I feel like he's saying if we split up and start running around and whatever, then, you know, since they're our enemies, whatever, that's what they, they want us to be, like, disorganized and spread out and sort of, you know, I, I feel uh, like that's, what, that's the way I took it. Well, I, just, I don't want to buy that explanation because... It didn't seem like he was meaning if we, you know, because that would that would be true. I would buy that if if he was if if the assumption was they were going to split up forever, you know, 
Like, they, they wouldn't be split up forever. They've been split up for a very short amount of time. Either they find Cindy, you know, soon, or they, they're not going to spend that much time looking for Cindy. Nobody cares about Cindy. So, I just, you know, I don't buy that because that, that'd be a weird assumption for him to think that, okay, Anna Lucia's going to go run off to find Cindy, and we might, you know, and we'll never see her again, and we'll be split up just like the others want, you know. I really think the only thing he could really mean is that, you know, if they split up, I just, I don't know. My assumption was... You know, we split up, we give them what they want means, you know, if they're if they're alone, that they are, I don't even know. But she goes, anyway, because Anna Lucia goes, I'm going after her. He goes, no, we stay together, we split up, we give them what they want. Then she says, um, this is all your fault, we should never have gone through the jungle. You risked our lives to save him and he's already dead. This one's on you. Um, anyway, my point, <laughs> I don't know what my point was, um... My point was, if, 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 if he meant, you know, if we split up, it's going to be easier for them to take us, then I thought that was a weird assumption because Anna Lucia had, had already made the point earlier that they can take them whenever they want. Uh, you know, like when they took Cindy, you know, when I, what I call the, the one gun, one bullet speech. Uh, oh. And if you think that one gun and one bullet is going to stop them, then think again. So shut your mouth and keep moving. They took a lot of things. I'm going to say this slow because it means I need more. I love it. Um, Anyway, I guess let's move on because I don't even know what he meant by that. And I think it's just a throwaway line. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, they didn't really want any of the people that are left besides Echo himself. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's well, weird that they didn't want Bernard. I, I want to know if he's not good. For man, Bernard, you don't know what he did. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe Bernard is the real Sawyer. Oh God! Oh no! I'm not More a doctor, but I'm a con there. man. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh jeez! So um, the con is on Rose, and it's a really long con where he makes her believe he's a dentist, and then like God. twenty years later he takes her money. Bernard, I've never seen you go to dental school. What are you doing? So I, I just wanted to mention again that when we see Wall or when we hear the whispers, it says disembodied whispering voices again. Mm. Um, whispering voices this time, huh? Well, it's, it said that last time. Oh, okay. I thought you said it was just disembodied voices. No, who remembers? Okay. So, um... Sorry. Oh, the other thing when Walt appeared that third time, why did he tell Shannon to be quiet? I don't know. He did a sh- the first time he appeared, too, in yeah. Science Man of Faith. And, like, to me, it's just one of those things that people do it's when It's kind of they... creepy. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of creepy. I-, I don't feel like it means anything. I don't feel like he was really telling her to be well, quiet. I thought literally. I thought he was sort of telling her to be quiet because... Like, he, he had some inkling that she might get shot or that, you know, or that, you know, Anna Lucia and them were around or something. I don't know. I just, that, that thing about shush and then, you know, she gets shot because she starts making a lot of noise, you know, um, that was just a weird coincidence to me. Yeah, I mean, I would believe that more if he hadn't done it the first time. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. You know, it just seems like something he likes to do. Like, shh, I'm, I'm a vision. Maybe like, don't... shut up. I'm trying to tell you something. Stop yeah. talking to me. Yeah, I I can't. I mean, I I kind of thought the same thing, but I just it just doesn't. I don't know. All right, buddy, Ugh. what you got for this episode? We need to move it. 
Oh, oh, I don't know. What do I have? Uh, oh, boom, he's back. Whatever. Um, oh, that whole up. thing with Shannon's BS and, like, the mom not giving... That was horrible. Oh, my God. Like... Nobody help me, Shannon. Some people need to work. You'll be better off for it. Like that was that was awful. I mean, the fact that you know Shannon's stepmom obviously knows that um, you know that the the her dad would want her taken care of, especially since it's her dad's money. Mm-hmm. You know, and and to specifically not take care, help you know, help Shannon, you know, at least somewhat was really just despicable to me, you know, just really, even, you know, whatever problems you guys may have had in the past, that's just so despicable, and especially in a dire, you know, a situation like that where her dad just died, yeah. you know, and she's left without without any sort of real family, you know, biological family at least, and, uh, you know, and, and to say, hey, you know what, you're on your own, literally, she says that. Right. Um, I just thought that was horrible. I felt really bad for Shannon at that point. And I, I really want to give a little applause to um, whoever plays Shannon. I don't remember her name. Maggie Grace. Yeah, to Maggie Grace, because she's graceful. Uh, I, think she, I thought she did a really good job playing the younger Shannon. Uh, she, she, she came off very differently in this flashback than she does normally. Uh, she's sort of pre-bitchy pre Shannon and pre... You know, because I think you can tell, like... You know, if you put the pieces together with her backstory, you know, she was sort of, you know, young and sort of, you know, very sort of, you know, good, well-mannered and good-natured type of person. Yeah. And not the bitch she became, you know. And then, of course, her dad dies. She's left without nothing. You know, she had this, you know, aspiration to go do the dance thing and her, you know, her dream was shattered. And then, of course, you know, the other part of her backstory that we've seen before is that she, in order to get money, she sort of cons Boone out of money. Right, you know, and and you can see that um, that progression pretty pretty clearly, clearly, and it's really the stepmom's fault that she becomes the person that she becomes, this sort of seemingly useless, you know, bitchy, uh, self-centered person, you know, right. and, it, and it's sort of out of this. It's almost noir, you know. It's like she her dreams were shattered, and she became you know this sort of you know despicable person because of that. Right. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. A little, you know, sort of subtle, but, but you know, they didn't hit us over the head with it. But that True. Was nicely, I thought it was nicely done. I partially blame the dad for not having a will. But you blame everybody for things, you know. It's it's Anna Lucia's fault that the baby died because she shouldn't have been working and like. Well, no, I mean it's the dad definitely should have had a will, but he was in a car accident you know so but when you're really rich like that you gotta have a will even if you don't think you're gonna oh that's the thing she said they didn't have a will they had a living trust yeah which is which is obviously something different so he did have a way he was thinking about you know his 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 future you know the future after he's dead but he just didn't specifically leave anything for shannon i guess he thought that the mom would take care of him yeah, if he if he thought that and he didn't pick up that that she hated Shannon, like that to me that was just a bit of an. I mean, I I don't like really blame him a hundred percent, but I I just feel like if he really wanted to take care of Shannon, he he should he he should have taken more steps than just putting in the hands of this woman that he really I should think, know doesn't like. I Shannon. think I can I can imagine the stepmom convincing him not to do a will. And convincing him to do a living trust and, and saying, you know, I'll take care of Shannon, of course. I love her. She's my stepdaughter. I can see her being that being that way and basically convincing him not to do it. 
I mean, of course, it's speculation. We didn't get that flashback. Yeah, but uh, okay. I could I could see Sabrina doing that. She was a bitch. She was a bitch. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I, that stuff is well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just thought I, I just liked the way her it was done, and you could uh, I don't know if you picked it up, but she was, you know, she was acting younger. She just seemed she seemed like a different person in those flashbacks. I agree. I yeah, I agree. I mean, it didn't occur to me consciously, but uh, yeah, that's the thing. It was very subtle. It was. It was not, I think it was really nicely done. Nicely yeah, done. upon reflection, that's true. She really was quite different from both from the island, the current island version, and like the original island version. Yeah, she was the, the total bitch. Total uh, bitch. And yeah, it was a. Uh, it was. It was the old innocent Shannon before she got corrupted. You know. Yeah. 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 So what else you got, buddy? You ready to move on? Uh, I think so. I'm going to say yes. Episode 7. We're almost done, guys. The other Ooh. 48 days. Probably the, the best episode uh, next to, what, Man of Science, Man of Faith? Um, at, at least in this in this first eight. Oh, okay. In the first eight, sure, yeah. And, of course, you got to love orientation for the orientation film. Yeah, definitely. That so, was a good one. I mean, the first three yeah. episodes are pretty, like, one long episode. Yeah, they really are. With the same scene. Exactly, a few times. So, the other 48 days. A tranquil tropical day is shattered when the tail section of Oceanic Flight 815 <laughs> crashes into the, into the water. <laughs> oh, the 23 survivors from the tail section endure attacks by the others that lead to paranoia and infighting. After finding Jin, Michael, and Sawyer on the beach, the, ta- the tailies trek through the jungle to their fateful encounter with Shannon. That's all they have to say about this episode. Wow. That's it? Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, I love it. What was a tranquil... Tranquil tropical day. Like, all, you know, the sand was doing just fine before they landed, you know? Like, just... the trees are swaying happily before their day was interrupted by the... Tail section of the plane. I just I love that phrasing. It sounds like a like a like a kid song or something. It's a <laughs> tranquil tropical day. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna jump on that with you, but I had nothing. Okay, fair enough. I really don't have anything either. But it just it just it sounds like a it's not. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I did want to say I did love that opening scene. Uh. When you just you, I mean, I guess that's I guess it's really describing how you feel because it is sort of tranquil and you're you're watching this beach scene, and then you see something moving, and that moving thing's going pretty fast, and then <laughs> splash, you know, like it hits. And I thought that was really cool. I did. Uh, this is this is probably one of my favorite episodes just because it's just like the pilot but different. You know, yeah, like there's different, exactly. different, you know, different um, perils, different things are going wrong and different, you know, obviously different people and different uh, ways of handling things. Um, right. You know, so this episode was, I think, I think, you know, there's a lot to talk about here when we hopefully come back and do a real retrospective. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, I love Echo, you know, grabbing all the bodies out of the water and all that stuff. Because, you oh, know, yeah. someone sort of had to do it. You know, and I, I it was, yeah. that was just sort of a, a hard thing to, you know, sort of decide to do. And there's a lot going on here. But I guess I should just uh, start with my notes. Um, uh, just uh, before you, before you do that, just real quick. Yeah. Um, this, uh... 
Yeah, I just I just want to say yeah, like this first part, it really it I thought the same thing. It was like it was like we're reliving the pilot, but with different people and, mm-hmm. and you know different situations. But it was just it was all very similar because it's a plane crash on a beach and it starts out sort of nice and tranquil and then it gets horrific really quick. Yeah, you know and. Uh, yeah, it was just it was weird. It just seems like it seems like a new beginning. This episode was really them stepping out of the of the norm, you know, not dealing with any of the main characters from from the first season. Yeah. And and so, you know, this is the kind of episode that could just be awful or really good. And Definitely. Uh, luckily they pulled it off. So anyway, I just want to say that from sort of a critical standpoint. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So go and ahead. I, I think it helped that we, you know, some of us remembered Anna Lucia from before. Oh, know. some of us, yeah. Some of I, us remembered Anna Lucia. I mean, I I remember her because I, I know the actress. So when mm. I saw her again, I'm like, oh, okay, she's on the show. Yeah, um, I didn't because I didn't. But um, so one of the things I wanted to mention, we got, this is probably going to be a long conversation, uh, this, this, this uh, episode, because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. And our old pal Goodwin. Yeah. So I wondered, um, you know, basically, you know, Goodwin comes running out of the jungle. Hey, hey, this guy's stuck in a tree. Come, come help. And Alicia and Goodwin go, and they find Bernard stuck in the tree. He's sitting in, he's sitting in the uh, in his pat in his you know plane seat next to somebody who's apparently dead. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> what Goodwin kept trying to make Lucia go up and get him, but Lucia wanted to talk, you know. Uh, Bernard into you know hanging get, grabbing the branch and hanging on until the thing falls or whatever. So I just was wondering to myself like was Goodwin trying to see like to try to test to see if she was a quote good person like if she would be willing to risk her life by climbing up there you know because he he kept saying you know you know yeah. go up there go up there and she was like no no we will get him down a different way. So I just wondered why he was so adamant about her going up there. Yeah, that's weird. I actually didn't even notice that when I watched that scene. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't notice how, how much he harped on telling her to climb up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty odd. It's pretty odd when you consider this is him just the, he just got there. like, and, and you know what? How the fuck did he get there that quick? Like, like I am under the impression that I mean I don't buy it, but that the others were waiting for him. I, I just don't I just don't understand any other way. Uh, I think the idea that they were waiting for him, the idea that that coupled with the fact that they sort of know who's there and they really shouldn't at certain times know who's there, I think feels like they, this was... Pl- I mean, it doesn't seem planned, obviously, because they didn't know Desmond wasn't going to push the button. But I just... I don't really know, man. He was already sort of waiting and he was already sort of dressed in you know normal clothes. I mean, I guess maybe that's what he was just wearing anyway. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been. It's not. It's not the standard other, you know, island Billy garb. Yeah, but you would think, you know. Here, okay, here. I guess here. Let, let's do what we always do and, and take it logically. If he's just okay. sort of roaming the jungle in his in his regular <laughs> clothes, right? Which shouldn't be the case. But if he, you know, mm-hmm. I can't really give any reason why he would just be roaming in his regular clothes, doing whatever. Yeah. If he's roaming and he and he sees the plane crash or he hears the crash and he, you know, at it's, at some point he's got to quickly decide. Am I gonna go? You know, see the let these people see me interact with them, or am I gonna go back and tell you know whoever you know the bosses, Henry or whoever, what's going on? I mean, maybe that he has a radio, and you know, obviously he maybe hid the radio before he you know came to where the where the the beach was. 
Uh, you know, maybe what I'm basically saying is maybe he was able to radio back to home base and say, hey, this plane just crashed. What's going on? They're like, uh, well, we don't know or whatever, and go infiltrate them, be a mole, you know. Obviously, the decision has to be made very quickly, even given the fact that he's just sort of unrealistically hanging out in that area. Um, so I'm just thinking, like, you know, how could, how could it even be that he was instructed to be a mole? Because he's got to decide, you know, if, if, if he wants them to see him and if he, if he wants them to see him in those clothes. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, because obviously right. the, other, the only other times we see the others before, you know, the end of season two is when they're in, the, uh, in, their, in their crappy get-up or whatever that is. Except for Ethan. Except for Ethan, when, when he's obviously a mole. Who's, yeah, who was doing exactly the same thing, but Ethan didn't show up for a while. Like, he, I don't think we saw him until the episode before he actually we didn't. Claire. That's the thing. We didn't see him for a while, but I feel like he was there before we saw him a little bit. I don't think he was there like Goodwin at the very beginning, but I think he was there quickly because I think he would need to be. I mean, if you show up, I mean, when was, when was Claire taken? What episode was that? Uh... I mean, it was ten. a couple weeks. Ten, I mean, ten to one or two days, that's, that's almost two weeks or something like that, you know, depending on how many, you know, days each episode was. Yeah. Uh, that's ten to 14 days, I guess, or ten to 20 days at the most. And I feel like he would have needed to be seen by people before that. Well, uh, even though the whole point of that episode where he, well, not the whole point, but one of the points of that episode where he where he he uh, he takes Claire was that they don't know each other. They don't know each other, why. but that's different than recognizing people's faces. I think that's a totally different thing. Okay. So you so you think they all recognize each other? They just they. I mean, what's the, I don't why. Uh, okay. I think I think being on an island for ten to fourteen days with the same people, you know who's there. You may not know their names or where they're from. You know, but you, you, I mean, I would just hope, I guess, that you would know, you know, you would, you would know who's there. You would be able to recognize a face. And, and if, you know, 10 or 14 days after you guys have crashed, you see some new guy who, who stands out to me. I mean, Ethan is, I mean, he's a, he's a memorable, you know, his face and he's a big guy. Like, he's memorable, you know, you would sort of remember that guy, I think. And, uh, if he, if he, if he waited that long to show up, I think it's a little preposterous, but... I think again. with 44 people, 44 people in 10 days, I, I wouldn't necessarily remember every face. I, I could definitely see him showing up and acting like he's supposed to be there. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that's the other thing. I mean, you see somebody, you just, you would assume, hey, I might not, I don't remember that scene, that guy, but, you know, what other explanation could it be that he's here? Yeah, he's sitting there gathering wood or something. Yeah. It's like, why would I ever think, oh, he he well, he must not have been on the plane because I don't recognize it. Because he wasn't wet. No. Because he. Oh, uh, so we we're off track. Well, we're on a different track, I should say. Um, yeah. We were talking about Goodwin or. Right. Yeah, and, we were talking about Goodwin trying to insist that Anna climb up the tree. Yeah. I I, to... I I don't know if I I uh, I don't know if that's a test or. I don't know how to so, take So that. here it goes. Here it goes. Let me, I'm just trying to find the word specifically. Um, you know, this is the scene. Bernard's like, help, help, please help. Um, Goodwin says, we should climb up there. I'll hold him steady. You pull him. And Anna says, no, wait. And then she's talking to Bernard. What's your name? He goes, Bernard. He goes, you're going to be all right, Bernard. I need to buckle your seatbelt. So she's explaining to him. And then Goodwin, mm-hmm. Goodwin says, we should climb up there. And Anna says, no. Uh, again. Uh, and then... And then that's it. 
that's it. So he yeah. see, he says it, he says it twice. He says it twice. Yeah, right. I just don't understand why it, uh, he's obviously another. I don't understand mm-hmm. why he would want to do something that dangerous to climb up there and try to rescue him, unless he was trying to see if she would agree to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't, maybe, maybe it was some sort of test, or maybe he really thought that was the best way to, I don't know. That he was just being a good guy and really wanted to rescue Bernard, and so that was, he just, I mean, that, I guess that's really the only two things, is that he was either being sincere, and he thought yeah. that was the best thing to do. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't even necessarily think he was being, like, purely sincere, but just that he wanted to he wanted to appear sincere because he's trying to fit in. Yeah. So he's like, he's th- like, I feel like if he were in that situation and he really wanted to save Bernard, I don't know that he does or not, but he's thinking, if I wanted to save this guy, what would I do? I would say we have to climb up in a tree, and maybe that's just informing his what, behavior. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go with what Luc- Anna Lucia uh, surmised is that you know he, uh, basically Goodwin was walking through the jungle, you know, about to, you know, show himself to the tail section people and Bernard spotted him. Maybe maybe, you know, seeing him not come from the beach and obviously Goodwin has to deal with that. Oh. Maybe yeah, which I thought was very interesting. Um so maybe, you know, maybe, you know, Bernard did spot him and Goodwin had to deal with it. Maybe Goodwin wanted to kill Bernard so oh. that Bernard wouldn't say anything. I mean, Bernard obviously never seemed to say anything. But maybe maybe he was go- his idea was to kill Bernard and maybe kill who you know Anna Lucia. I mean you know just in terms of like yeah he needs someone to help get him down so and then he would take care of both of them or something yeah or at least you know or maybe maybe his idea of climbing up there he was gonna do you know accidentally push the seat or something and then yeah Bernard right down. so I think I think that may be part of it too he wanted to get up there so that he could sort of make you know kill Bernard in some way. Now I really want to know if Bernard saw him like that. I, I I just sort of have to, you know. Uh, but uh, Goodwin didn't deny it when Anna. I mean, not that it means a whole bunch, but Goodwin didn't deny it when Anna Lucia said that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's true. So yeah, maybe we'll just we'll just assume that's true. But I can only imagine Bernard. God, he he. Oh God, he saw him. And he wasn't wet, and he's walking in the jungle, and he never even. Yeah, because I could see, I could see Goodwin not noticing Bernard's up there or something. Yeah, and, then, and, and you know, at least for a little bit, and he's walking, and Bernard's like, "Help, help, help!" And Goodwin's like, "Oh shit, where'd this guy come from? You just saw me." Yeah. You know, and uh, but it, and it's funny that Bernard never seemed to say anything anyway. Right. Uh, you'd think he would have said something when when you know they thought Ethan was, I mean uh, Nathan was a mole. Uh, that Bernard would have been like, well, you know, I saw Goodwin walking through yeah, the jungle, or maybe, or maybe Goodwin uh, Bernard didn't really see where he came from and didn't really notice anything. That's why he never said anything. But Goodwin thought he might, and blah blah blah, and misconception, okay. mis- you know, misunderstanding. But um, you know, yeah, I'll buy that too. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe. Uh, and then that, that was my other little note, was why were the others seemingly ready for the tailies? Yeah, uh, no shit. They were really ready. It seems like they were ready. Like, like, yeah. I mean, the first night they show up and are ready to take people. Like, they just didn't do that with the main group. Yeah. And, and is it simply because 
the tailies landed closer. I was going to say that. The others seem to be on the north side of the island, so maybe they're closer. Um, but, I mean, still, like, Goodwin showed up, like, what, five minutes after they... Yeah, Well, not five minutes, but, like, I mean... Really soon. Very soon after, because, you know, she landed in the water, she had to swim the shore, get her bearings, help a couple people, and then there's Goodwin. It's, it's astounding to me that that they w- that the others would be able to hatch this plan like like what do they do like these this plane crashes on the island does this happen all the time and they have a standard thing they do or did they really just come up with okay all right you're going to be a mole and uh and you're going to find out stuff about them and then we're going to start taking people and uh and they just came up with that and like that, like that that's why I, that's why I always I always go back to this like prophecy idea that 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 you know they knew they were going to get people or something, or they knew, you know, someone, you know, Walter, they were looking for someone with powers or something that was going to come eventually, and, you know, or, and maybe they even know when the button isn't pushed or something, or they, you know, they have some way of knowing that, or, or maybe they felt the effects of it not being pushed, I don't know, and, uh, you know, they could have a radar file, I know, I knew a plane was around. I don't really, I mean, there's so many different ways, but... Obviously, in reality, or, you know, at least in terms of the show, logically, it just doesn't seem likely that they would be ready for these guys. That that prepared to say, okay, Goodwin's going to be a mole, he's going to go and gather information, and then, you know, come back to us and then let us know, you know, what's going on. Um, yeah. I he'll just, make a list, and then he'll say who the good people are, and then we'll take the blah, blah, yeah. blah, and then, but we'll have to dress up because we want him to think we're natives on the island. And yeah. th- did they have this, like, standard go-to plan? I mean, it just... Uh, like, like okay, what would they have been doing? That's What would they have been doing if the plane hadn't crashed? You know? Well, apparently Goodwin was out for a stroll. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. If there was no plane crash... I mean, I guess we're going to find out what they're doing anyway. I guess so. Which, which really what I think is, is which I, well, I guess I used to think they were trying to find a way off the island, but they apparently told Michael where to go to get off the island Yeah, or something. I, I don't think that's it. Um, uh, unless, unless, you know, wherever they're telling Michael to go isn't really out of the effects of the island, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's still sort of in the interspatial bubble or wherever they're in. Right, right, right. But apparently, you know, the the cell face going going off made the island visible again. Right. So that's, that's not true. that's not exactly a, a problem anymore. Uh, and yeah. you would think that they would just make the failsafe go off anyway. If 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 if, if they were trying to get off the island, then they would just yeah. make the failsafe go off to get out. If know, they knew about it. If they knew about it, which. I sort of seem to think Henry knew about it. Oh, Espe- I think so, too. Especially if he's Rosinski. Um, yeah, right. Well, he, he better know about it if he's Rosinski. So, yeah, there's a lot going on here. You know, I was trying to concoct a theory on how, on if Nathan was really another two. And I he know. was working with Goodwin. And the only thing in this episode that makes me think it's not true, barely, is that Goodwin says Nathan wasn't a good person. Right. And But it makes me think that because even when he lets he he sort of seemingly lets Nathan escape, but then he kills him. Yeah. Um. Let me let me pull up the transcript because I thought that was a very interesting uh, exchange. Cause I agree. Said, uh. Yeah. We definitely uh need to bring that up. Let me see. Uh, okay. Well, it wasn't really much of an exchange. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Here it goes. You know, good one. You know, tells the guy that I'll pull you up. 
And, you know, they have a couple weird looks. You know, the looks never help in this show. But the looks, they kind of had a couple of funny looks to each other. And uh, he goes, I, I, I think we all think that she's going to hurt you. Which we, you know, obviously makes us think it's, you know, the tailies. But it could be the others. Uh, you know, he's saying we, as in the others, think she's going to hurt you. Um, mm-hmm. Now you need to get a, you need to get away from here. And then he hands him a package, which we don't know what. I guess that was. Oh, he says there's fruit. Okay, sorry. I was like, we'll never know what's in that package. <laughs> but he says there's fruit in there. And then now just go. And then and then Nathan says which way is the beach, and Goodwin says that way, maybe five miles. Now, I'd like to think that when he says, you know, under my unofficial Nathan was also another theory. I'd like to think when he said which way is the beach, he meant the beach where the others are or something, or close to where they are, and that's why it's five miles away, which is pretty far away. Uh, and, you know, I think with this exchange here, it's still not certain whether or not Nathan is another. Now, of course, he kills him. Then you have to explain, well, why did Goodwin kill Nathan if they're on the same right, team? Right, that's what, that was, that was going to be my first thing, I yeah. threw it there. Well, I think, I think, I don't, I can't give a hard explanation. All I can say is that Nathan did something or knew something or got in the situation that they agreed that he should die for or whatever. Like, like maybe, maybe like, maybe there's some sort of hierarchy and Goodwin is, is above Nathan. And so they already suspected that there was a mole. And so somebody needs to be pointed out as the mole. And so they didn't want it to be Goodwin. So they basically said, Hey, Goodwin, will you go kill Nathan and hide his body? And then, therefore, they'll think he escaped and think and, and really think he's another, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. So maybe they just wanted to do that. And like and like he says later, you know, the, when I heard the line, I was like, oh, I guess he's not another because, you know, Goodwin says he was a bad person. But maybe he was an other, but he just wasn't a good other. Maybe they made a mistake when they took him or maybe they he did something. And, you know, uh, there could be a lot of reasons, you know, why he sort of wasn't a good person, at least at the point when Goodwin said that. Um, so he could be lying. Um, yeah, and he could he could just be lying. I also he also says Nathan was not a good person. That's why he wasn't on the list. Um, oh yeah, the whole list thing. Putting that. others on the list would be pretty silly. Um, and also the other thing, the other reason I don't think he, Nathan is another is this line that Goodwin has where he says. If you had cut his finger off and he still told you he was on the plane, I think maybe you would have started to believe you had the wrong guy. Oh, I now, forgot about that. If Nathan's another, I mean, in what sense is he the wrong guy? You know? I mean... Well, maybe... But that's the thing. If Nathan is another and he cut his fingers off, you know, he might have give, He might have still said he was on the plane. So maybe good. I mean, the other side of that line that Goodwin says, I really, I, I agree. That seems to be a line that says, "Hey, he he really was on the plane." But the other side of that is maybe he, maybe Goodwin knew that Nathan was his convictions were strong about pretending to be on the plane, and that even if his fingers were cut off, he was still going to say he was on the plane. You know, um, because I mean that's sort of what happened with Henry. Even. <laughs> Like, Henry, you know, got beaten up and tortured and still said that he, you know, wasn't another. So I think I think that line that Goodwin says is still not clear-cut because obviously the others, at least from what we've seen with Henry, is that they will hold true to that lie no matter what, you know, and keep lying and lying, you know, to the bitter end. 
And so, like he said, if you would have cut his fingers off, he would have still told you on the plane. You might have think you started to have the wrong guy, and then you would have started looking for somebody else, you know, and then the, it would have turned a good one or somebody else. So mm-hmm. that, even though I think that line kills it, and I really don't think Nathan was an other, um, it still seems to me that it's funny because, you know, it just seems to me that they, they made him seem like he was an other, even, even when we find out he, he wasn't. You know, like, I agree. Like they could have, you know, he he still never was very clear about what he was doing on the plane. I was in the bathroom for two hours. Like, I know. You know, some of that stuff just didn't really add up. And he's that from part Canada, was very you know. And like we talked about off podcast, the Ethan and Nathan thing, and Ethan yeah, saying and they're both hey, from Canada. Both from, and you know, can you really trust Canadians? I mean, I don't Absolutely know. Absolutely, it's not. too cold up there. They can't think straight. Exactly. Um, we love Canadians. <laughs> course we do molson's um, a good beer yes uh and uh crown royal hey what are you gonna do um uh so so i don't i don't think he's another simply because once again i believe the show is presented mm-hmm. um and those lines i pointed out i think the thing that the thing that makes nathan you know he he behaves very oddly he he shoots a lot of weird looks yeah. and he just he never he never seems innocent. Yeah, he never seems <laughs> He I was looking at that like like when we first see him, you know, I was looking at his face and I'm like you just you have the face of someone that you can't trust. Like he just the, you know, they cast him very well because you look at him, you just can't trust a person who looks like that, you know? Like some people like Jack, he looks trustworthy. If right. ja- if they if they cast Jack as Henry, you couldn't you you would almost not even believe it. Because you just you look like you can trust Jack, you know the ca- the actor Matthew Fox, but the guy who plays Henry, you can't you just look at that face, you can't trust yeah. that face, you know you just can't. And the same with Nathan, like you can't yeah. trust that face. You I know? agree, I agree. But I think it's just deliberate misdirection. I think. Yeah, they... I think I think so too. I think I'm just I was so caught up in the misdirection that I don't want to believe the truth. Right. Yeah. And. I... I actually read I read I read the episode thread on this and a lot of people were saying the same thing. Um and, you know, I just I think I feel like the Goodwin Nathan exchange should have been more meaningful if if he really was another also. Like I, I thought there was more to it than what there was and it, it was it was very, you know, clear cut. There was no sort of inside type talk. True, but they're also but I think it's it's also in the point where they're still doing the misdirection thing, you know. And I don't think they would, you know, it would be really it would be really obvious because we still at this point haven't found out that Goodwin is another. Uh, so well, it'd be yeah. really it'd be really weird if they had any sort of abnormal conversation. Well, but we I mean we pretty much know once he breaks Nathan's neck. I mean, yeah, that's true. He, we, you know, we which find is out like, very soon afterwards. Yeah, so it's like they could they could have revealed it. Actually, the- actually, what I thought, actually, when I originally saw this, I didn't think Goodwin was necessarily a mole because of that. I thought he was convinced that Nathan was 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 guilty. That's what that's that's the reason I thought he broke his neck. Was really, he was, he was convinced that Nathan was the guy. Like really convinced. Yeah, like he's like, like death penalty convinced. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Yikes. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's I, hard to go on. 
I'd like to bring up right after that scene when when Anna Lucia wakes up and looks over and Goodwin's like staring at her. I love that. Oh what my was God. that about? That was that was right after he killed Nathan too, right? Yeah, it was and he immediately just, like, after. Staring at her. And yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> While she's sleeping, just like staring at her and he's like, Morning. It's like, yeah. oh my god. It's fucking crazy. Like how do you not want to seem suspicious like that? <laughs> Oh man! Like that was ridiculous. Like you can't stare at someone while they're sleeping and not seem creepy. So with Goodwin, uh, let's talk about him some more. Um, Please. Okay, so they're on their little trek. Blah blah blah. Fun fun fun. Uh, and they go to the Arrow Hatch. Uh, and Goodwin says, "This looks like a storage facility." <laughs> Right. And there's a lot of things about that. Namely, first of all, do you think Goodwin has seen this hatch before? Or a hatch before? Let's start with that. Has he seen an A hatch before? Absolutely. Okay. Obviously. And what, what's your biggest, what's your reason for saying that? I know my reason for thinking that. My reason for thinking that is based on who I think the others are. Okay. Which is defected former, for, former, former. Dharma member, defective former Dharma, Dharma. Yeah, it's, it's a defective it's hard former, to... Dharma. <laughs> former Dharma, former Dharma, former Dharma, former Dharma, former Dharma, former Dharma, former Dharma. Started selling Madonna. Okay, so it's for Madonna. <laughs> yeah, for Madonna, for Madonna, for Madonna. Ah, <laughs> uh, so what does Madonna have to do? Um, so so God, I've totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> so I uh, so. I was, saying, was I, I was saying, about? why did you? Why do you think that he's seen one before? Oh, okay, right. So I think he's a former Dharma member, which means I believe he was working in a hatch at some point. Okay, which is why I think he has seen a hatch. As for the arrow itself, I can't be sure, but I would say if he hasn't seen it, he when when he says it's a storage facility, he knows about it, and so he's correct. That okay. would be my my well, theory. I think I don't have a really big theory about who the others are. And I, I, I mean, I, I sort of want to just assume they're former Dahmer members, but um, you know, I'm sort of open on my general theory about what's going on. Um, I like to oh, nitpick. I like to nitpick specifics, but um, I was gonna say they should have definitely seen a hatch because they replicate one. You know, at the end of season two, they do that. Th- oh. They do the. They do the fash. So, you know, they sort of would have needed to just see another hatch just to replicate a fact. <laughs> they, they wouldn't do a fake hatch with a fake Dharma symbol if they didn't know what they were. Exactly. That's a good point. So that's my... Although, I would say that, you know, uh, if, if they're not Dharma members and they're on the island for some other reason, I mean, they could have discovered the hatches, but then in that case they would have seen them. I'm sorry, that's a bad point. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I agree with you. Um... I wanted to say, okay, I, I think he, I think he's definitely seen a hatch. I, he, he, I don't want, I don't really think he's seen the arrow, but I could just be won over by the, because he's a really good, if he's been to the arrow before, he's a really good actor, because he's looking around and, ooh, what's this, and ooh, <laughs> like he, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, obviously, he has to act that way because he's pretending. And for the audience's sake, we don't know he's bad yet. Right. Um, oh wait, he's killed. He's killed Nathan by then, right? Uh, yeah. I was just, I was just looking that up. Yeah, I, I think he's tr- killed Nathan. Oh, by yeah, then. he has. He has killed. Yeah. Nathan. So we know he's bad. But anyway, 
Um, we don't know he's another, right? But we know he's bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. You, I, I kind of assumed, but uh, yeah, there's no, there's no confirmation yet. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said off podcast when I originally saw this, you know, even though you know the whole question is, is is one of them is you know is there a mole in the group, and you know we think it's Nathan, and you know Goodwin kills Nathan. I thought. You know that maybe Goodwin was killing Nathan because Goodwin thought Nathan was another, and he just wanted it over with. So, mm-hmm. like like I said off podcast, uh, you know maybe you know it was it was either Goodwin's another or Goodwin's not another, and he thought Nathan was and killed him. Right. But, you know, so it wasn't clear until the, obviously the end of the episode when we we get confirmation. But anyway, I agree. It it wasn't clear, but I I assumed that he was. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. It, but 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 you know, yeah. I I knew. I know that's not that wasn't definitive evidence yeah. because he doesn't say anything. I mean, I think it's really weird that he packed him a bag just to break his neck, like that. Yeah, I think it. I think that whole you know part of that was just for show. I mean, he let him like, he let him sort of walk away a little bit and then got him behind the you know like he could have really just like, you know, hit him with a stick when he was in the in the thing. But I guess he would have to drug him out and all that stuff. Yeah, he didn't want it. He didn't want it to make noise and stuff. Like I understand yeah, sort of sure. why he did what he did. He he didn't want him to packing, know. He, packing the little fruit was a little 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 more than he needed to do. Yeah, it seems sort of ridiculous. Like he just packed a packed him a little lunch. It'd be really interesting, and I'm rewriting the show, but it'd be really interesting if he like gave him like poisoned food or something, and then just let him go like get a couple a day or two out and then die you know from the poison that'd been interesting too but mm. you know and then and then later you know they stumble upon nathan's body you know but that's a that's another episode that they didn't write right um <laughs> in an alternate universe maybe that happened um so anyway i think he's I, I don't it doesn't seem like he's seen this hash but you know obviously he could be faking he's a good actor you know good one not just the man who played them um, right right so, whether or not he's seen the hatch, whatever, he says it's a storage facility, so, or he says it looks like a storage facility, so of course it's coming from another, you want to sort of think, well, maybe it is, maybe he knows what it's for. It does look like it could be a storage facility, although there wasn't, you know, that much stored there, we didn't see boxes or crates of any, of a lot of stuff. Right. But I guess it could be a former storage facility. Um, right. It didn't look very hospitable as the swan hatch looks, so you wouldn't really expect people to be there long term. Yeah, you know, I mean, the medical hatch looked pretty, you know, uh, industrial too. Obviously, yeah. besides the besides the room they built for Claire, but even that was right. kind of was kind of uh, you know not very warm environment. Antiseptic. Yeah, and so, uh, but anyway, my point is, you know, I wonder if it really is a storage facility. If that was a little bit of, of you know, a sort of a little nugget that he was giving us because he knew, but. Right. Um, Let's, I want to believe that. But, and the other thing is, if even if it was a storage facility, why would, you know, or I should say, if it was a storage facility, why would it say quarantine on it? Yeah, that's a good point. I thought about myself. Like, to um, sort of, I mean, because you would, you would, I guess you would think, okay, if this was a storage facility and, you know, the people who are on the island are only outside where, you know, if they're going to wear these suits, these hazmat suits, uh, contamination, you know, suits or whatever, um, that's how they're walking around, you know, and if they have to go to the storage facility, is it just to remind them that, you know, hey, remember <laughs> when you go out of here, 
It, it's quarantine. Uh, or do you think that was just for us? Yeah, that's what I'm starting to think. Or that not, not what I'm starting to think. What I started to think uh-huh. when I saw it. Uh, that yeah, not ju- not just for us, but yeah, no, just for us. Just for us, and 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 just to sort of tie it with the swan hatch too. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Exactly. And 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 a bit of a if if the writers the writers who wrote this episode, of course, it was Damon <laughs> Carlton. Uh, uh, who else would write this big episode? Yeah, I know that was silly of me to ask. the The writers, wow, they see that's the thing. They wrote it. They know what it is. Yeah. Oh, they and, know what it is. And so, if they if they know what it is, then they really shouldn't be making an error like that. If it were a different writer, I would say, oh, they just they just messed up. They thought it'd be a good idea, and they just threw that in there. And they didn't. They didn't necessarily even know what it was. But yeah. David Carlton know what it is. So why is the quarantine there? Yeah, maybe it's just for the audience, and like there isn't any good reason for it to be there. Or maybe it's just standard issue Dharma doors come with quarantine. Dharma doors. <laughs> Dharma doors. dot com. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, that's that's what the whole. Man. The whole show's about Dharma doors. Yeah. Really, it's a company. Widmore went into business to do a door company, oh. and uh, lost a lot of money. Hanzo came in, mm-hmm. and uh, they were like, "Hey, we can do a big fundraiser. We've got the DeGroots who want to do this uh, zoological research and stuff, and we'll put it on the <laughs> island. <laughs> we'll pay. Fun we'll pay. Mu- we'll charge people to come to visit this science colony. You know, it's like it's like Jurassic Park, but instead of dinosaurs." It's uh, it's experiments. It's psychological right. experiments. And the pearl, <laughs> and the pearl was a, a viewing station of what's going on for all the visitors to the. Uh, oh, yeah. dude, we just we just cracked lost. Now it all makes sense. That is the all-encompassing theory. Now it all makes sense. And Smokey, <laughs> I'm just gonna. Say. Um, Smokey is. Where's Smokey he's, he's animatronic. Oh, yep. of course. He's animatronic and half dinosaur. Of and half dinosaur. And see, there you go. That's why. Oh, my God. I love this theory. That's why, you know, in the pilot, you hear the stomping. Mm-hmm. It's smoky because right. he's half dinosaur. He's half T-Rex. Of course. He's half. Wow. Half yeah. T-Rex, half what? <laughs> I don't know. Next question. <laughs> okay. All oh right. Yeah. I guess that theory doesn't fly. Wow. Yeah. Uh. I like that though. I've actually read worse theories. Hey, I've read worse theories too. <laughs> I've read worse serious theories. Yeah, well, who's to say Sadly. I wasn't serious? Okay, I'm, now I'm sad. Um, I, oh, that was oh. Oh uh, no. So, okay. Um, so can I can I mention something else? Yeah. Uh. Goodwin mentions that, or he says that he was in the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. And my question for you. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I majored in Peace Corps in college. Uh, it's, I'm a little rusty. Okay. That's a weird <laughs> thing to say. Um, well, I feel like you're going to ask me something about the Peace Corps. I, I majored in Peace Corps, so I'm rusty. Well, um, oh. I, was, uh, I guess I'm I'm saying college was a while ago. I don't know. Okay, okay, right, okay. It's just like I'm a big expert, so I don't. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know anything. <laughs> it just seemed weird. No, my que- No, no, no. My question for you isn't about the Peace Corps. 
Although, <laughs> I don't really know very much about the Peace Corps. Yeah. But my question for you is, is he telling the truth? Um, I feel like it. I, it's, it's a very weird thing to say um, if it's not true. Because, you know, she says, what are you, a Boy Scout? And he says, grown-up version, I'm in the Peace Corps. If, he, if, if, if that's not true and he just wanted to say something, um, then I think... Uh, I think he would have just said, yeah, I used to be, or no, and then get on with the conversation. But the mm-hmm. fact that he, he brought in something, you know, otherwise meaningless, if it's not true, and very specific, um, I think yeah. uh, I think it's true. And I think the fact that he was in the Peace Corps sort of lends himself to being a good person. So I think it's got that going okay. for it. Uh, okay. You know, and then, and then she says they still have that. I'm just having somebody here who actually knows what it is. I mean, he can't be that much older than her, but... Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, come on, she knows what it is. Um, so, no, I think, yeah, I, th- I think he was actually telling the truth. I, I think just like uh, Kelvin was used to be in the Army, uh, right. he, you know, Goodwin used to be in the Peace Corps before he came that's, to the That's what I was thinking, like some kind of connection like that. Yeah. Um, but I, did, I will say, I think for anyone who's undercover, you know, details are what sell your story. Definitely. You know, and so I think... Not answering in yes or no's and coming up with specific, different kind of answers that, that it makes it seem more real. Mm-hmm. So I could see if he's if he's a really good liar, I could see him sort of uh, coming up with that as as a as a way to answer the question and and not just make it seem like he's just going with whatever she asks him, mm-hmm. you know. So so I could see him making that up, but I tend to agree um, that he was. It's also this is also a clear cut writing thing. Um, this is this is uh, I guess you could call it begging the question or begging the answer if you want to use it both ways wrong. Um, a lot of just God, I hope I'm not boring people. But when you when you're writing, um, there's a lot of times you want a character to say something very specific, like I was in the Peace Corps, and the way you do that is by having a, a character ask a question that's going to lead to that answer. And my mm-hmm. point being, you know. Anna Lucia only asked, All right, were, were, were you a Boy Scout? Because he's, he's starting this fire. Right. And obviously, you know, it's not illogical for her to ask to make a connection to starting a fire to being a Boy Scout. But there's a lot of other things she could have asked him if it was just, if it wasn't going to be about him saying, I was in the Peace Corps. You know, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if, if it wasn't mm-hmm. important for him to say that, I think there's a lot of other questions she could have asked. She could have said, like, oh, how do you know how to start a fire? Or... Or uh, what were you? Uh, what are you, a survivalist? You know, one of those nut jobs who hide out in bunkers or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things she could have said in reference to the fact that he was, he knew how to start a fire. But I think this is an instance when they they specifically want, especially since it's a multiple line exchange about the Peace Corps. I think they specifically wanted that in there, and they specifically had her say Boy Scout, so he could say no, grown up version, and things. You know, so that's my okay. That's my that's my. Uh, writing thing okay because uh, you do that a lot when you're right i mean obviously you know there's many times when you know characters need to say and obviously this isn't that big of a deal but there's times when characters need to say big things and you don't want them to say you know uh jack did (laughs) did you ever marry a woman and did not really love her and then like she left you (laughs) like you know you don't you don't want them to ask a question like that so you ask a different question that leads to that same answer so right anyway to try to make it seem more natural exactly yeah even though you can still usually see through it yeah uh 
Yeah, I agree. I agree, except I feel like they do put in pointless details sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't think every detail well, is important. Exactly. I think this is, I mean, I would say this is a pointless detail. I mean, it doesn't really matter that he was in the Peace Corps. Um, but I think it. I think it helps to round out his character, and I think they. I think I'm just saying. I think they specifically. It just seems to me they specifically put that in there, just just to round out his character. Obviously, it doesn't really mean anything in the in the long yeah. run. Um, I mean, I think. Yeah, at the very least, it's 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 some sort of tenuous connection, uh, as far as the path from. You know, assuming he wasn't Dharma at some point, mm-hmm. the path from the real world to Dharma. Yeah. Um, they seem to maybe recruit from, like, military-type organizations. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyway, I just uh, stuck out. Okay. Can I say that I don't think the Peace Corps is military? Okay. Um, from what I know about Peace Corps, it's it's, it's almost like, um... Habitat. I did say military-type. Yeah. <laughs> In my defense. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's more like Habitat for Humanity, but, you know just worldwide they just go and do things like that you know not necessarily building houses but sort of peace missions and uh it's usually uh i know it was pretty big in the 70s i think and it's usually a lot of you know people out of high school and college students and all that stuff go do that because uh, i think a friend of a mutual friend of ours was uh i mean you know well i guess we shouldn't mention it, it doesn't matter but uh, a friend of ours was going to go do that and based in like haiti or something so um, anyway, yeah, I agree. I just wanted to mention that. Um, yeah, I guess I should say government organization. Maybe that would be more accurate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm reading. I'm not going to read a Wikipedia entry. We don't do that here at the Long <laughs> Slowdown. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish we did. But if you uh, want to look on Wikipedia, there's plenty I really of wish you'd core. tell me what you're reading, though. That'd be nice. All right, I'll tell you what I'm reading, but I won't read it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, I'll read it. Um, the Peace Corps is an independent federal agency of the United States designed to promote mutual understanding between Americans and the outside world. The Peace Corps was established by executive order in 1961 by John F. Kennedy and approved by Congress as a permanent agency within the State Department later that year. The program was an outgrowth of the Cold War, designed to oppose the Chinese and Soviet challenge to Western influence in the widely open third world arena of superpower competition. There you go. So they basically sent Americans to go do goodwill missions to foster goodwill. Right. Towards America in particular. Yeah. Oh, believe me, yeah. Um, so, uh... That was interesting. I'm glad you read that. Yeah, I actually had no idea that it was that new. Uh, that's, uh, interesting. And there's plenty more. I'll, I'll stop reading there. I think that's enough to get the idea. Yeah, we got All right, it. so, um, I, uh, yeah, the, all right, they're, they're not military, they're part of the State Department, but I think, uh, I, I had a vague idea, and I was pretty much right. I just thought of them, I thought of them as, like, the peaceful part of the military, but they're really... <laughs> no... <laughs> You know, uh, okay. I think so, there is a. I think there is a, a hierarchy. I, I would assume a certain hierarchy. You know that that's instilled. But anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention about good about the about the the arrow is the little box of stuff they find. The little crate that's got the radio mm. and the glass eye. 
Right. Uh, I totally forgot about that. Uh, and then Me I, too. I saw this and I'm like, why the hell is there a glass eye in here? <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh... Um, could you tell me what the hell's going on with this glass eye? <laughs> um, I okay. I've got a theory about about the the the, the Bible and the blankets that they okay, it was blankets, Bible, and the radio and the glass eye. Um, you've got a theory. I think I just real quick. I want to bring up that I think we know. Maybe, hopefully we know from the season two finale that Redzinski was the one who edited the film and hid the, the edited portion. Uh-huh. So, presumably that Bible thing is is his. Okay. I just want to throw that in. Go that ahead. is definitely, that should be the case that Redzinski is the one who hid the film. Why? Well, so people could find it later and watch it on TV. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much the I, only reason. I know. Well. Um... Well, my theory, it's hard to pull together, um, but I was thinking, I don't really think this anymore, that um, that the glass eye and the Bible and the blankets in particular, less so the blankets, uh, came from the Black Rock. Well, because I, I mean, I guess that really doesn't make any sense. I was thinking about who would... <laughs> Who would need a glass eye? And I was thinking a pirate would. Um, I don't, and I guess I don't know how, I don't know when glass eyes were invented and I don't know how sophisticated that eye was. Um, But I was, wow, yeah, right. Um, Nor do I. You know, I thought maybe the, the, whoever was left from the Black Rock, you know, ventured into there. But I guess that would mean that the hatch was there all that time ago. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, let me, the hatch couldn't have been there that yeah, long. Yeah, let me let me be a little more sane and say that box was taken from the from the Black Rock. Then the box, the crate that it was in, all that stuff oh. was in that it came from the Black. I mean, I don't buy this. I'm gonna stop. Did, did it? <laughs> like, why wouldn't they? Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna stop. Um, um, so I just yeah. Okay, should well, I, should I even about? bother to challenge that? I guess no. Not. I there's nothing to challenge. It okay, I never said it. Okay. Why a glass eye? Why a glass eye? What do you mean? Why? Why? That's a weird question. I sir. love that question. Why <laughs> a glass eye? Why a glass eye? That should be a title of something. I know. Maybe I'm gonna story. I'm gonna go title something like that. <laughs> Wow, I like that. Why a glass eye? I just come up with them, and I don't. I don't know. It's 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 my gift. It is. It is. The problem with it is I have no idea how to answer it because I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Why a glass? What do you mean? Why? Whatever you want that to mean, that's what I mean. <laughs> why is it there? Why, why is it there? Why why a glass eye in terms of that they wrote that into the show? What yeah. does it mean in terms of the show? Um, why a glass eye? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, that really hurts. I got nothing on that because, I mean, what could there I mean, the only stuff that occurs to me, okay. So so if we go with Henry Izzeridzinski theory, he doesn't have a glass eye. Um, as far as we know. He's got big or, eyes, though. <laughs> Or should I say he doesn't have the absence of a glass eye? Uh, okay, that's very that's more specific. Thank you. Uh, I know what you mean now. Because yeah, if it were his, then he shouldn't have it. But uh, 
who could have a glass eye? Okay, the other thing that occurs to me, I think Marvin Candle had had a fake arm mm -hmm. in the Swan Orientation video. And uh, so it makes me think of that in a very loose way. It makes me think, like, could Dharma members, like, be missing various body parts for some reason? Uh, I, he did I mean, have I'm, a weird thing with his eyes, too. Didn't he, like, wasn't one eye always bigger than the other? Or did he just did he just have his eyebrow raised all the time? Yeah, I think he just, yeah, I think he just had a weird expression. Or he just has a weird face okay. or something. Uh, I think his I think his eyes were normal. Okay, I, mean, uh, I just as, picture as him with like as... one big eye, one small eye. <laughs> he he does his eyes were sort of interesting. I but but I feel like I don't think anyone they were glass anyone. Uh, God, I cannot speak. Either one of them was a glass eye. I mean, they okay. they looked real. Glass if... eyes. Okay, you would only have a glass glass eyes a prosthetic, right? And you would yeah. only really have it's... it if you if you are missing an eye. Now, the fact that this eye was in there makes me think either it was an extra, and so there's somebody walking around with a glass eye, okay. or that was the original, and there's somebody walking around with just one eye. Right, or somebody died maybe or that had died. a glass eye, and, and they the per the people kept that eye as a souvenir. <laughs> That's really ridiculous, but okay. I mean, I guess uh... I don't know. Uh... Yeah. I mean, the others apparently like to kill people and take their names, take their names and, leave, and their eyes. Leave ID, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that should be their slogan. Yeah, we'll take your name we take... and your eye <laughs> if it's glass. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, we'll take it anyway. Um, glass eyes are weird because I mean they don't they're not functional. They're just sort of they like just stay uh, there. They're just placeholders. What's the word? Cosmetic, yeah. but just to make your face not look bizarre. Yeah. You know, um, so who would have a glass eye and why? I, I guess I'm just going to assume somebody, some Dharma member or somebody had had a glass eye and they took it out or lost. I, I mean, I have no, I have really crappy. I can't come up with anything good. <laughs> it's hard because they didn't make a big deal about it. They just said, oh, a, guy, a glass eye. Okay, what else is in here? <laughs> Like, they didn't really, you know, they didn't really care. Yeah. It's the same when Kate Kate found the uh, the costume and makeup. Oh, look, costume makeup. Right. Okay, let's, uh, what's going on over in this corner? Like, nobody right. seemed to care. didn't seem to make a big... Obviously, we knew it was a big deal, but... Yeah, that's the thing. That at least had some implications. Like, we can say, okay, we saw the guy with the beard. We saw him in the hatch earlier, you know, in the flashback. Mm -hmm. Okay, that means he's probably dressing up because he, he wasn't dressed up in the flashback yeah. and we saw him dressed up at a time. There's at least something you can, like, do with that. But this glass eye thing, it's like, it's like there is a glass eye. <laughs> there is a glass <laughs> eye. Why a glass eye? That's exactly. Exactly. Now you fill in the rest. It's like, like, it's like I... uh, sometimes there's a glass eye. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> A little lynch oh, for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, exactly. And then you're just supposed to somehow fill in the details. And I, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a writer. I don't, I mean, come on. You're, you're, you should be, what do you got on that? Oh, <laughs> don't put the ball in my court. <laughs> I've, I've waffled here for a few Yeah, minutes. you were flapping around like a fish <laughs> that gin catches. Um, <laughs> oh, that was. <laughs> that was a very long I'm, analogy. <laughs> Uh, or yeah. not an analogy, but uh, I guess that was an analogy, metaphor. I don't know. 
It was a simile. Because it used right? like or as, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you don't okay. get a chance to use too many similes. Yeah, it's always it's metaphors. Too um, too bad. Yeah, I actually use similes more than metaphors. Um, but I don't use either very often. But neither of them are lost. So anyway. Uh... <laughs> um, okay, my theories. Okay, like I said, there's either someone walking around missing a glass eye and obviously we haven't seen them because we haven't seen anyone with a glass without a glass eye or without yeah. an eye i should say or, right um yeah. so oh, wait didn't one of the others have a patch am i crazy hey was there a patchy guy there was a patchy guy i feel like i remember an other having a patch now now oh <laughs> i think i think there is a i think there is a place, person who didn't have a patch and if there is if there is... Then that's his eye. Then I can say it's that guy's. Although, why he doesn't have it and why it's sitting in a box and hatch, I don't know. Well, but, I, that's uh, the thing about maybe this... Maybe he lost it in the war with Dharma. That's uh, really ridiculous. God, yeah, that's the thing uh, about this show, is that um, one one answer leads to more questions. Yeah, but I just... I just I have this picture in my head of an other with a, with a pack. Doesn't he have a beard, too? Mm. Uh, a lot of them do, they so all, I want to say yeah. yes, but uh, I don't remember more than that. Yeah, the pa- if there is a guy with the patch, that just makes me think they're trying to go with the whole pirate thing. Yeah, but, me uh, too. But maybe there is a guy with the patch. Even though, like, I think the guy with the patch was late season two. Yeah. And, like, by that point, we know they're faking. Yeah. Well, Although, that's the thing. He's not faking missing an eye if he's missing yeah, an eye. That's, that's true. <laughs> That's a good point. It's That's not, yeah, it's, yeah, that was the thing. Like, I thought the, the, the glass eye was part of the whole dressing up thing, but that's the kind of dress up thing you really can't fake. Yeah, I know. In order to use it, you got to be missing an eye. <laughs> and why would you take out an eye just so you can put Just to put in an eye, you know, and then it's going to be like, you, yeah. That's, that's like, what we here at the others call job dedication. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to put this fake beard on top of my real beard. <laughs> like, okay, that's oh, weird, God. buddy. Oh, God. So let's just assume that there's a guy with a patch. Um, why is it important that we saw that, though? I just don't get that. Especially yeah, for, for an other who, at, at least at this point, we haven't seen that much of to even remember that he's around. Yeah. Uh, why would we find a glass eye this early in the season? Um, I think I think it's going to come to something. That just That's one of those things that just seems too specific. It's yeah. got to come to something. With no further mention. No further mention. Um, I mean, you know, it makes me think of, like, the people. You remember the people in the caves? Yeah, uh, Adam and, and Eve. Adam and Eve, and they found the rocks. The rocks the that nobody cared about yet. And, and yeah, that's that's the thing. They've, they, they'll drop things for a long time. Yeah. And we might not hear about it for, like, a couple of seasons. I think they have. They must have hierarchies of of information and importance. You know, there's 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 things at the top that are really big. You know, the others and people's backstories and things like that. And there's things way at the bottom that I think they think about. Like, okay, well, we'll have Adam and Eve, and then we'll put these this black stone and white stone, and that'll be. You know, that's an underlying thread about the good and evil and black and white and stuff like that. I think I think they think about that stuff, and they're really good about putting those little nuggets there. But since it's so low on the hierarchy of, of what's going on, or, or the important, at least in terms of what's going on now in the show, uh, that we don't get we don't get any further information about it. You know, it, it seems to, especially with the the black and white stuff, seems to 
There's too many occurrences for it to be random, <coughs> you know? Like, oh, we'll just throw this in there. You know, it doesn't seem like that. It seems like they're consciously doing it. And I feel like, you know, with the, with the glass eye, that was a conscious decision. Okay, well, we'll put this glass eye in here. Um, and, and I think the payoff will come later. I think we'll, we'll find something up about that a while from now. Yeah. And, and they're going to be like, remember the glass eye? The glass eye in the hatch? The glass eye in the arrow hatch? The glass eye we found, you know, that's just like, oh it's, it's such a small thing. They're going to have to really be specific oh to remind my people. Wow. Remember the glass eye? Remember the one they found? Remember the one they found in the box? Remember the brown box? Remember it was in the it was box next? that was in the hatch. Remember yeah. the box that was in the hatch that was on the other side of the island? The box that was in the hatch that was on the other side of the island that remember, was called yeah. the arrow? Yeah, remember <laughs> the one that NLC and them found? Remember it was next to the Bible? The Bible with the black cover? The Bible oh, with the... No. It's, like... it's like the 12 Days of Christmas song. Like you have to just keep adding to it. You gotta keep adding. Oh, God. Yikes. And people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that glass eye." <laughs> it, it, it'll be like it'll be like the seventh or eighth thing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. What about it? Oh, I don't know. Just remember. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, if the big secret is, oh, here's another that doesn't have an eye. Like, I mean, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I mean, that's you know. <laughs> you make a very valid point. It's like even if he is missing an eye, okay, what we're we supposed to do with that? <laughs> Unless it's unless unless there's some connection with with him missing an eye and yeah, or there's some uh, like crazy reason why he lost the eye and it ended up in that box. Yeah, like well, why would he lose it? Okay, first of all, they gotta explain why he lost his eye, and then have to right. explain why he's he's missing his glass eye. Right. And then how would you even get a glass? Like, where would you even get a glass eye from on this island? The same with the the airplane <laughs> mobile. Like, where would you well, get a glass eye from? Unless or the he, furniture. I don't know. You know. Oh, boy. Unless he came to the... We're spending a lot of time on the eye. But unless, <laughs> he, unless he came to the island with that glass eye, I just don't want to buy. They can manufacture that on the island. But you know what? How did they get... How did they get that mobile? Specifically with the plane logo within, like, a couple of weeks of them crashing? Oh, like, that's, that's astounding. I... 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 That, that might be one of the... Forget what's going on on the island in general. <laughs> if I had Carlton and Damon or, you know, JJ or whatever in a, in a room, I might just ask them that question first. How... Explain... <laughs> Why a plane mobile? Like Oh, oh, and not only is it a plane mobile with the plane, you know, the right plane that crashed, but it plays the fucking song that Claire wanted them to, to sing to her kid. Like, oh, that's, I forgot about that. That's so extremely specific. Like, you know what? They... You know what? Maybe, oh, God, dude, maybe when she had that dream about it, yeah. they, they knew it because of the dream. They got it from the dream. They got it from the dream. Okay, okay. But wait a minute. They knew about it because of the dream, but how did they get it? Now, that's another question, is how did they get <laughs> it? Uh, maybe Claire has uh, mystical man- powers of manifestation. Maybe she created it and it landed in Ethan's lap. I don't know. Oh, my God. No, okay. Kidding. No, I don't. I mean, I, don't, uh... I, I, would, I could almost buy it, but I don't know how the others would get it. That's the thing. Like, even if she created it, why would they have it? So I don't buy that. Right. Um, but um, I think, God, I don't think we'll ever figure that one out because it, it's so preposterous <laughs> that they could go somewhere and get that. 
unless unless they have powers of manifestation, like right. they can, you know. But damn, they're powerful if they can do stuff like that. I know if like, they can that's... create thing, you know, create nothing, nothing into something. Right. Specifically, they got some serious powers, dude. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's that's the thing. That's why, like, if they can pull that off, they can pull a glass eye off. They can pull a, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and they and they don't gotta leave tracks if they can if they can create, <laughs> you know. I mean, matter matter is neither created nor the you know destroyed or energy right. at least in the form of matter. So that means yes. they'd have to take something, you know, physical, some sort of accumulation of molecules and stuff, and and make it turn into a plane mobile. Right. Which would be an awesome feat, and they should like market it and sell it and become the richest people ever in history. God. Yeah, I can't even. I can't even. That's too much. That's too much. It is. It's too much. It's too much. The ability to create just a. Oh, I want to play mobile. Boop. There it is. Like. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way. If If they could just create a plane mobile. That would be amazing. Yeah. They created an oceanic play mobile that plays the song Claire wanted to play to her yeah. kid. Like yeah. that's so specific. Like there's no way there's really something like that in the world. No. You know, it's too ridiculous. It's too specific. Yeah, like the I can't wow, why is that the biggest mystery on Lost? That is the biggest <laughs> mystery. We have uncovered the biggest... It's bigger than what the others are doing or why they took Walt. Like, we can come up with theories about that, but we can't We can't pinpoint why a Playmobile. I know. That's um, like... Although, here's a theory. Oh, boy. Wow. Okay. Great. I know. Just said I couldn't do, we couldn't do it. Now, here's one. I can't wait. What you... It, it dawned on me when you said nothing like that exists in the world, but I'm thinking... In their world, Oceanic is a real airline. Maybe that company actually has a plane mobile that they sell as like a stupid crappy. You know how how like Walmart and a lot of oh, like yeah. trucking com- you know a lot of companies will have like a, a, a little miniature eighteen wheeler truck of their company. You know yeah. you see those little toys, and maybe they have a plane mobile, and maybe you know now. That's only the first step in the fact that that thing actually exists in the world. That's the first step, and that maybe the company made those. Okay. Now, how they got it to the island, I think, is another big question. And it plays the right song. I mean, that's a big. And that's another big thing that it plays the right song. Maybe, maybe it's something from uh, Claire's childhood or something. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's and she doesn't necessarily remember, or maybe it's something very specific from her childhood. You know, that song with that plane mobile. I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm barely willing to believe that a mobile like that exists because I've never seen. I mean, I've never seen an American Airlines play mobile. Yeah, I've seen like yeah, they do have like those things. I mean, I happen to know someone who works for American Airlines. I've seen a bunch of American Airlines merchandise. Yeah. Um, but I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Um. So, but that doesn't mean it couldn't exist. It could exist, but yeah, that's exactly the problem. Even if it does exist, which I think is already a little oh, bit of oh, a stretch. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You ready? I just okay. came up with the second part. I can't wait. Uh, they had some of them on the plane that crashed, and the others, and the others uh, found it or whatever. And and okay. either and maybe Claire. And so, uh, but now, why they would use it? It's either coincidence. That they had it and it was in her dream, or they 
read her mind and saw, knew it was her dream and used it then. Now, of course, so I, I've, I've, I've answered two of the big questions, you okay. know, but the third one being why that song, and I don't know. Okay. And the fact that she dreamed about it is weird. Because, yeah, I mean, it is. She, she didn't see it, at least not that we know. Yeah. Uh, she really shouldn't know about unless it's like you're saying it's from her childhood or something. Yeah, maybe that maybe you know they all they've always made those or something and she had one when she was little and then they, you know they you know there's things like that out there, you know, where you know it was in your childhood and by the time you have kids it's still around and you get it for your right. kid or whatever and so Yeah. That's kind of why she 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 had it in her dream because it was, you know, for her baby kind of thing, but Right. Um and and how the others knew about that, maybe that's that's the only part of it that's a little yeah. weird. Well, we went from there's no way that we can explain this to getting, yeah. getting pretty close to explaining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I fairly, still, I, it's it, it's still a big mystery, but I think I think those are fairly reasonable answers. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're very disappointing. Yeah, I know, and right? <laughs> I yeah, that's the thing, and I don't I don't want to believe them. Yeah, I don't because either. I like because the. Of the manifestation <laughs> yeah i do too mm. um uh i don't want to believe them but uh but they could definitely use that and you know i'd have to say okay fine there's all kinds of shit on the plane there's fucking plane mobile yeah thank god for plane mobile smugglers <laughs> <laughs> that was well that was obligatory yeah. i was gonna say it if you didn't wow well, and you we're gonna say that if I didn't too, right? I know. You love that I phrase. Know. I was gonna say it if you didn't. Well, you know, I, I only I, say it when it's true. I believe it's all every time you say it I, I know it's true, but you always say it. Um I know. It's required. So should we are we is there more to uh to uh this episode? Yeah, I mean we're way off. Um yeah, I wanna bring up I definitely want to bring up a few things from the final Goodwin conversation. Oh, can I, can I just say, besides this episode being one of the best, that last whole thing with him and Anne Lucia was very good. Yeah, oh, I was. love that scene. I do too. Yeah, go I ahead. do too. It was. It was. Yeah, this is this is one of the scenes where season two like lives up to season one. Oh, definitely. Uh. Because it's, yeah, it's really good. Like, the first time I watched it, like, I didn't, yeah, I, wow. Okay. Um, I wish I could say it better, but it's just, it's good. Um, okay, so, so I just, I want to bring up some specific lines. The first line I want to bring up is, um, this little exchange they have at first where, where, um, uh, Anna says, uh, why do you think they're doing this? Goodwin says, why do, you, why do I think who's doing what? I love wow. that. Yeah. That was... That's like, that's a, if, if he, if he wasn't an other, he would have known what she meant. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, know. I mean, obviously he knew what she meant, but I mean, he would have been like, he yeah. wouldn't have asked that question unless he's an other. Right. I love how he used why, who, and what all in the same. Yeah. All he needs is where sentence. and sometimes how. Why do I think who's doing what? Very nice. Anyway. Uh, Why do I think who's doing what, where, when? <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like if he pushed himself, he could have worked them all in. He could have. Damn it. Um, and then, and then, uh, Anna Lucia says, uh, "Them? Don't you ever wonder why they attack us?" And then Goodwin says, "Maybe they're not attacking us." And so, 
So I just wanted to say, I mean, there's a lot to say about that, but I just wanted to comment that, like, every time, like, I, it just made me remember Henry yeah. Gale when he's like, these people who you think are your enemies, uh-huh. you know, and like, like, it just seems like the others just don't see it that way and i love his i love the next little line when she goes yeah they just drag us into the jungle every now and then no real harm done he goes good point i i I sort of felt like he was just saying good point you know not that he really agrees with her but he's just saying good point you know right but i think he i think to a certain degree he he's he's understanding it from their perspective with that line like he's saying, well i can see from your perspective how it does seem like we're attacking you right you know but I think, like, based on whatever their plan is, from their perspective, it's nothing like that. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll understand that at some point, but just the fact that him and Henry sort of denied that in exactly the same way. Yeah. You know, of like, you know, it's not an attack. It's that, you know, we're not your enemies. We're actually good guys, you know? Yeah. That's, it's just, it's weird that they, they all think that. And it's like, yeah, if you look at it from, from, you know, our perspective, it's like, I can't imagine what they're doing where, where it doesn't seem that way. Well, the thing, one of the things I wanted to just say is that, oh, I'm losing it. What was it? I don't remember. Oh. Oh, yeah. If, why can't they, I mean, this is one of those questions that obviously wouldn't be good for the show, but why can't they just tell them what's going on? What, what do you mean? Why can't the others come out? Why can't Henry and Goodwin come to Anna Lucia and Ala and Echo and say, hey, you know what, guys? We're doing A, B, and C here on the island, and we're going to need these people. Oh, you know oh what I God. Mean? Like, I mean, obviously that would be weird and crazy, but I'm just sort of wondering why is, I mean, what are they doing that's so whatever that they have to resort to kidnapping people? Right. You know? that's what I guess that's really the big question, and it's, and, um... I'm hoping that in season three, it will actually make sense. Okay, I'm hoping because I agree. Like from a real world perspective, if they're if they, you know if they're thinking we're good people, we're doing the right thing here. These people don't understand, and if they did, then they wouldn't mind. Well, if that's really the case, just explain yeah. it to them. Why can't you let you know one of the one of the people you know one of the tailies that were that were taken? How come you, they can't let them? send a message or even come and say, hey, you know what? Yeah. We're with the others. We're okay. They're not bad people. Right. You know? I mean, if they believe it, you know, if if the tailies come to believe that, that that's true, that they, that whatever, you know, that the others are good, you know, just, just say, hey, you know what? We're safe. We're fine. Don't worry about us. And, you know, leave or run back or whatever. But, like, Right. I mean, I guess, you know, obviously that's bad for the show, but... Yeah, it is. It's very bad for the show, because that's, that's the, it just ruins the whole mystery crappy. about him. But, but, so, here's the next thing. Yeah. Um, is, do you think that his, his explanation, because she says, why do you think they took some of us and not the others? And he said, that night they took the strongest of us, our quiet friend, referring to Echo, mm-hmm. and three other guys. They're all athletic, tough threats. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that that was the reason that they took those, uh, or, you know, the three people and tried to take Echo was because they were tough and threats? I have two answers. My first answer is... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My first answer is, yeah, I guess I believe him. My, my second answer is, no, I don't want to believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to believe it, but I, but I do believe him. 
I, I guess I guess yeah. I guess I believe him but I but I wish I didn't. Well and what's funny is she says they didn't take you, which, you know, is sort of a compliment, oh you're big and you're a threat. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes, Guess they changed their plan after two of them got killed Which which obviously you know, you know obviously he's another, he was never gonna be taken, so they didn't change their right. plan. Right. You know, um, so that sort of logic obviously doesn't work. But, um, I don't know. I just, I'm trying to remember what happened with the, with the, with the, uh, fuselage section. I'm trying to think if any people were, the people taken at the beginning were threats at all. You know? Well, people weren't really taken. Yeah, that's the thing, right? They didn't, didn't they take, uh,. They didn't take anybody? The only people they ever took were Charlie and Claire. Oh, that's right. And, you know, <laughs> tough threats they're not. Oh, Charlie. Hey, hey, he's, uh, he's, oh, yeah, he's tough threat. <laughs> uh, um, and that's why, that's why I don't want to believe him, because it's just not consistent. They didn't do that with the fuselage se- section at all. Mm-hmm. Like, if they were going to, ch- you know, take out the, the threats, they would have gone after, you know, I don't know, Saeed or something. Yeah, you know, okay. D- didn't mess with him. Locke, Jack, any of the guys who you know could sort of come after him. And I guess that leads me to my, to another question: Is why didn't they take people from the from the uh, tail section? You mean? I mean, the, fus- the main. Do you? Yeah. Th- I'm thinking now. I'm thinking that they didn't really know about the uh, the fuselage section for a long time. Really? Yeah. Well, simply because Ethan, it took Ethan a while to infiltrate them. You know, but I, I thought you said. <laughs> what did I say? I thought you said he was there early, and well, we just what didn't I'm saying is, yeah, what I'm saying is, it would make sense for him to be there early. But now I am sort of backtracking to say, well, okay. well, our evidence says that he was there late. You know, I'm I'm saying I would assume for him to be there early, and we just didn't see him. But mm-hmm. obviously, evidence-wise, I can't go against the fact that that when we, when we do actually see him. So yeah. maybe maybe they didn't really know about the that section for a while. That explains why Ethan it took a while before Ethan was infiltrated, and uh, it explains why you know it was a while before they had any contact with the others. Because maybe they didn't even know they were there for a while. I mean, they're on the other side of the island, presumably. You know, if, if the others yeah. are on the north side, and the reason it... and the reason they came so quickly to the tailies is because they're they're near their area. Yeah, I mean the Taylor's experience was very different. I mean yeah. they they were attacked the first night by the others, and and then the second time they were attacked, they took nine people. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of fucking people. That's a lot. Nine out of twenty-three is a lot. I mean Ethan Ethan took Charlie and Claire, but he didn't even really take Charlie. He just took Charlie because he was there. Yeah, it was it was he he just came for Claire really, and he really and then, only came for Claire because of the baby. Oh wait, you know what? They they took Walt. I I guess I should give them credit for that. As far as from the main section. Well, they, I mean, yeah, but they took Walt a long time after the whole thing was going on. That's true. That's true. You it was know. much. It was much much later. Yeah, and that's the um, thing. It's like they took they took the. I mean, I wonder if to a certain degree they took the Losties. I'm sorry, the Tailies. Um, simply because we don't need that many extra cast members. You know, the, you know what I mean? Like, like I wonder if it was it was one of those things where okay, well we'll have the tail section land on the north side of the island, mm-hmm. where the others are. We'll have them get ravaged by the others to you know lower the numbers. 
Yeah. And it's just sort of a practicality in that you don't want 23 extra people, you know, yeah. making their way down south. Even though, I mean, it would have been okay. I mean, because we have 40-something people from the... From the fuselage, and most of them are just standing around in the background. Yeah, but then you, got, then you got 60-something people, though. I mean, I mean, it's not that much more than 40, but that's still a lot of people. And um, and uh, I, I, I don't know. Just from a writing standpoint, I can see how it just sort of made sense to do that. And plus the fact that they did get ravaged, it helps, you know, with what's going on. And um, Right. But anyway, I guess I'll just not try to think it from a writing perspective and think about it from the show perspective. Um, I, I, but I, I mean, ugh. I think that's a, I think that's a, uh, a fair point, and I think you know I think sometimes it might be sort of a compromise where they need to do this for a writing reason, and then it gives them the opportunity to do something else, yeah. you know, for for story reason. Yeah. Um. So because you know, and also you you can't have the others coming to take Walt and people. You know, the first night of the show. Right. I mean, that would be ridiculous. It would be ridiculous if in the pilot that night, you know, the others are there. Like, Oh, my God. Yeah, you got to spread that out. And I think, so I, I think, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, they either waited to attack them or or to at least infiltrate them with Ethan. They either waited or they just didn't know for a while. Yeah, that's the thing. I want to believe they were just farther away and it just took them longer to figure out what was going on over yeah. there. And, like, and, you know, Ethan came and, like, he didn't get to make the list. Goodwin did make the list. So, you know, they knew more about what was going on. Yeah. How, however those lists work, yeah. don't ask me. But uh, uh, Ethan never got to take, make the list. And it made me think, like, they didn't know about Walt until later. Yeah. Like, you know, like, they didn't, they didn't figure out that they needed him until later on. And of course, uh, I gotta just throw in the question. Not that we should even try to answer it now, but why do they think they need Walt? Is beyond me. Why? Wait, what did you say? Why they think they need Walt, or why they wanted to take Walt in the first place? Oh. Well, I mean, I. Uh... I mean, it's obviously because they think he has powers. They tested him. Yeah. Right? But why would? Why do they think that he might? Is the question. Right, no, I mean, that's that, that's a very good question. And, like, I mean, we've come up with, like, maybe they just take kids and hope for the best. Like, they they know they know some kid's going to be like this. Like yeah. like you said, maybe some sort of prophecy or, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want it to be a prophecy either, but. I hate saying the word, but, uh, you know, and so they're just, they just take every kid they find and, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, and when they took Walt, they somehow discovered, you know, that, that he had potential or whatever. And that's where all those lines came from yeah. about, about him being whatever, you know, cause I think before, I mean, when they took Walt, they just said like, we're going to take the boy. Like they, it didn't seem like it was specific. It seemed like, it seemed like they were just taking him cause he was a kid. Now... I I I don't know if that's true, but it, but they didn't they didn't refer to him by name, and you know, and even Danielle said they're coming for the boy, and so it makes me think. True. I, makes I mean, me, go ahead. I was gonna say I don't know if they necessarily knew his name. Uh, you know, like you said, Ethan didn't get to make the list. Uh, the other thing I was gonna say is, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem. I think 
The only thing about, you know, they were just taking him just because he was a kid is that I feel I, I, I feel like they were out there looking for him specifically. Now maybe you know, not because they're looking for Walt, but they're looking for the boy that they know is on the raft. Yeah. You know, but I feel like they wanted him because they I but I guess it just goes back to maybe they thought he might have powers and they take all the kids. So they needed this kid. I agree that it was very sort of general. Uh they just sort of, you know, took it. but I think I do want to make it clear that I think they were specifically out there for him, though. They weren't just I hanging, agree. They weren't just hanging around and, oh, well, here's a boy. We'll no. take him since we're here. Yeah, if a kid happens to, you know, float by, we'll, we'll grab him. <laughs> but we're just out here, you know. Yeah, looking at the stars. Ha- having a little other, whatever, boat party. No, I I agree. I Yeah, that's the thing. They're out for him specifically, but not for Walt specifically. Like, yeah, they don't... that's a very different... Small distinction, but I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah, like that's that's the impression I got at least, and that they didn't figure out Walt until later. Yeah. But then again, maybe they did know somehow. I mean, that by the time the hunting party comes around, which is pretty soon, they know Jack and Locke's names. Yeah. And uh, could they know this from Ethan? Sure, but you know, I don't know. He didn't make the list, and why couldn't he tell them other people's names? And, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, he Ugh. didn't make the list, but he could say, you know, Jack is the leader, and he looks like this, and... Yeah. You know, I don't I don't really know. And then, you know, if we Oh, and they had Sawyer and, and Hurley's real names, too. Yeah, I mean, we can go to our de facto, you know, telepathic thing. Oh, yeah, I forgot then, about that. You know, why sort of make a list if you can read minds? I don't know. I know, I know. And that's why I don't understand the vital importance of the list. Couldn't he just tell you, like... Yeah. Couldn't, I mean... I guess I guess the idea is blowing cover, but then then I wonder like if Goodwin's writing a list, like he's sitting there at night. I don't, I don't even know how this works, but like he he talks to people and figures out their names and decides if they're good or not. I guess, and then he then he at night he's writing these names and he's writing down okay. The, this is Billy, and he's uh, blah blah blah, and he's mm-hmm. and he's he's good, and this is blah blah blah, <laughs> and they're bad. And uh, and then what does he do with that list? Well, like he... I think he only writes the list of people who are good. Uh, I don't uh, think okay. he necessarily... De- and, I, and I believe Anna Lucia mentioned the list detailing what people were wearing. Uh, of the one that I believe she killed with the rock, it had mm-hmm. a list of people and what they were wearing. So I think that's how, at least in this instance, they knew who was who. Uh, was because it said, you know, Brian, he's good. And he's wearing mm-hmm. the baggy cargo pants and the red, you know, like, which, which at night, you know, it, I mean, obviously there's still a little problem with finding those people quickly and, you know, discerning who's wearing what. But, but I believe that's how it was supposed to go. Was Goodwin had a list of people to take. Those nine, you know, the second time it was those nine people and it had their names and what they were wearing. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, like, he writes, he writes the old list and then, like, he passes it to somebody uh, at night, like, he sneaks off and passes it, you know, uh-huh. but, but, like, if they, if they're really telepathic, like you said, I mean, it seems like they shouldn't have to do that, um, yeah, I was thinking maybe, um, maybe physically writing it down has something to do with what's going on, too, you know, I, I'm just, I think I'm tying a very loose connection to remote viewing, to where, you know, you have, there's things you write down, and, 
you know, there's this number thing, it's, you know, there's these, the, it's all about, right, oh, oh, I'm bad at this, but there's a specific thing about writing when it comes to remote viewing that I was thinking maybe, maybe having, having these names written down has something to do with their powers or telepathically knowing who people are or something like that, or I don't know. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense to, you know, if they are tele... Well, and that's the thing. How does the telepathy work? How close do you have to be? Right. You know, I mean, obviously, if you've got nine people and you need to you need to say what they're wearing, it makes sense to write it down and pass the information. But also, if you're telepathic, you can just tell the person mentally and they can write it down and you don't have to give them the paper. They can write it down. Right. And maybe, and maybe like... that's what happened. I mean, we don't know who wrote the note. We just know that guy had the note on him. And he was right. the, he was obviously on the receiving end of the message, so you know technically speaking, Goodwin could have mentally told them, okay, it's this guy, this yeah. guy, this guy, and then they wrote it down so that they would know and remember and can tell everybody who was gonna you know be a part of the assault team. Uh, so that could have happened. That could. I happened. guess I guess I assume he wrote it because I mean maybe he didn't write like the list the guy was carrying. Yeah. But I feel like he wrote the li- you know the original. Yeah. Um, and the reason I feel that way is basically because of maternity leave. When, Which uh, we haven't got into yet. When <laughs> when Tom tells Ethan, you know, you were supposed to make a list and then take her. and so Did you he know, say I, write a list or did he say make a list? Oh, jeez. Do you want me to look it up? <laughs> I don't uh, remember his wording. Uh, I, I, although I believe he said make a list, which, you know, what you would normally think that means write it down. If you're telepathic, then you don't really need to write it down to communicate it. So, um, it, making a list at the very least means you know organizing in your head who's who. Yeah, he says he says make make the list and then bring her in. Yeah. So you know. So at the very least, that means he Ethan was supposed to you know organize who's who. It doesn't mean he had to write it down. But obviously okay, that, would be, but that would be the logical thing to do, but I'm just that's, saying. That's the, that's the, I mean, that to me, if you're the one who comes up with what goes on in the list, the fact that you're not the person who writes it down is sort of, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you're, well, what I mean is he's the one creating the information that contained in the list. Exactly, exactly. But what I'm saying is I don't think it necessarily has to be a, a written list. He just needs to go in and figure out who's good or who's bad, and in his head, no, these fifteen people are good, and that's the okay. list. That's the list I mean, in his head, so he knows that those fifteen people are good, and he needs to be able to communicate that in some fashion. It seems like if they were attacking, you know, Goodwin's there. It seems like if they had telepathy, he could say, "Take that one over there by the tree, and take that one over there in the sleeping bag, and that one there," and like. It seems like that would be very easy to I do. Think, yeah, and I, that's why I think their telepathy isn't conventional. With, if okay. You can, if you can say that about telepathy. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's uh. a new territory here. I don't think it works like that because it doesn't, because I agree. He could have, and very, and like when he was getting attacked by Lucia, he could have said, hey, help, you know. Yeah. There's many instances, you know, when Ethan was getting beat up by Jack, hey, help, you know. Mm-hmm. I think there's many instances where they could have used their telepathy, and I don't think it works like that. It seems to be, a, here's another weird thing to say, a more real world approach to telepathy mm-hmm. where they have to sort of. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They have to sort of work harder to make it happen you know mm-hmm. and maybe you know because the original idea was telepathy was the whispering 
and you obviously hear many voices so it's a sort of like a a chanting thing or a concentration thing or it's not just the way we speak they can just do it with the same amount of ease mentally it's they have to concentrate maybe it has to be a group of them maybe it has to be whatever in order to, to get you know this very impressive mental power to work um, so I think their telepathy if, it, if, if they have telepathy is more along the lines of that to where it's, it's not so comic book type easy to do telepathy it's right. harder. You got to concentrate. It's a learned skill. It's a, it's a maybe even technology exi- assisted type thing. And maybe not like yeah, not like not like just talking. Yeah, not like just talking and like. But with Goodwin, your mind, if Goodwin isn't you know near them or whatever or doing something specific, he can't hear them. He can't talk to them tele- telepathically. Right. Because uh, I agree. He could just be sitting there and saying, okay, take that one or take this one or, or even like, hey, you know, don't, don't come tonight because chance, plans have changed or whatever, you know. Like, yeah. Right. So okay. back to um, <laughs> 48 Days Later. Well, we're, we're, we're talking about it. Yeah, um, we are kind of. Uh, I mean, we got a little off. Another thing I want to mention from this scene is this is this knife. Oh, that she I was. Took. I'm just gonna bring up the knife. I was just gonna give an explanation about it. Uh, okay. Uh, so, all right. Just yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it was yeah. I just because I was reading the transcript and I saw the knife thing, and there it is. Um, you know, Anna Lucia, you know, took the knife from the other that she killed. And thought right. it was weird because they don't wear shoes. How did they get an army knife? And I love the... God, it's so funny. Uh, she's like, yeah, it's an army knife. And he goes, really? How do you know? And she's like, here, I'll show you. And I always think she's going to show some little tiny thing or there's some weird thing about army knives that no other knives have. But, of course, it's just like, <laughs> it just has a stamp on it that says U.S. Army. U.S. Army. If you, if you look at the knife, you can tell it's an army knife. You know? Not very subtle. Not very subtle. But, anyway, she says it's U.S. military. Here's a, here's a stamp, a Tang stamp, whatever that means. Yeah. And she says it's probably 20 years old. And right. I thought 20 years, I just thought to myself, 20 years ago, Goodwin might have been in Peace Corps then. Uh, maybe... Uh, Maybe, and obviously she says it's an army knife, but I'm thinking maybe one of the others was in the army 20 years ago, and that's why they have the knife, you know. And I was thinking maybe, uh, hell, it could be Kelvin's knife for all we know. Well, yeah. That's the thing. I wanted, uh, that, to me, that's yet another, actually, legitimate military uh, yeah. connection. Um because, uh, yeah, just, yeah, could be Calvin's knife, could be, I guess, anybody else who either was in Dharma or whatever ended up on the island, uh, you know, who was in the army. Yeah. Um, now, I guess... It just seemed to me to further sort of solidify that link. Well, I guess the next question is, what would be significance of that? Why point that out with this army connection and twenty years ago army connection? Right. <sighs> and well, I, I also want to ask. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Kelvin's rank when he was in the army? No, and I just watched that episode yesterday. Oh, really? Because you know, uh, I've been recently doing this job where I'm working with working with the army, and I, I have a good sense of what rank you can get after being 20 years in the army. And I'm just wondering if uh, if he was if he was close to that rank or not. I mean, if he was like 
you know, a staff sergeant after being 20 years in the Army, he's, that's not, I mean, obviously it can happen, but it's not very realistic because you can, you can sort of get, get to a sergeant status uh, in less than 20 years, obviously. Uh, if he was, like, a master sergeant or something like that, I'm assuming he was enlisted. If he was a master sergeant or something like that, I would say, okay, 20 years, I might buy that. Or if he was an officer, if he was a colonel, you know, obviously that could work. Uh, I'm, I'm saying a lot of very esoteric things to some people. But uh, I'm just wondering if his, because I think his rank in that episode when we see him in Saeed's flashback could help yeah. denote if he, how long he's been in the army and if this could maybe be his knife or not. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, wait, wait, do I get it? Okay, okay, I get it, I think. So when, that flashback is the Gulf War, essentially. Okay. So you're talking like, what, 91, something like that? About 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, so so that's about, well, from, from lost time, I guess that would be, you know, maybe 12 years or so. So... So for for that to be for him to have a twenty year old knife, uh, well, I, see, of course, I guess there's the problem. If to, for the knife to be twenty years old, um, see, I was thinking if it's his knife, it'd be twenty years since he got out. Um, but if the knife is twenty years old, then that means uh, that means eighty six, right? Yeah. And or well, from last time, eighty four. Eighty four. Um, so. If he was in the Gulf War in the 90s and then got out after that and joined Dharma, um, then that means he was only in at the at the earliest, you know, 84, if that's his knife. Uh, so it's, it's, so he was in for like 10 years if he got out around the mid-90s. Um, so I still need to know his rank to see if that makes sense. But um, Yeah. He, he was a weird, like, sort of person. I don't even think he wore a uniform. He didn't have a uniform on? I don't think so because he's like he's like the shady guy they bring in to teach Saeed how to torture people, and I, I think he just that. he's just like wearing like uh, sort of a green shirt. I don't think he has. But I mean, you you might detect something. I didn't, but I thought I don't, okay. I thought I'm I'm specifically remembering the scene when they they were letting Saeed go and Kelvin was standing, you know. Oh, he might he might have had a uniform in yeah, that scene. Yeah, I thought I thought in that scene he had a uniform on. He he that he very well could have a uniform in that scene. I'm I'm talking about the the earlier scenes. Oh, okay. Uh, cuz I actually feel like I remember him in a uniform in that scene, which I guess would be the place to look if you want to know his Ray. I'm on Lostpedia right now. Hopefully they'll they'll tell me. Yeah, I actually remember at one point seeing Seeing the stripes of someone, but I think it was actually Kate's dad, not Kelvin. Oh, okay. Uh, which isn't very helpful. But, uh, yeah. Apparently, they said he joined sometime between 91 and 2001. I guess the, the Gulf War ended in 91, I guess. Yeah, started and it, ended. Yeah, it was very quick. Um, so... Hmm. They said he joined the army? They said he joined Dharma sometime. Oh, between, Dharma. Between 1991 okay. and 2001. Now that's true. Wow, they, they okay, they definitely uh, covered their tracks with that one. Because, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, he, he was on the island for, you know, however long he said until, you know, 2004 when Desmond showed up. And then, uh, you know. 
Oh wait, how long was Desmond there? Now I don't even remember. I don't okay. know anymore. I'm trying to find this picture. I think it was a couple years. So yeah, so I guess uh, they don't even have many it. years. He was there before that. Uh, oh, that's be, a. Uh, I'm I'm looking on Lost PD under Kelvin, and they have all these theories about him. And one of the things I don't know if we ever said was uh, how did how did how did Kelvin know Desmond was out there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good question. Because <laughs> they were saying. I think we talked about that in in our finale podcast. Really? What are we saying? Um, I can't remember what our theories were though. Uh, I think, I think I said like, oh, he was just, uh, he was just. But it doesn't even make any sense. He was like, you yeah, know, it doesn't. There's nothing we can say. <laughs> he was by himself. Like he could not leave for more than 108 minutes. Yeah. So. How would he just discover... I mean, I don't think that place is right next to the beach. Oh, no. I'm surprised he even had time. He came out there. I mean, he came out there. To, he, was, he was coming to get him. It was fairly obvious that he was coming to get him. Oh, yeah. And, and he, I'm just surprised he had time to, like, you well, know... I guess he pushed the thing and ran out there and dragged to the, him To all his the credit, back. the first version of what happened, you know... Calvin, uh, sorry, Desmond says, you know, the but the it was already beeping when they got back, so he barely made it back. Okay. Um, yeah, we didn't actually see the the arrival to the hatch in the in the finale. Yeah. We just saw him being dragged from the beach. So, you know, uh, I still okay, and that so the idea is he barely made it, but that's crazy. I mean, how would he know? How would he possibly know? I can't even, unless yeah. who could have told him? Yeah, unless oh like others told him, like yeah. Oh man, and if the others told him, like that's the thing. If Henry's Redzinski, then at some point he left and joined the others, and like, what does Kelvin know about that? Like, yeah, you know, he calls them hostile, true, so he doesn't. Unless he's just lying. And, yeah, and, he does. But he why does. would he? Why would he call them the hostiles unless he thought they were hostile? Exactly. You know, or, or I should say, why would he? And why would he want Desmond to think they're hostile? Unless it's just another reason to keep him in the hatch. Yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah. I looked at a picture. There's a, there's a shot from the scene that I'm thinking of with with Kelvin and uh, Saeed, and he's mm-hmm. not wearing a uniform. Oh, he's not. Okay. <laughs> Good. So uh, I guess there's nothing to be learned from that. I don't think it even matters anyway. I don't think it's his knife. Um, yeah, I don't think it's his knife either, but uh, I like to believe that it is. I like to just wonder, why do they even... That's the thing I hate about this show. They just bring up stuff, and it's like, why would you even bring that up? <laughs> like, who cares about the knife? If you guys are going to make a point about the knife, make a point about the knife. You know, I'm getting fed up. I'm, this is my last podcast, okay? I'm done with this wow. show. I quit, you know? I just, I can't take it anymore. Wow. Um, I just can't take the, uh, the the meaningless things that seem very important. <laughs> uh, the, because they bring them up. <laughs> you, they lost you with the knife. My theory is that, they, is that they're just, they're just dropping, they're just dropping little clues. And that it's not, the knife isn't like, important in any like real sense it's just sort of a a pointer to whatever's going on yeah like we're supposed to say okay it's u.s military it's on the island 
someone from the U.S. military is on the island. Maybe the military is on the island at some point. I feel like it's it's just supposed to be a pointer to something, not like not like well, since there was the knife, that means the others are you know. Well, that's where that's what crackpots like us are gonna think. It's like okay, well, there's a knife, so what does that mean? Uh, 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 you know, yeah. to, to leave it at well, I guess it means there was U.S. military on the island. I mean, that's still big. That's still, I want to say, okay, well, in what respect? You know, yeah. were they were they part of Dharma? Were they fighting Dharma? Were they just exploring and had never had any contact? Like, 20 years ago was right in the heart of Dharma activity on the island. Oh, yeah. You know, so to have a military knife, and I don't know how she knows it's 20 years old, but anyway. I know, it, it was, it just it reminded me of all those things about clothes being old and yeah. stuff. Yeah. This knife is just the right amount of decay for uh, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The way the knife is decayed, I would say 20 years. Um, I guess I guess we can put that aside and, and go back to another similar thing with the with the knife and say, um, it's a little weird that the, the guy was carrying a knife, don't you think? Or do you think? Yes. I do think that's pretty weird. Um, yeah. It yeah, seems like he was only carrying it so she, so she could find it. So she it could find it? Yeah, it. I know. I know. Well, maybe... I mean, okay, how about this? Maybe he was just carrying it because, you know, when the others go out in the jungle, sometimes it's useful to have a knife for various reasons. Exactly. I mean, obviously there's some utilitarian value to, to those tools. And I was thinking maybe since Echo beat the hell out of them and well, killed two of them the first time, right. they went a little bit more prepared the second time. Okay. Maybe. That. Yeah. Um, I mean, a knife is a pretty straightforward tool to have. I mean, if I was in the, I would want one if I was there. Yeah, I mean, it'd be very useful. Yeah. You in think, a lot of situations. A watch might be useful. Shoes might be useful. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, but I guess not in the same way. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They're not, I don't think they're really survivalists because, you know, we kind of know they're not. But yeah. I guess, like, sometimes they do have to kind of go out <laughs> in the jungle. Sometimes and so, they you know, sometimes you just have to go out in the jungle. And when, when I go out in the jungle, I always bring my army knife. You always bring your 20-year-old army knife. Wow. That's right. You know it's an army knife by the Tang Stamp. The Tang Stamp. God, Anna. That's why you're dead. Um, so, obviously, Goodwin and Anna talk, and she's... Um, well, what's really funny is that she talks about the knife, and she says, it's really weird, huh? And then she leads from that to basically saying, you're a fraud. Yeah. And I was trying to see, I guess she was connecting the two things somehow. You know, or maybe she was just sort of wanted to get the knife out of his hands before she said that, so she came up with a reason to ask for it back. Yeah, yeah, that that was weird when he asked for the knife. Yeah, was... I love that. Can I have the knife? I just want to peel this fruit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slice as delicately like your neck would if I tried to kill you. <laughs> oh, God. I love that. And she, she, the, the looks, whoever directed that uh, did a very good job in the acting. Yeah. Because it was like, he's like, uh, it was so plainly, can I have the knife? You know, can I see the knife? I just want to peel, you know. She's, she mm. looks very strangely like, I don't trust you, but I'm looking like I trust you. But yeah. I actually don't look like I trust you because it's hard to mask distrust. <laughs> I don't. 
I definitely don't trust you, but for now, I'm not going to show any, like, I'm not going to let that affect my actions yeah, just yet. Yeah, because I don't know if I should trust you or not, but I don't, let's see if you try to kill me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was very well done, and then she asked for it back the same way. Oh, let me, let me show you uh, the little Tang stamp. Yeah. And uh, But anyway, she sort of goes from that to the you're another, and... Like right. we said earlier, did you see Bernard? Is that why you pretend to be... I'm sorry, did Bernard see you? Is that why you pretend to be one of us? Right. Uh, so, excuse me. Oh, she's on there. Uh, you pretended to be... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh. oh. I'm not tired. I just pretend to be tired. Right. Um, you know, she says, you know, did Bernard see you? Is that why you pretended to be one of us? So apparently... Uh, two minutes after, I'm sorry, ten minutes after, um, they, uh, they crashed is when he came out. Well, approximately. Obviously, she wasn't, she wasn't timing him. Right. But she says ten minutes after the crash, you know, you weren't wet, uh, you were, you were never in the ocean. Where were you? <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Where are they? Uh, yeah, that's what she says. Sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought it was weird that she says, you know, did you kill Nathan? I mean, uh, I guess that's for the people at home who aren't following along too closely. Yeah, did you kill him? Did you kill Nathan? Did you kill Nathan, the guy who I thought was another? <laughs> did you kill Nathan, the guy who was in the bathroom for two hours on the plane? <laughs> Oh, but he said he was in the laboratory for two hours, but that's really ridiculous. You know, so we thought he was. I feel like and... she's she's vi- being very accusatory uh, or accusatory. Ac- yeah, accusatory. Sorry, I accusatory. I just put some, accusatory. Put some yeah, extra stuff in there for for spice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't oh. just say. And I'm surprised she didn't just say. You know, why did you kill him? You know, she's already accusing him of everything. Why not just say, why did you kill him? Yeah, and then he can still say he wasn't a good person. Blah blah. Anyway, not the he still point. says why. Yeah, he still says why. So, anyway, but, um, yeah, I might have stuff to talk about. I just want to bring up that and that it was very well done. So, uh, nothing to really discuss. I don't think. Yeah, uh, I wanted to mention uh, this. The, her her very last line here. Uh, what about the kids? Did you kill them too? And he says the children are fine. They're better off now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, and it occurred to me that, you know, of the people they've taken, uh, they really haven't hurt any of them that we know of. You know, people that, people that they took that we saw later, they were, they were in fine shape. I'm, I'm spazzing out. Who did they take that we saw later? Well, Walt and Claire. Okay. Uh, I guess Charlie doesn't count. Charlie, he, he wasn't really. Ta- I mean, he was taken, but he wasn't really supposed to be taken. Yeah, that's the thing. He wasn't taken the way they were taken. Um, true. No, they didn't. I mean, who knows what they did to Claire's baby? But true, um, they were giving her shots and stuff, but they didn't. They didn't like hurt her explicitly. I mean, of course, Alex would have us believe they were going to, but still, whatever they're doing doesn't seem like it's sort of. Violent yeah, and that's the way. thing. I mean, what, what sense would it be to kill these people, to uh, kidnap them, to kill them? Yeah, that would be really silly. You know, um, just kill them there or something or whatever. Yeah, that's I mean, why. That's why we take kids, Anna, so we can kill them. Yeah. 
Oh, I wish he would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> what about the kids? Did you kill them too? Of course. What other reason would there be to take kids? But they can't. Like... Yeah. Why would we just kill them at, on on site? We we take them somewhere else and then we kill them. Yeah. It's so much better that way. Oh God. Yeah. yeah it was really it was really nice how like we saw Goodwin like a couple episodes ago. You know, they like pass him or something, and they and they make a couple of references to Goodwin too. And I love how when you know what they're talking about, like oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like uh, when they when they were basically it was about trusting Michael and Jen and Sawyer, and yeah, she says something about Goodwin. Like, is that something about Goodwin? But you you assume at the time that Goodwin was one of them who got taken. But it's yeah. just the opposite. <laughs> right. You know, it was like, no, yeah. he was a bad guy. I, yeah. I thought it was funny how during the fight scene, he like leaps like 10 or 15 feet in the air on top of her. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so comical. He like, you know, but I mean, he's sort of off of a slope of a hill. That's really why he gets so much air clearance. But he leaps pretty high. Yeah. And like, was he just going to body slam her? <laughs> he was going to body slam her. And I'm like, wow, I guess some of the others are former wrestlers. Like, what the yeah. hell was that about? <laughs> He's going to body slam Anna Lucia. And then she just happens to have a stick, which was good. And Yeah, lucky her. Him, God. So. That was, uh, yeah, it almost, it almost... Yeah. But can uh, I say the odds of finding Goodwin? You're tra- you're you're Jin and Echo, and you're tracing through the jungle. The odds of finding Goodwin's body has to be relatively low. I'm just gonna say that, okay? Hey, you can say it, but people people just keep finding. I things. can say it, and apparently it's not true. Yeah, <laughs> they're finding him all the time. People always discover things in the jungle. They just walk upon people yeah. like, well, like in Locke remote said, areas. Lux said, you know, how'd you find the plane lock? Oh, we just spotted it. We're just walking there. Whoa, yeah, you know? yeah. We're just looking around. Oh, look, there's a board. Hey, there's a plane. Oh, Beechcraft. Um, are you ready to move on? Yeah, I think... a good I, 13 hours on this uh, topic. I think we're done. But you know what? Goodwin, I'd like to say, much like Ethan, he's, he's given us... By giving us so little, we can we can dissect his every line and uh, wish we knew more about what he was. Definitely a topic about. for discussion. He was he was a good character, and uh, it's too bad he was only around for one episode. Yeah. Oh, I wish we'd see him again, and uh, somehow I'm feeling. Nice. I was gonna say it seems like more than one episode, but I guess is because you know I love the structure of the other forty eight days, the way you know. Day one, blah, blah, blah. Day right. three, blah, blah, blah. I just love that time-lapse structure. And it seems like we spent a lot more time with those people than we really did. Because it yeah. was just one episode, you know. And he was only, yeah, it was only after one episode. But it was 48 days. And, and I love the very end of the episode when we get the, like, the last couple days real quick. You know, like, right. flat, you know, like a couple seconds each day, you know. I love that. I really wish the whole show was like they could do a whole season like that, <laughs> like in like in like two or three hours, just just tell us like the whole thing that happens in season. Th- you know, obviously we'd miss a lot of details, but you still catch a lot in those montages. Definitely, about what's going on. Um, Definitely. Of course, it helps that you've seen most of that stuff already. Oh yeah, but uh, but yeah, it does it does seem to sort of make it clear. They filled in that one little detail about what went on behind the scenes. Uh, 
you know, when when they first uh, threw uh, Michael and uh, Sawyer and Jen in the in the thing, and yeah, then, yeah, like they they filled in that little detail, and then they sort of just and it was like, and then you remember all this, and then this happened, mm-hmm. and then there was that, and well, and then we're back here where we were the previous episode. Oh. And it's all full circle. And it's sort of reminiscent of what they did with the hatch, too, where they had that sort of, like, revisiting that scene with Desmond, you know, again. But instead of this, you know, first time it was from sort of Shannon Saeed's perspective, and the second time it's more from their perspective. Yeah. You know, so. Anyway, uh, very good episode. And, uh, yeah, I I wish they were all that good. I mean, another reason why it's good, any episode that stays on the island the whole time has a better chance of being good. Oh, there we go. Because <laughs> uh, it doesn't happen very often. And the other ones I'm thinking of that are like that are usually very good. So, anyhow, uh, we can move on. Uh, I'm sorry. I was looking over this thing. When they find the radio in the arrow hatch, Goodwin says the hills are blocking it. If we want to get a signal... Go to higher ground. I'll do it. Never mind. I just I was gonna ask why he would try to get a signal, but I just realized he wasn't trying to get a signal. He was gonna go destroy the radio or something. Or yeah, take it take it away from them at least. Yeah. Sorry. I was I was like, why would he go do that? But yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. But that's the whole lead in. That Anna goes with him. And... Yeah, I love that when he's like, no, you stay help help and get it set up as a sh- set up as a shelter. Oh, we can all do that. We'll be back in a few more hours. It'll be quick and a <laughs> lovely adventure. I, I I love her when she uh, Michelle Rodriguez when she gets that look on her face, like that devious grin. You know, mm-hmm. it's really good. All right, yeah. you know what also is really good is Collision, mm. but but good. <laughs> I mean, let's not talk about this episode too long because it wasn't that interesting. <laughs> By good, you always mean something else. Yeah. Episode 8, Collision. Two L's, people. The grief-stricken Saeed is captured. <laughs> and ty- oh, <laughs> The grief-stricken... I don't know what that meant. Two L's. <laughs> the grief-stricken Saeed is captured and tied up by the Tailies when he seeks to avenge Shannon's death. Mm. A flashback sheds light on Anna Lucia's past. <laughs> well, that was a quick summation. Wow, that was it? Yeah. As the rest of the party leaves to rejoin the other survivors, Anna Lucia is left behind with Saeed and a loaded gun. Ooh. I can't believe they, they did that. They did a hyphen and a loaded gun. <laughs> wow, that was, oh. that was nice. That was nicely done. Um, the sus- wow. they, they, they kept the suspense in there. I love it. Yeah, well, this episode, dude, I don't have a lot, so, I mean, like you said, or like I said, good meaning, not that good, um, we'll, we should breeze through this pretty quickly. We spent a lot of time on, you know, one of the best episodes of the season, the other 48 days, so, you know, what's to be expected, but, um, what do you have for this? I'll let you go first, since you never go first. Oh, no. <laughs> and here's why, folks. <laughs> oh, jeez. Don't throw it to me. I don't know what to do with this episode. Okay, so how about this? I'll uh, I'll start with my little stuff. I can't think of a thing to say about wow. it. Wow, I, I suck. Well, I'm the, sorry. the the first little tidbit, as I've been like to, liking to do, that's a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this little retrospective stuff, is to point out the little details. I don't know why I have to preference this every time, but um, 
My point is, Anna Lucia was in counseling for four months before she got back on the force, so there's a little number connection there. Okay, very good. Very uh, good. That's all I got in terms of little factoids. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sad. I have a I have another note here about Echo. Okay. I don't know what it means. All right. Um, Let's hear it. Uh, I have. I hate to say it out loud and not really to be able to back it up. Um, Hmm. 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 Uh, I'm trying to decide uh, what to say. Oh, okay. So here we go. My note is maybe you'll know what this means. My note is Echo's doing all these good things for others, but it's really for himself. Oh, I do know what it means. I'm trying to come up. I know what it means, but I'm trying to come up with examples so I can understand what I mean. Sawyer, he said, he said, uh, he said to somebody, I'm not doing it for him, I'm doing it for me. Yeah, and that's exactly why I thought that about Echo. Because, I, yeah, who did Sawyer say that to? No, Echo said that. Oh, oh, he said that about Sawyer. About yes, Sawyer. Yes, I'm really confused. Yes, that's exactly why I was saying, okay, the other good things that Echo has done wasn't necessarily for those people, but it was for himself in terms of making up for the bad stuff he's done in his life type thing. Right. And I think that might go to explain why he's seemingly a good person in terms of the others. Because, you know, they originally wanted him. Right, 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 right. Okay, wait, I feel like, wait. I feel like I'm on the island talking to Kate. The bottle. The bottle what? that they have the messages. <laughs> the bottle with the messages on the raft. <laughs> oh, God. I thought you would get it quicker than that. Uh, uh, sorry. Okay, uh, you Jack, know, you remember last week I told you that I thought Michael was a mole? Well, uh, I... You get what I'm saying? I think I get what you're saying. Okay. But wait, it seems to me like it makes him see... Is it better to do something for the person or for yourself? Well, it that's the like thing, it's... as, 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 as uh, Phoebe on Friends said, there's no such thing as a selfless act. Uh, or maybe she thought there was a such thing. Yeah, she did. Anyway, sorry to bring that reference in. Please. Um, it's, that, it's worse to do something good for somebody, but just to make yourself feel better, obviously. Because it's not really a selfless act. If you, right. if you're getting Because that was the point in Friends, is that... If you do something good for somebody, you're going to feel good about it. Therefore, you know, it's not selfless, you know. Um, so, and that was a point in, sorry, in Friends, Phoebe was trying to find a, a, a wholly selfless act, and it was sort of hard to do because at the very least, if you do something good for somebody, you're going to feel some enjoyment out of that. So how could it be 100% selfless if you're getting enjoyment out of it? So I don't know. I think. Uh, well, I, th- I think I think it depends on what your intentions are when you do it. If you do it just to get the feeling, then there's a problem. But if you just do it for its own sake, and then afterwards you happen to feel good, I mean, I think that's. I don't think the fact that you feel good after doing a good thing is is somehow like somehow means you're selfish. Well, I think it. I think it's in terms of the general, like like take a step back from it. I think. I think. It, I think the pro- the point is, you know, if, if somebody helps an old lady cross the street and they're just doing it to, to help the old lady, then that was selfless. 
But if they feel good afterwards, if you think, if you take a step back and look at the situation, it's not selfless from an overall perspective because they did feel enjoyment after it, even though it was after the fact. Now his intentions, I guess you could say, his intentions were selfless, but in 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 the whole, the act as a whole wasn't. You know what I mean? But I, I, that just it doesn't make any sense. I know but it's, it's selfish. It's, it's nitpicking. It's it's yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, well, no, for, not selfish, for... just not selfless. Okay, is but that, is that the opposite? Are those two things opposite? I feel sort like of. I feel like they're not opposites. Uh, yeah, no, I I think I think they're pretty much opposites. Selfish means for yourself, and selfless means not for yourself. I guess that means they're opposites, but um, yeah, I guess I guess I'm saying like. I mean, for a show like that, like, you know, it sounds funny and it, like, sort of makes sense. But I think if you think about just the just the fact that you feel good about, like, if you if you just go out and do good things for people just because it makes you feel good, that's when that's when you cross the line, I think. But if you if you do things for their own sake and then you just happen to feel good after them, that doesn't make you, you know, well, that doesn't mean it was, it was uh, I agree. not selfless. I agree if it, if, it, if, it, if it happens that way. I think the people who, like, I'll bring Habitat for Humanity back, they get enjoyment out of helping these people and, you know, building these homes and doing something good for other people. They're getting enjoyment out of that, and they know they're going to get enjoyment out of that, especially if they've done it before. And I still don't think that it's, not selfless, but it's not 100% selfless, though, because they know they're going to get enjoyment out of it. I mean, even though it's hard work, even though they're taking time out of their lives to do this thing, they know it's they know it's for a good cause, and they they I th- they get enjoyment out of that. That's the thing. I mean, from what you're saying, like, if, if they never, you know, they're just doing it, and they're saying, oh, I'm going to go do this thing, and oh, I just happen to feel good about it afterwards, then yeah, okay, 100% selfless. You didn't know or you weren't thinking about it. But I think in most cases when you're doing something good for somebody else, uh, you know, it comes across, you, you, to some degree, don't you think? I mean, think about the, the good things you've done for people, if anything. Sorry. Um, don't, you, don't you at least have a small inkling beforehand that, well, I should do, this will make me feel good or, or I'll feel good about helping this person. You know what I mean? Like if you just see somebody homeless on the street, you know, and they ask for money, I know in my head I'm thinking, this is a good thing to do. You know what I'm saying? I will feel better about helping this person who needs help. Like, I think that. I'm not doing it to make myself feel better, but I am, I do know that I'm going to, after I give this guy money, I'm going to feel like I've done something good. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't deny that that happens. Yeah. I'm just saying it's possible for it not to happen. I agree. The, the idea that there's no such thing as a selfless act is, is ridiculous to me. I think self, 100% selfless acts are hard to come by, but I think they happen. Um, especially, yeah. especially maybe in more dire situations, like in the right. in a plane crash, you know, when Jack is saving all those people. He's not thinking yeah. about what's going to happen afterwards. He's, doing, he's running on instinct at that point. Right. Uh, so I agree it does happen. Right, or, or, or the tail people, too, when, yeah. when, when they oh, were yeah. saving kids and stuff. But yeah. I think, I think the, okay, back to Echo, I think he's specifically doing a lot of good things for people, and he does have a bad past that he, being a religious person, he, you know, he knows about you know, repenting and, and sort of make, doing good deeds to make up for bad deeds. And he even says, I'm doing this for myself. 
Right. You know, which which I which I want to connect to the fact that he had a bad past, but the others think he's good. So, you know, I'm just trying to connect those two things. That he is doing this for himself, you know, dot, 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 because he had a bad past. Right. But I feel like that makes him not as good. I agree. Oh, I totally agree. So, you know. And that's the thing. I don't like that line. I don't think that suits Echo. Yeah. Because um, it just doesn't seem like... It just... From his, like, philosophical point of view, that doesn't seem like the right thing for him to say. Yeah. Um, so it kind of bothers me. But um, but if you assume it's true, I mean, he's, he's, he's doing these things for selfish reasons. But I feel like in the emergency situation of the plane, I feel like instinct takes over and you're not... You're really not thinking about the great feeling you're going to have yeah, when you I got agree. drowning kids and stuff. I mean, at that point, it's beyond worrying about that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Well, so, I, maybe he means when he says for himself, maybe he means because he knows it's the right thing to do type of thing. Not that I'm getting enjoyment out of this or this is going to make up for bad things, but it's like I'm not doing this. Uh, I'm not. What did he say? I'm not doing this for Sawyer so much as I'm specifically so much as I'm doing it because I know it's the right thing to do. Maybe that's what he means. Yeah. If he means that, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Because Sawyer, you know, he's not really a good person. Um, he's funny, though. So, <laughs> well. Oh, that, that, that reminds me of, uh, of when, they, when they get, I guess they were thrown down in the little ditch, the little hole. Mm-hmm. And Sawyer, and I think somebody says, what do you think they're going to do with us? And Sawyer's like, they're going to eat us. <laughs> oh, oh, I God. love that. I think they're going to eat us. I don't even remember us. that. Yeah, that was in uh, Lost and Found. He goes, I think they're going to eat us. I just, <laughs> oh, I just love that, Sawyer. Oh, literally. Let, oh, jeez. Sorry. Yeah. A little inside. Little reference there. Oh, man. Um, so that's all yeah, I, I, I noticed that line, too, and I guess I just tried to ignore it. Yeah. Because I just, I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it's appropriate for Echo t- to feel what, what I, what I thought he meant by it. But I guess if you, if you reinterpret it, you can sort of make it work. <laughs> if you change what he meant, you can make yourself feel better <laughs> that he said it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's, it was a weird thing to say. It was very sort of poignant line, you know, one of those like, oh, I'm going to change your opinion of what you thought yeah. I was doing, mister. I'm going to, I'm doing it because of this. Yeah. But it was like, wow, Echo, that's a really weird thing to say. And I, I, I just sort of want to assume he meant he's doing it because of his morals and what he thinks is right. Not not in terms of pleasure for himself, but just in terms of what his 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 uh, his views are, his morals and stuff. Right. Um, and or I, w- I wouldn't even want to think he's doing it just so he can, you know... Make up for the just, bad stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or so he can get into heaven or whatever. I feel like if you do anything, I mean, I think those are all selfish reasons. And I feel like if you if you're doing things for those reasons, then you don't you don't get the rewards because you're doing them for the rewards. Well, that's you know? the weird thing about Christianity, or and specifically, you know, it's the Bible tells you specific things. If you want to get in heaven, they tell you specific things to do. It tells you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to not do this, you need to not do that, and. And if you do those things, I mean, obviously, that the whole point is you get into heaven if you do those things. So, you know, if it's if, if obviously if it if it, if he's doing this because you're supposed to help your fellow man, and if he's doing this because of all these other reasons that are good in the Bible, 
then he's following the rules, so he should get the reward, you know. But I think, I think, I'm no expert. I think uh, you're What not... about your theology degree? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it's been, it's been a few years since I yeah. got my theology degree. Reverend so. Justin, uh, uh, <laughs> you know expert? Tell your, con- oh, tell your congregation that on Sunday, okay? <laughs> oh, God, that's, yeah, that'll be the title of my new sermon. <laughs> I'm uh, no expert. <laughs> I'm no expert, uh, but uh, I had I had to say that before people attack me. But I think, at least in some aspects of Christianity, if you do things just so you can get into heaven, like if if you do, you know, the list of things, whatever you're supposed to do, and you do them only so you can get into heaven, it won't work. Okay, yeah, there is the big part of faith, faith in God, faith in faith in you know, actually believing in your heart that you're doing these things for the right reason. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're just going about it in a very, you know, mechanical way, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be nice to this person. Not because I want to be nice to this person, but because the Bible says I should be nice to this person. And, you know... Uh, and if I don't do it, then I'm going to go to hell. Yeah, I think and... there, there's a fine line there. There's a, there's a very fine line there. And But, yeah, I think the other thing is it's not only about what you do, but it's about what you, you know, your actions and your beliefs. You know, if you don't have faith, God, we turned a religious podcast. I know, God, we're <laughs> gonna. We're not just so our audience says we're not advocating any religion or any. We're just, I mean, this we could be talking about Buddhism. We could be talking about anything else. Well, the thing uh, is, Echo is Echo, Echo is, is a Christian. Christian so that's the only reason. That's the only reason we're talking about it. Yeah, uh, specifically Catholic, I guess. Yeah, he's and Catholic. So, so you know, it's it's appropriate. It's a, um, it's on topic. I think it's a little tangent, but it's it's. Yeah, so hopefully our yeah, ATS or agnostic is... uh, viewers won't get uh, beef with us. Far from, uh, what's the, proselytizing? Oh, God, what a cumbersome word. I know. They put I that L in there for it. no reason. I know. It really, <laughs> it's really hard to say. Yeah. I have to think for a second. So I think we, we may have or may not have made a point. Uh, let's just move on. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's assume we did. Let's assume we did, and it was a good point, and everyone agreed. I think there's a lot of people who are uh, busy with their Excel spreadsheets right now who are uh, (laughs) waiting to uh, go to lunch. (laughs) They're waiting for their lunch break, and they didn't want us to hurry up. Um, Oh, God, yes. They're on their their morning commute. Um, (laughs) i got to love that. I can't wait till I have a job where I have to do a commute, and then I'll listen to us on the way. Yeah. Is that a little narcissistic? Um, yes, but I will too. Okay, good. Then it, it evens out. <laughs> Somehow if we both do it, it cancels, yeah. they cancel each other. Cancels it out. It's, so, it's, yeah. Back to collision. Um, it's like two wrongs make a right. Two wrongs make a right if wrong means left, because two lefts, you've turned around. 180 degrees, sorry. All right. <laughs> So that's uh, a, that's the thing I came up with a long time ago. Anyway, oh, um, really? How long ago? Like, what does it matter? A long time ago. I'm sorry. I just got really curious. <laughs> anyway, well, do you get it? You know, it's just like okay, two wrongs don't make a right. Okay, they're saying you know, wrong does not equal right. Right meaning the direction right. So wrong doesn't equal right. Wrong equals left. So two two lefts don't make a right well what do two lefts make well you turn left then you turn left again <laughs> you've turned around and that third that third left you will be facing right so 
Two wrongs don't make a right, but three wrongs do. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> How old were you? you I know, right? <laughs> I was probably in high school, so I was a young little boy. Stupid okay. and crazy. Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> That's just. Uh, it was that was very elaborate. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you you could like write down equations for that. You I can think. write an equation for that. You can. You and we should. Solve wow. for solve for uh, solve for wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. That's solve just... for wrong, kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, wow, let's, sorry. Let's leave my craziness aside and go back to Lost. All right. Oh, dear. Um, um, so, worst subplot ever. Can I say that? Uh, yes, with, about what? With Saeed being held hostage by Anna Lucia. Um, that, it was so... Worst crappy. subplot ever. I disagree, but um, it, was, it wasn't very good. It was horrible. I'm thinking Tree Frog. Oh, God damn it. That's so wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wins. Oh, man, that wins so bad, so easily. Um, <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Oh, like, yeah, you're right, you're right. Oh, man. Worst subplot of the season, how about that? So, thus far. Oh, thus far, thus far, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, that is this season, I know. but it's late. I, I just hate you it. Win. It was so crappy to have Anna Lucia hold him hostage. It was just very, like illogical and sort of like what are you going to do now like it doesn't it doesn't make sense and i and i understand why she did it i just don't understand why she did it for so long i think she should have realized it was a no-win situation sooner you know i I just would have wanted her to you know but she did sort of realize okay i can't do this forever okay michael you'll give me some blankets and some clothes and some food and then i'll leave you know she 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 gave herself an exit plan but it was just crappy to watch and be a party to Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, um, well, after my rant, that's all you got. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you know, it was like, when I first watched it, it was okay, because I didn't know what was going to happen, so it at least had, you know, some amount of suspense, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I didn't know how the situation would resolve itself, but... I think when you know what's coming, it just seems like... It's more plotting. Eh. Yeah, exactly. Just sort of a lame exercise you have to get through, you know, and, and it just goes on and on, and we have to learn about your past, and then that'll explain why you do this on the island. Ooh. Well, I think Shannon's whole death was pretty contrived anyway. You know, yeah. I just, I didn't... Oh, man, a fatal gun. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you can. it's pretty easy to kill someone with one bullet, but... Um... I like the idea that this is how the tail people were introduced. Yeah, I like that, too. I like the, the instant tension that's mounted, you know? Yeah, it's perfect. It's like, it's like, it's like instant conflict. Because I mean, you, you would want any, you know, any sort of survivor from the, your same plane crash you're going to have this instant bond with, and... So when you first, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, God, what are you guys doing? And what was your, it was like for you guys? And, you know, but, but then it's like, oh, my God, those are the people who killed Shan. Like, you know, right. it's totally different than what would be expected. And I do love the scene at the end when, when, you know, when Jack finds out it's Anna Lucia. And, of course, she's got a very interesting name. So when he hears Anna Lucia, you know, it's right. not like the name is like, you know, 
you know, Jody or, well, that's even sort of specific, but like Kim or something, mm-hmm. you know, where he wouldn't put two and two together so quickly, but he hears Anne Lucy and he knows it's the same girl that, yeah. he, that he had this sort of flirtation going on with. And I, I really like that. And then, of course, the last scene when he comes up and they just stand there. They, you know, it's not a lot to say, but I know you, you know me, and what the hell is going on here? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. It was nice. So we're done. <laughs> I don't have anything else to talk about for this episode. What do you got? Uh, oh boy. Yeah, you might, you might. Uh... Bernard reuniting with Rose. Oh yeah, that was adorable. I love that line um... when when Bernard asked Echo. I guess it was in the other episode. He's like, "Did you when kids Echo pulled all the bodies out of the water?" And he was like, mm-hmm. "Were any of them African American?" Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I thought that was just a little too PC for me. I don't know. Can you not say black? Yeah, it's weird because he's talking to an African. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I just thought, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, and and the other thing is, you know, I, I actually heard about some news person who was referring to a black person who was who was English and called them African American. Oh, and, and and I realized how how silly that term is because yeah. it can only apply to Americans. I don't know like, what you call. I, th- I think a black person from England is is a, is is English. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I don't. Why? I've always wondered if they made those differentiations, but I really don't think they do. No. Uh, if anyone is from England and our listening audience, Karen, maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh, if you're if you're out there, if you're out there listening, uh, if anyone is uh, in the UK, I guess, in, in, or anywhere in Europe. I know uh, there's some people. I've yeah, seen you. if you guys are out there, email us lostlowdown at gmail dot com. Let us know um, what different ethnicities or if there's any sort of uh, derivation. If I can use that word, I don't know what that means. Uh, I think that word fits. Uh, or differentiation. I know that works. Of uh, of ethnic groups uh, in your country. Um, I'd like to know if if you. Uh, I don't know if you're. A black person, I guess a black person in England, if, I mean, you're not a African Englishman, I don't think they would say that. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I just wonder if there's any difference. I don't think there is, though. Because they, yeah. don't, they don't, they don't squabble over petty uh, things <laughs> like that. I think, yeah, it might, it's just sort of an American phenomenon. But I just, it's like, that cannot be a universal PC term. It's not going to work. Yeah. It, it just sounds silly when you start applying it, because... You know, all black people don't live in America. Yeah. Uh, Unless he so. said African American specifically, because I mean, how would I mean? With I guess I was trying to make it where with the idea that there was other, you know, people of African descent maybe, but he was trying to specifically say an American of African descent. But right. Of course, how would Echo know that if they're dead? I know um, that's the thing. So, yeah. You wouldn't be able to tell if they were American. Yeah. I mean. That's yeah. I don't. Know. Well, they look. I, I they agree. They look haughty and stuck up, so they must be American. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um. I I, I agree that it came across kind of weird. It came across very uh, strange, especially since he's married to her. I feel like he can say black. Yeah, okay. I know. Um, I know. Nobody's gonna think you're racist for saying that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no one would anyway. But I mean, uh, if if it was a white person that he was talking to and his wife was white, would he would he say Caucasian? Or Anglo? Like, do you really think he'd say that? Yeah, no way. Yeah. No way. 
That, that, I mean, yeah, it's just European-American. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all very silly, yeah. uh, you know. And I feel like when you're talking to an actual African... I mean, that term just seems like... It just... <sighs> This doesn't seem to work at all. Yeah, it's very it's very weird, especially coming from Bernard. He was already a tentative person, so it's just a very strange thing. Yeah, but yeah. Um, what else you got, man? What else you got? Uh, wow, that wasn't in this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, Jason's name changed. Uh, Who's Jason? Oh, the 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 guy who. Uh, and Lucia Shaw, the guy who killed her baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. His name changed from this episode to her next episode. Oh, that's good. Um, which is kind of weird. We brought that up, though, at the time in our first podcast. Yay! So, now we come full circle. Do-do-do, uh, do-do-do. Um, if that were you, he'd let you die, yeah. He said that, too, God. Uh, Sawyer really didn't handle himself very well. I'm so rambling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, like, <laughs> you're just not making, you know, can I, okay, can I just bring something up since you have nothing, apparently? Obviously, look at me. I'm like, I'm scanning, I'm scanning the transcript, hoping something will jump out at me. You know, I honestly wasn't, I was barely paying attention because you weren't saying anything. No, I um, wasn't. Okay, I just thought it was interesting that Saeed, you know, and Lucia asked Saeed if if she should kill him. And he goes, almost 40 days ago on this very island, I tied a man <laughs> to a tree and tortured him. And then, he, you know, he goes on to say, maybe you should kill me. Maybe you were meant to. And I was thinking that was very interesting because Saeed doesn't seem a big man of, of, of faith. He's very more pragmatic than that. Uh, but he, he was like, maybe you were meant to kill me. I thought that was very interesting for him to say. Yeah. Now they did, they did, I agree. <laughs> He's pragmatic. But they did show him, uh, they did show him praying, uh, in the season two finale on the boat. Uh, so huh? he is at least somewhat religious. Huh? Uh, what boat? The boat he was on with Jen and Son going to the other's camp. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I was thinking of I was thinking of like the very end when they captured Kate and Jack and them and I'm like, Satan wasn't there. Oh uh, And they didn't well, get on and they didn't get on a boat. Yeah, you're um, you're right. Definitely I thought about that. Um, I agree, and he also was at the mosque with the uh, yeah the guy's name. I I sort of thought he was pretending then, but I thought he was pretending then too. But he did actually pray in the season two finale, and I think he actually prayed some when uh, Danielle's trap trapped him in solitary in season oh, wow. one. I think he, he where he's so religious, he's very immoral. I think he's I think he's not. I think he's more pragmatic about most things. Yeah. And his his religion is not something that's like informs his every decision. He's not like Echo. Yeah. Where like everything he does is somehow rooted in that. I think it's something that he sort of believes in general, but you know, about most things he's he's very pragmatic and he, you know, just does what he thinks needs to be done for the situation and doesn't necessarily think about that. You know, he was sort of in, in danger in that situation. I don't know why he was doing it on the boat. Um, it's, it's, that seemed really weird to me. 
Yeah, yeah. That and how did he know which direction was? I think I think he has to pray towards Mecca, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he could ever even begin to figure out. I mean. The, the, he knows the, the compasses don't work. Well, and... the position of the sun is the only real thing you have. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. There you go. Use the sun, and you want to go north. <laughs> I love you. Uh, you were like, you're like, I'll never understand how I figured that out. I'm like, well, the sun. You're like, oh yeah, well, the sun. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love saying I'll never understand, and then and then like it's like, oh well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Two seconds later, it's blazingly clear. Oh well, um, but I think I think if I had to put if I had to put Saeed in, into the man of science or man of faith category, I'd definitely put him more on the science side. Yeah, because um, I think I think Jack has faith in certain things too, but it's just it, to me it just depends on where you know where your your general which which side you land on more. Yeah, you know, so. and I think the fact that you know Echo's Christian and he's Islamic. Uh, I think might have to account for the maybe some of the differences too, um, and uh, I wonder. Here's a question: uh, um, Islam doesn't allow its followers to eat uh, um, pig, right? I believe not. Uh, not, not pig, but you know uh, what's it called? What's pork. It? Yeah, pork. There you go. Uh, so I wonder if he had any boar when they when they were catching boar. Well, does boar count? <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's not the same animal, but bigger. I wonder if they make any survival precisions, precisions, provisions. Uh, they might. Uh, if there's any Islamic listeners out there, who, <laughs> or you know, people who studied it or know, if we have, have to call, uh, we have to call upon. Yeah, our if you guys know that, if if there's any survival prov, like you know, you're on a island and you have yeah are you supposed to starve rather than eat the available you know animals even if they happen to be you know forbidden you know are you supposed to just sit there and die i mean well obviously he had other stuff to eat but um yeah he did there's fish and uh, wow if jen catches it for you because he doesn't catch it for everybody i think jen catches it for all the regular cast yeah he does catch it for them not for everybody else huh arns (laughs) Oh no, Steve! No fish. Steve, you no fish. <laughs> you catch them um, own fish. <laughs> okay, I turned him into American Indian. Yeah, you did. Or I'm sorry, Native American. Oh please, oh, no wait. wait, American Indian. Oh, it's American Indian. Sorry. Please, yes, that's the latest. I like Native American better. God, American Indian is just wow. Anyway. And then if you're from India and come to America, you're an Indian American. I know. I guess that's okay. it. You flip it. You just flip it. That's, that's cool. Whatever. That's so weird because usually the second one is what you are now, but with American Indian, it's sort of like, it's sort of like, here's what you are and here's what you were mistakenly called. <laughs> They just put those two things together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. It's like we wanted, to, we wanted to change your name, and we did, to, to correct the mistake of why you were called that. But then we'll just call you an American version of that original thing. Yeah, I know. That's, that's just so... Oh, well. Um, I think Indian almost works because it's similar to indigenous. 
So you can, well, mm. I mean, I'm making the connect. you know, I, don't, I think I'm just pulling this out of my ass. But, you know, an Indian is someone who's indigenous. Can I, just, can I say that? I think, I think that's a okay connection to make. I don't think so, though, now that I think Yeah, that. I don't think those words Well, because they had, they had, you know, uh, you know, Mexican Indians, you know, the people, in the Aztecs, and those are all considered Indians, too. But is that right? But they, I mean, they don't. Thing? They don't call them Indians. They do. They don't. What do you mean? They don't. They don't use the word Indians for. They. They well, have different. Don't they? I think they call them by their, their culture, right? They don't. They don't. What I'm saying is they don't have, they don't have the same, they don't have the same term. Well, I mean, they don't use the English word obviously, but they don't use the Spanish word for Indian either. What do they use? If that makes sense, like they. <laughs> They have a term that is the equivalent of what the, yeah. the way we use well, Indian, they, but it doesn't mean Indian. What do they use? If that makes any sense. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't think you did. I saw a documentary about um, about people in Mexico, and some of them were like um, descendants of the of the Indian. Like they use the term Indian. Uh, well, if you Indian. saw a documentary, it was an American documentary. Of course, they use those terms. I'm saying they. No, don't I'm use saying those terms. I'm saying when these. Spanish-speaking people were translating. They were the subtitles. They were they were claiming to use the word Indian. Yeah, yeah. The subtitles are going to say that because that's what we. Okay. Okay. Here, let's see if this makes sense. Hey, you don't have to. I'm not stupid. You don't have to go from square one to explain it to me. I get it. Um, okay. I just don't see why. I mean, I didn't listen for what word they were using that they translated into being Indian. So I don't know. I, I, I'm just confused on how you don't know what word they use, but you know they don't use the word that means Indian. I've heard it before. I just don't, I can't, I can't remember. Okay. Then now buy that. Thank uh, you and namaste. <laughs> that is not the ending. <laughs> uh, no way we can end on that. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's finish it up, buddy. Um, people, okay. People have food to eat. So, let's see. Yeah, number one, um, enjoy your work day. Number two, because I hope you listen to this whole thing before you went into work. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, you woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. and you just, Wait, that means you're still late for work. Yeah, I know. Uh, God. You started at like 2 a.m. then. You, need to, you really need to just pull an all-nighter and then, uh, and then go in. I hope some of you called in sick to listen to this podcast. Yeah, I do too. You're on your way, your morning commute, you realize it was a, f- what, five hour plus podcast, and uh, you're like, I can't go into work, I gotta listen to this whole thing. <laughs> They're rambling about Christianity and Islam. <laughs> I gotta hear this. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, God, I really, I just, I don't know anything about those subjects, and I'm just talking like, yeah. hey, like I'm some kind of expert. Be, you could be on CNN with all those other crackpots who get their own shows, don't know anything. But, I know. Uh, who's that, God, that one guy that I hate, uh, oh, I can't stand him. I don't remember his name. But anyway, thank you and namaste. I, well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> You're just going to throw it out there and hope I stop. Oh, I just want, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know, yeah, I just, just, I just want, I can't make it clear enough how little I know about those subjects, so I hope nobody takes what I say too seriously. Um, the other thing I want to say is, join our Frapper map. Please. Um, There's a lot of you uh, out there who are not on our Frapper map, so please join, because yeah. 
I don't know why it's important to us, but we we would love <laughs> we just like to see physical evidence of our listeners. Yeah, exactly. Even though like I have a tracker thing that shows me whatever, but uh, uh, but I, to me it's better because everybody can see it, and it makes us look better if we have a lot of people on there. So uh, so make us look better. God, yeah. this sounds crappy. You um, sound really desperate. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna not agree with that. I think we are fine. We don't. You sound really pathetic and I'm desperate. Sorry. Please, I'm sorry. Please make us seem better. Please. No, we're fine. It's just it's just cool to have we're people fine. join our flapper. I'm just saying, given the flapper. choice between you joining our flapper map and not joining, I'd rather you joined. That's true. All I'm and it, it's not hard. It's easy. I said the opposite. Um. Right. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, comments and emails are always welcome. And uh, uh, what else? Uh, we're are we gonna finish this season? Yeah. So this is the first, obviously, the first season two uh, quick and dirty retrospective. <clears throat> and we will hopefully <laughs> have part two and part three uh, done before. October 2nd. Uh, so hopefully we'll have those up, finished, recorded, up and done. T- I know. But, uh, Claude, that's really soon. Yeah, don't tell them what day this is. How will we get it done in time? They can easily figure it out. We'll do it. We'll get it done because I think all of us need to think about and relive Season 2 before Season 3. is very important. So hopefully you can do that along with us. Um, uh yeah, so I think we'll be good. We'll get it up, and we'll in the, the 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 third part of our season two quick and dirty retrospective, uh, our QDR as I like to call it, just now as I made it up, um, will be our gear up for season three. So we'll uh, start talking about season three, what we hope will happen, what we don't hope will happen, maybe some rumors. I don't know if we'll get into that uh, rumors and spoilers, because if you listen to our last podcast, it gets sort of crappy for us to be spoiled when we don't necessarily yeah. like to be spoiled i really i really turned a corner on spoilers recently. yeah he flip-flopped on spoilers just like he did on the illness yeah uh, like I a know. Pancake. Um, see but i like to say that that means you know i'm i'm willing to change oh but change is bad oh okay well i guess i won't do it anymore oh wait but that means i'm changing thank That's you and good. namaste i can't win <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. Um, yeah, so I think that's all the little things we need to say, announcement-wise. Thank you guys <laughs> for listening. Is that just your way of getting me to stop talking? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> um, you just because how can I keep talking? You can't you? keep talking. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. We know these podcasts are long. We hope the majority of you like them long. Uh, that sounded yes. that sounded dirty, kind of. But um, I'm talking to you, Kurt Yanko of the Black Rock Podcast. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Let's talk about that next time. All right. Um, and we hope that you would rather than be long and give you something to listen to than than short and us leave out all the petty details that we'd like to talk about. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, anything else, Justin? That is all I got. Well. Then for the real time, (laughs) thank you and namaste. Namaste and good luck.